Welcome to Mr. Podcast with Justin and Claude. We have returned with Twin Peaks The Return, part 16. And we have traded places this podcast. Uh, Claude will be leading us through the episode scene by scene, and so I'm doing the intro this time. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. part is um, coma inducing. <laughs> yeah, I think us trading places uh, makes sense for this episode when uh, another person traded places uh, with his own self. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we finally get the return of Special Agent oh, Dale Cooper. Yep. I mean, just completely, you know, beyond all expectations, I think, of how long it was going to take him to wake up. Oh, man. Uh, Mike I, acknowledged I, it. He was speaking for all of us. Mike, yeah, Mike said finally. finally. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're right, finally. <laughs> I mean, I know Mike is like, is it future, is it past? But still, mm-hmm. he's like, about time you wake up. Exactly. <laughs> Even when you live out of time, that took forever. Mm-hmm. It still took forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, what a what an episode. Yeah, we talked about it last episode, you know, that it seemed like Dougie uh, slash Cooper was uh, going to be uh, awakened by electro- electric bonk uh, to the head, basically. <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, we got that confirmed here. That you know, we we had him in this, like, coma, which, again, was just, just to buy time, Delay I guess. Delay tactic, like, yeah. That really, and I guess a, a little bit of a misdirect of, like, oh, is he awake now, you know? And right. then kind of like, oh, well, he's in a coma. And yeah. it's like... Is that better or worse than when he was just Ducky? <laughs> when right. Ducky was awake. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, wow, what a huge episode. I mean, not only that, but then, you know, we yeah. have to talk about the, the second biggest thing. Uh, yeah. Which is, which I think would be uh, a Miss Diane Evans. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. man. I would, say, I would say there were three bombshells. There uh, were three bombshells. Certainly the Audrey thing would be in there. Oh, uh, well, then there's four bombshells. Um, oh, God. What's the fourth bombshell? <laughs> uh, Richard and uh, Mr. Okay. C on the rock. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, I, another, that was probably number four. Yeah, I'll put that. I'll put Audrey as three, yeah. Yeah, because that was a huge turn. You know, very much... I mean, the Audrey thing was hilarious because we... Uh, we finished recording the podcast um, kind of right before uh, the 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 episode um, aired, part sixteen, and uh, mm-hmm. so I remember you said um, you said, "Oh, I I think they're just gonna go to the roadhouse," you know. That was my that was the craziest thing I thought could actually happen <laughs> was that they would just pretend like none of the craziness. It, weirdness of them trying to leave had happened and they're just gonna they're just gonna go there's not gonna be another scene of them like maybe we should go to the roadhouse it's just get they're just gonna cut to the roadhouse and they'll be there so so you were right about that they totally (laughs) you know went right to the roadhouse we just saw them arrive there Mm -hmm. um you know in the middle of an eddie vetter performance which is a little mm-hmm. strange, uh, or Edward Lewis Severson. <laughs> Thank you, please. You the, like. third, the third. <laughs> the third. The um, third. Yeah, that's his real name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's weird. Like he's credited as Eddie Vedder playing Edward Lewis Severson the third, which is his real name. Very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, they you know they just kind of arrive innocuously and like everything's going fine. 
but then like <laughs> then things take a turn where it's like okay then the announcer's like now we're gonna play audrey's dance and it's like yeah, what audrey's like, dance exists is, in the world that's that's huge that was a huge moment of like how do you guys know what the twin peak soundtrack is exactly like, like, how do you know that that's that's her song that you know angelo badlamenti wrote or whatever yeah you know? yeah like, yeah, like that's his name because it was written for the for the character, but that doesn't. Yeah, it's just it was weird to even acknowledge it and then like have a band supposedly play it at the Red House, yep. and then they, yep. they all clear the dance floor and let and Audrey then, like. Yeah. <laughs> and it becomes like it becomes this thing of like, okay, you know, we we we, you know, Audrey Horn as she was on you know the original series did have this sort of effect where she could you know she. She could affect the men around her and the mm-hmm. people around her. She had this kind of like charm mm-hmm. and sex appeal that she kind of used, you know, as a, yeah. as a power. And so, yeah, when they were like, now it's Audrey's song and we're all going to like take a moment to acknowledge Audrey Horn. And it was like, was she, is she that big a deal still? Right. Like, because of her, what she was doing back in the day, like everybody knows her and everybody, everybody knows that that she had this like quality and, and we're going to sort of acknowledge, you know, acknowledge that or call that back. And it was, yeah. Oh man, just, just kept getting weird. Yeah. And like, I was even I, like, as weird as it was, I was mm-hmm. still willing to buy that, you know, yep. she's sort of like a, a local celebrity. And yep. when she goes to the roadhouse, they'll play her song and she'll get mm-hmm. to have the dance floor all to herself. And like, I was like, okay, it's weird, but it's, yep. it wasn't weird enough for me to be like, you know, um, yep. oh, this has to be some kind of like, I don't know, mm-hmm. fantasy world or something. Um, but yeah, then, then when like, I don't know, like it was weird how it broke. Like, and it, it, it reminds me yeah. a little bit of, um you know, Club Silencio or something where it's like having this experience in this uh, musical sort of context, like Mm -hmm. is, you know, the, the catalyst for some kind of awakening, but yeah, like some guy like comes in and hits somebody with a bottle and, um, and that sort of like shatters the illusion somehow. Literally Um, shatters the illusion. Oh (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I think that's something there, and, and and I think you're right about the Club Silencio connection. And I, there's also something about violence here being a thing that, yeah. that, kind, of, that kind of shakes shakes up this uh, reality. But but yeah, then we cut to of course the a great uh, last moment of the series, yeah. which is uh, Audrey in this all white room, sort of looking into a mirror, yeah. and 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 not and sort of you know cooper awoke in this episode and it looks like yep. she woke up a little bit yeah. but the question is like where is she and what yeah, is she tell. and and it's it's so it didn't help it sort of made it worse seeing her in this other right. reality uh and, and it didn't it, you know and the fact that she went to charlie and said get me out of here and that's what sort of you know mm-hmm. woke her up after that was was so strange and yeah i don't i don't know what we're what, what i don't know what we're supposed to do with that like we're gonna cut but i mean you know, the next time we see Audrey, I feel like it's going to be in the sort, the sort of Twin Peaks reality. Yeah. But maybe she'll she'll be like, I was somewhere else, and blah 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 blah, and and Charlie will probably just say like, oh, you know, you had too much to drink or something, like, you know. But even in the context of this this whole the whole town at, at the Roadhouse, you know, parting ways, if you will, like the Red Sea or something, and letting Audrey like do her dance, like 
like Charlie's reaction was really interesting because he wasn't like, oh, this happens all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, here it is. He was like, oh, this is a little weird. Mm-hmm. So, so that was kind of strange because everyone in 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 the roadhouse is on the same page, except for Charlie in this moment, you know. Yeah. And then of course the other guy comes out of nowhere and like hits the other guy in the head. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, just you know, the whole this this I guess this is the f- fourth scene with Audrey and Charlie, like. Um, the whole yeah. story has been strained. It hadn't made. It hasn't made sense from the beginning. Um, I, I don't. I still don't understand like what where this is going. I don't. You know, my biggest cl- clue or reason that Audrey was not in a coma or otherwise not in in this in normal reality was that I didn't think that it made any sense that she would give birth to Richard while she was in a coma. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something they still have to explain to me is what was the circumstances of, you know, how she went into the coma? Was it, did she, has she ever woken up uh, since the the bank explosion? Or Mm -hmm. was it, she was awake when Cooper was there that night and it was after that, you know, or like, was she awake when, when, uh, when she gave birth to Richard? Was Richard just like a cesarean section and and Mm -hmm. they did need her awake? They were like, Oh, she's pregnant, and uh, clearly yeah. she. You know, maybe they thought it was John. What's his name? John right. Wheeler. John Justice Wheeler. Yeah. Yeah, like like maybe they think it. You know, he's not not that they would necessarily know they had sex, but you right. know, maybe Ben was like, who was the other uh, the guy she was around back then? You know, and it was yeah. basically Cooper or him. Right. And uh, so yeah, I just, I'm curious about how they're going to make that work because that was like I said, that was the biggest reason I was like, no, this has to be real reality because how could she give birth in a in a coma? And, and I'm sure there's like medical ways that can happen, but just in terms of storytelling, I thought like that mm-hmm. didn't really make any sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah, I see what you're saying. But I, you know, the interesting thing about it to me was that uh, that ending. Um, was, as far as this series goes, and, you know, I'll have to do a rewatch to really get a sense, but uh, overall, I think it was one of the most, like, cliffhangery endings, where it felt like, mm-hmm. you know, like a real TV show. You're <laughs> talking about the season two bank explosion ending? No, 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 no. The oh. Audrey, uh, Audrey, like, waking up in this, like, white room, looking at ah. herself in the mirror, yeah. you know and then they go straight to credits and it's like what the fuck does that mean what is mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's not clear at all no. um like you're saying and so just like i guess like throwing uh throwing that whole plot line into question and then like making you wait you know that's like the one of the more like traditional tv endings that they've done in this new series mm-hmm. you know because like the new series since they kind of wrote it all at once and then cut it up like a lot of the endings have been very soft you know yeah just like little moments uh of, there's been a lot of roadhouse based endings yeah quiet little moments yeah of, of feelings and exactly uh, yeah this was and, and you know the other thing speaking of the ending is the credit sequence also says something about this last scene here because oh, we yeah. cut back to the band and they're yeah. still playing Audrey's song, but theme, but they they're sort of playing backwards. Yeah. So it's like you're making this worse. Yeah. Like what is that supposed to be? Is time going backwards? Is you know is is someone reverting? I thought maybe it was implying a Black Lodge connection. There's that. I mean, yeah. Because they had the red curtains and they were going backwards. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. You know? um, (laughs) I mean, what? Audrey's in the Black Lodge? Yeah. I mean, I don't have have a clear what that is, but just that's what it 
seemed like it was referencing to some extent. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I don't know exactly what the, you know, they, they caused her coma somehow. I, you know, I don't know. Well, and that's the thing. Um, and I do wonder if they're going to conflate the coma. If, uh, you know, is she in a coma because of what happened with Mr. C? Or is she in a coma because of the bank explosion? Right, right, right. That, that might be unclear at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I think uh, Doc Hayward said she was still in a coma when he looked in on her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would make me think that, that I mean, that she was in a coma when he, when he did the deed. And so mm-hmm. I would assume that... I would assume that she had been in a coma, you know, since then. And she doesn't even yep. know... <laughs> yeah that but which which I, would be crazy but but yeah. also it, it's the it uh, it's the return of being skepticism <laughs> um maybe being skepticism in, isn't the right word but let's say let's say the return of being being is a red herringism <laughs> okay meaning what <laughs> meaning like i'm i'm starting to have my doubts about how important or significant the you know billy is missing uh, Chuck stole his truck. <laughs> why Tina you, was the why, last one to see him alive. Why are you alive. having your doubts? Why I'm having, having my doubts. Your, why? I can't think of anything <laughs> that happened in this episode that would make you question <laughs> if that matters. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. I mean, what you have to re- reconcile, though, is 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 still this idea of of them getting of her having this like outside knowledge, right? Of, well, that's what that's what. So it's all called into question, right? If if this roadhouse sequence. Is mm-hmm. is part of her fantasy? Then it, it then starts... all of the roadhouse sequences could be yeah. not real. I mean, maybe not all of them because there not are some that tie. You know, yeah. like James and Freddie. Yeah. You know, they go to jail. Like it's like that can't be. But you know, for example, Unless... the the two uh, the two millennials. Uh, one of them who was Tina's daughter. That could totally be uh, in her mind. You know, and maybe the yeah. maybe it's just a weird coincidence. Maybe Farmer isn't Billy. And and maybe Billy like represents something, but it's just a weird coincidence that um, you know that 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 in her well, fantasy world, like it's someone who got their truck stolen, and 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 there's some guy named Chuck involved, and it so happens well, there's, there's a, a lot guy named of names Chuck. That are, yeah, well, there's there's a lot of tangents here. I want to go down because um, I was going to say you also have to throw in the being seen at the at the uh, at the diner. Um, to you know with this too because he's the one who Anybody mentioned billy. billy yeah that's where that starts oh that's... well hey fantasy uh fantasy double r fantasy roadhouse well maybe again, that explains it goes back to the editing know, thing the editing thing that you were like that doesn't mean anything hey hey, <laughs> hey okay there we go there we go maybe it's the return like, it's... and the and the the not return of being skepticism it's like it's like maybe being per se doesn't matter but maybe that scene was more significant than i gave it credit for mm-hmm. yeah there's oh man there's so much to unpack there uh you know it, it would be it's still strange if she's creating her in in some reality that that does have some connection to truth it is weird that a billy is missing and farmer is missing and we still don't have any clue. I mean, they they legitimately, you know, made that a part of the real world, at least as we can imagine, with with the being Andy involved. So, um, you know, they they're connecting that real world to someone who's missing, and we still haven't, you know, really figured that out. We get, so I, I kind of wanted to start off by by having a crackpot theory that maybe you know, kind of following what you were saying with the roadhouse not being real is is maybe all of the roadhouse scenes 
uh, with, you know, not with the main characters on the show, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe all the ones with the young people is, yeah. is Audrey imagining. Yeah. And, and this is what she thinks, like, young people are like today <laughs> or are going through or the things they think about. Zoo that, animals. That would actually, yeah, that would actually connect to her, like, thematically, you know. Yeah. Uh, with with this whole idea of her youth being sort of, you know, maybe, maybe unfulfilled or tainted right. by Mr. C or something. Yeah. Um, so that would, that would make sense of something she would be thinking about maybe in this, in whatever reality she's in. Yeah. But that's so weird. And again, you know, and that was another thing that I was like, I don't think Audrey's, um, reality is a dream and I still don't think it's a dream. Um, but I was like, I don't think it's, you know, cause otherwise they would tell us what it is. You know, usually if it's a dream sequence, you know, Lynch makes it clear it's a dream sequence and it, the story's, mm-hmm. you know, no worse for knowing it up front, you know? Yeah. Um, and so in this case, they're definitely playing a long game and, and, yeah. and trying to tell us what's going on. And, you know, I, I would say that it's in the same vein of what they did with Diane and what they did with Dougie. And it's because yeah. they have this other idea they're trying to communicate that's new. And, you know, you don't know going in that they're, they're trying to communicate some some new idea uh, until they, like, tell you <laughs> what, what yeah. it is. Um, so I'm thinking something like that's going on. I just don't understand what it really means for Audrey. I mean, I, it's, it doesn't seem like it's as simple as Audrey's a tulpa, right? Like that doesn't really right. make sense unless it's like an inverted tulpa where, where it's not that other people are create, you know, their, their consciousness are, are sort of creating a person, but like, um, or, you know, a bead in the black lodge or whatever is creating a person, but like. Uh, a person is creating a reality, you know, mm-hmm. and this 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 is all under the umbrella of you know we live inside a dream, you know. I was uh, gonna bring up Monica Bellucci because I I was thinking you know maybe Audrey is the dreamer, maybe that's kind of what that was hinting at mm-hmm. in a weird way, um, and you know in, the, in this doesn't still tell you what it means. It, like, well, I agree. Because if she's dreaming the whole fucking Twin Peaks, you know what I mean? Like if Cooper's like we gotta go to Twin Peaks. <laughs> And they get there, and Twin Peaks isn't there or something. Right. Or, like, we've got to go. No. We, you know, they get to the airport. And they're like, well, where's Twin Peaks? You know, there's no <laughs> there's no place on the map called Twin Peaks. And he goes, sure. it's in Audrey's mind. Sure. You know? But, like, yeah, see, I, I feel like she has a version. I, I don't think every scene we've seen is in Audrey's Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, uh, she's the dreamer who dreams and lives inside the dream. Uh, that isn't that doesn't necessarily mean um, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that um, uh, you know that everyone is living in there and and I guess I guess I'll throw out the possibility that the farmer scene is also a part of her dream you know um, because there has not been <laughs> oh, independent. That's why- that's why Andy was wearing a Rolex. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That's a great theory. Yes. Why not? No. That explains the Rolex. That's actually a crazy, weird, but yet you know somehow reasonable explanation. Yeah, and because there's been no outside acknowledgement of that scene, and maybe the 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 like fuck with your brain part of it is that it is the truck that Richard had. And, like, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's the kind of thing where you're going to have to chalk it up to, like, yeah, tapping into universal consciousness or mm-hmm. somebody sent it to her, uh, some kind of weird supernatural 
uh, influence or, you know, they're just like trying to throw us off. But like, you know, there's nothing, there has been nothing about that scene outside of, you know, the scene itself. So it's like, it, it is, I don't know. It makes me want to throw that in along with the, um, double R scene. Like you're saying the millennials in the roadhouse seems like prime, uh, candidate for that. Uh, it's a little weird that Renee's husband is Chuck. Um, that because that seems like a real scene, but maybe it, that's just a coincidence. I mean, I want to throw Richard in there. He's you know we started out with him at the Roadhouse. Richard, so I, I want to. I, I mean, I know, I know, right? Exactly. But I, I just feel like the division between which Roadhouse scenes are in her mind or not is so weird because I I, I would want to put Richard in there. He's a millennial, you yeah. know, being weird, and I, but obviously he has you know he has connections to other people who shouldn't be in her dream world. Right. Um, you know, but anyway, just it's just a weird thing to kind of figure out which scenes like make sense there and and I do wonder like now when I when we do the rewatch, I want to see what the patterns are with roadhouse scenes, like which ones yeah. have certain kinds of bands, which ones have the dialogue scenes, which ones don't. Like maybe the Audrey ones are only the ones with the millennials in the booth. Yeah. You know, sort of a thing. Like the one last week when the two, you know, biker guys Move oh yeah, Ruby out of her seat, yeah. and put her on the ground, and she screams. Like, is that in Audrey's mind? Yeah. Is that Audrey's roadhouse? Or it definitely could um, be. There's nothing in it that has to not be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know, maybe thematically, it would sort of make sense. And if she's and, and why isn't she dreaming herself in in better situations? And and why isn't she like dreaming herself into other storylines? You know, mm-hmm. obviously that's a writing thing, but. But, like, I, I'm just thinking, like, you know, what other parts would be in Audrey's world? I mean, like, uh, uh, is Rhett, like, the, you know, the scene when um, at the diner when, when the gunshot goes in and, and then Bobby has yeah. to go outside and he meets the little, the sick girl. Like, it's the, because if yeah. the Ruby, the girl last episode screaming is Audrey's world, I would want to put the, the crazy weird right. girls who was sick in Audrey's world. But right. maybe that doesn't make any sense. Um, but it seems Chad's like new, uh, uh, Jesse's new car, like it, you know, like what? <laughs> and then of course this connects directly to Diane, right? Because she's like, you know, I'm in the sheriff station. Yeah. Which, God, of an episode with a lot of strange lines. That yeah. might have been the strangest line. Yeah, that's a weird and, one. Um, I, I actually, I'm starting to think um, that Diane might be Nido, and possibly also Judy. Oh no! Sorry. So 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 wait, what? I just <laughs> so gotta throw Judy, it out there. Was was Judy like Diane undercover, and she was using the name Judy or something? But yeah, she's really Diane. Is that the kind of thing you're thinking? Yeah, that's what I had in mind. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, you know whatever happened to Diane? Which you know, okay, I gotta get this out in the open because I mean, obviously the Diane thing was like a huge reveal. Um, I'm just going to say, I'm pretty sure that, uh, way back when, when we first got the, the, the clue that Diane was like, there was something up with her working with, uh, Mr. C when she got that original text message, the dinner table conversation thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure that we, we brought up the idea that she was a manufactured version of Diane and just mm-hmm. rejected it because 
you know, I think we thought that um, if you start going down that road, mm-hmm. you know, it's it you know that way leads to chaos. Like if anybody can be a, a manufactured person, like the story starts to just become like unmanageable. Like yeah, uh, yeah it's, like it just gets ridiculous. And so I think we just immediately were like, nah, it's not that. And so we started trying to come up with other ways. And mm-hmm. I think that's why we just never came back to that theory, even though like. That was it. it. It's not. I mean, <laughs> listen. I, I I don't feel that bad of not guessing that Diane was. I, I'm gonna use the word tulpa, even though I don't like that word. Uh, I like just saying manufactured because <laughs> I understand what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't mind it because there's there was no real. There was no. I don't think there was any real good clues that she was manufactured and there wasn't anything about the story that i think except for her collusion and that why she would go clue. along with it but 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 the, the problem with that being the clue is it, it wouldn't explain why she's reluctant or hesitant in some scenes right you would think you know if you're like oh i have a crazy theory she's manufactured to help mr c then it's like, well, why is she not really going along with these things? Why is she hesitating? Why does she seem, you know, she's not like Dougie, what we saw of original Dougie, you know? Um, so I, that's, you know, it it wasn't an obvious thing. Um, I think you could have guessed that it, it, a bunch of other people were tulpas just as easily. You know what I mean? I don't think she stood out that much, uh, especially, you know, and again, the, the origin is still into, into play here. Like what that really... Like, how, when did she come into existence? You know, and where is the original Diane? Well, it, that's why I think she's Nido. <laughs> so uh-huh, I, so uh-huh. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working under an, you know, Nido is is not exactly an anagram for Diane, but it's it is sort of. Well, you know what it is? It's almost Diane backwards. Yeah, exactly. It's sort if you of, reverse Diane, it's nine, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, 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 and you put an O at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just seems like it seems like there there could be a connection there that I'm in the sheriff station, and um, you know, the, uh, the, uh, to take it a step further, you know, the idea that I mean, I think we I think we know from her uh, monologue, which I take to be true, even though like there there is some kind of difficult material to to go through there in terms of um if she's a manufactured thing like how much can you trust anything she says uh it's a little confusing Mm -hmm. it's like it's like she was manufactured and you know clearly like triggered by this uh text message Mm -hmm. and you know a little bit a little bit dollhouse ish that's the thing you couldn't guess if you were had the crackpot theory a while ago that she was um manufactured you you wouldn't be able to guess that she's manufactured but she has compartmentalized memories, right? <laughs> and and she right. doesn't know who, who who she is, and it is still causing the question. I, I guess the only answer is he told her to, but you know the original interrogation scene. You know why was she? She was so scared, I guess, because it, it was a real event that scared her, even yeah. though she's manufactured. Yeah. And, but but like, why did she say it's not him? That's the question that'll live in infamy. Why would would he tell her to tell the FBI? That's not the real Cooper. Yeah, it's weird. Now, it didn't seem to hurt his plans at all. Yeah. <laughs> in the long run. True. But, you know, that, and that was the big, uh, you know, red herring with Diane, right? Is, yeah. Is she seemed to throw him under the bus. So it seemed like she was, you know, not, not, 
completely with him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so Diane is Nido is an interesting idea. Um, I, what, you know, what does that mean for the American girl is another question. Oh God, that's a hard. So I, what I was going to say is I think from her monologue, uh, we get that, uh, you know, uh, so we find out that, uh, Mr. C definitively, uh, visited her like three or four mm-hmm. years after the original Cooper disappeared. And, um, you know, all that stuff happened. We'll talk about that. But then she was taken to, I think we can assume the convenience store. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe that, you know, either there or via there, she was taken to the place where the, you know, the, 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 the other Diane was manufactured. And I, so my crackpot theory is that um, you know you've you've referenced a couple times that when the uh, manufactured things like uh, degenerate, uh, there's this like flash and Mike like shields his eyes, mm-hmm. you know. And I think you even brought this up in the last one that maybe this was an explanation for Nido's eyes. But I was going to say specifically if Diane was there, um, you know, when it happened, I mean, maybe she didn't look away, and maybe that's why, um, maybe that's why her eyes are like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, like, like it's a you, specific opportunity watch, where that could have happened. Like if yeah, like if you watch someone being created or destructed, yeah. Uh, you, your eyes get whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. I and I thought when when it happened this time, I was I I you know because I want to see the time when I want to see what happens when you don't shield your eyes. So I was right. hoping. Mike wouldn't shield his eyes yeah. and something would happen. But um, a quick aside before we get back to the main topic, I do want to also mention we didn't see the, the vomiting face this time. True. Which is different. And we, we got to talk about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting thing, how Nido could have gotten that. I do think you're right, though. Like, I, I, I take her 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 monologue as true. And I think, it, you know, the idea that she, she went to the convenience store and they, you know, probably walked upstairs. And, yeah. And then went through somewhere, probably I'm assuming to the Black Lodge. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then somehow she was she was manufactured. It seems like you might need. It seems like you need a gold bead and like mm-hmm. DNA from yeah. uh, from Some the hair person or something. And yeah. then so so you so you're sort of thinking that Mr. C manufactures Diane. I get you know why we'll talk about uh, and. Um, <laughs> And then All he part and then, of the plan. And, and, <laughs> best plan ever. Uh, yeah, Man in Black has nothing on Mr. C's plan. I swear, Man in Black from Lost is like elementary school plan compared to the, and his involved like time travel yeah. and impersonating people, and yeah. it's still like it's still like elementary. Um, so so Diane, you know, maybe maybe sees her doppelganger or her her other get created she doesn't shield her eyes and i'm thinking maybe even the eye shielding i was thinking maybe the flash is is like what copies the person or something mm-hmm. um but but you know dougie our cooper got manufactured but i guess maybe whoever did that covered their eyes or something okay uh yeah right. i guess it doesn't work you, you can you should be able to manufacture people without them being there i guess yeah um so I, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to piece together the Nido part. So somehow the original Diane is transformed into Nido and then like yeah. put in 
she she somehow she gets to the purple place. Yeah. But you know, one question is, you know, was she was she waiting on Cooper there? Um, you know, or surprised to find him, but somehow right. she knew way that once she found him, you know, to get back to Twin Peaks, you you got, climb to the top of the, the box mm-hmm. in space and press the button or lever and yeah, like that's that's so weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. And why would you get a, an Asian actress to yeah. play someone who's going to end up being Diane? That's uh, why I, I still think... It doesn't that. really... That doesn't really make sense, but, um, yeah. I mean, that'll have to be a very weird element if that's actually the direction they go. But it does feel like there are at least some clues pointing that direction, so it's enough to be a crackpot theory. And people have said, you know, Diane has a sort of uh, Asian influence in her wardrobe mm-hmm. or her, her style. Yeah. Sort of. You know, maybe that, that's some sort of connection. Yeah. But but this idea that she's also Judy, you know, it's 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 not usually good to compound story elements. Right. But sometimes it is the answer. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, maybe she oh. isn't Judy, and maybe Judy was actually uh, a red herring, and. Uh, because, you know, from what we learn in the, uh, coordinates, so we're, we're gonna have to talk about what, like, so uh, my original intro, what I was planning to say is we got these three bombshells, but, like, mm-hmm. the, the thing I really, the thing that's really burning my brain is the coordinates. Didn't help all of it. Every, every Holy mention shit. of coordinates in this episode was confusing. Holy shit, uh, I'm so confused yeah. by the coordinates. So, it's, so, it's, and, oh. <laughs> Because, like, the ones she sent him, he had already gotten three before oh, she sent hers. I, I know. know. I know. But, like, the timing is weird because, like, when he sent it, it was undelivered. And then yep. and then she got it. And then it seemed like she got it twice. And it's like, I just... No, uh... she didn't get it twice. She un- she unlocked her phone and then saw the message in her. That's how I took it. Like, she's, you know, on your lock screen, you'll see a message that you have. And I think that was the first time she saw it. And then she like unlocks her phone, and now she's seeing it in the her actual messaging. App. But I that's, thought that's I thought it. she looked at it again because like so the first time she she sends the reply, which is the coordinates. Yeah, and, she sees it twice in that time. Though. Uh, she looked at it twice in that scene. Okay, but she actually she looks at it again. Uh, Later in the scene with Gordon, and yeah, the she and, looks at it again to sort of make herself remember. I think, but her, but her reply wasn't there, so it made me think that he sent it again. <laughs> it it doesn't oh, really make sense. I I thought that was a framing thing. Like we didn't see the other side of the phone where her response was, but I don't okay. know that for a fact. I just, yeah, I, I I'm not to- too stuck on that because I I feel like you know I mean certainly it it seems clear at this point that. Uh, she was, like, uh, going back and forth messages with uh, Mr. C. And so, like, the slight punctuation issues and, like, various discrepancies there were not, like, a huge deal. Uh, so I don't want to... Uh, but it's just, like, the timing of it seems really crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm starting to... It's, it's like... It's like Okay, anyway, the point I was going to try to make originally is that uh, it seems like it's possible that Philip Jeffrey is actually... Because we talked about the idea that the reason he didn't want to um, uh, uh, talk about Judy is that, you know, in part he wanted to protect Judy. And and you were like, very valid point. Well, he had no problem sending... um, you know, sending Mr. C uh, to Judy, like giving him information about Judy and Judy's Mm -hmm. location. And, um, 
Uh, and it was like, well, yeah, that's true. And But then in this one, the possibility is now open that he was trying to lead him into a trap. Um, and so, uh, you know, that kind of changes. I mean, it, it, the Philip Jeffrey storyline starts to get called into question. It's sort of, oh. it's, it's starting to seem like, it's starting to seem like maybe, uh, uh, maybe the Philip Jeffries, uh, the real one and the fake one, were actually collaborating. <laughs> you know, like which should mean there's no fake one. Which should mean there's no fake one, but it sounds like maybe there is a fake one. But maybe there's a doppelganger Jeffries, or, or yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, the the thing we're about close to say here that I'll just say is, you know, Jeffrey said to Mr. C he had already met Judy, mm-hmm. and Diane is a person that Mr. C already met. True. Very um, true. Now, so you're suggesting, which I didn't think about this, you're suggesting, so Mr. C says, I got three coordinates, two of yep. them lead to the same place, here's yep. the place where two of them lead. Yep. Are you saying that one of those two that he got was was the number that Jeffries gave him that Jeffrey says was for, was to Judy? Yes. You're thinking that was coordinates? Yes. And that was one of the two places that led to this place? Yes. So you're thinking two separate people tried Ray, to kill him, but Ray a third person and Phil Jeffries, and then I'm, I'm sorry, what you broke up? What did you say? Oh, uh, Ray and Phil Jeffries. That's my uh, that's my thought on that. Okay, but okay, so so and that would make sense, right? Because the person claiming to be Philip Jeffries did call Ray and tell Ray yeah. to kill him, and those should be the coordinate. Those coordinates should match, right? Like, yeah. The fake Philip Jeffries and Ray should should have given the coordinates to Ray because why else would he know coordinates, right? Right. Oh no, he's supposed to get them from the secretary. Yeah. Supposedly. Oh, shit. Supposedly. Did he, did he actually get them from her? I forgot See? what he said. Yeah. He. I mean, he said he did. But okay. But but so now now we're dealing with a, a possible fifth set of coordinates because the whatever coordinates Ray gave him should have been the coordinates that fake Jeffries gave him, but. Yeah. Uh, those are the wrong coordinates, because, right. or at least the, the, these are the, the, we're thinking these are coordinates that led to the trap. Seems like they lead to a trap, um, yeah. Now, there could have been, now, the secretary's coordinates could be either the, th- well, they can be the third coordinates he mentioned, because Ray didn't give them to him. So what's the third coordinates he's mentioning here? So the the thing that the thing that makes the most sense to me, and I'm not saying that this isn't like a huge problem. We've already started talking about it. Is that they came from Diane? You know that the third that the the correct because because we saw Diane look up her coordinates. The ones those are the ones from Ruth's arm, and we saw we saw her look it up, and it pointed to Twin Peaks. And it's very clear, I think, that although they are somewhat close to Twin Peaks, um, you know, they're not actually in Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, these, these two set of coordinates that match. So I feel like the, the thing that makes the most sense, even though I, I'm not saying there aren't problems with this and I can't really make sense of it, but uh, the thing that makes the most sense to me is that Diane's coordinates, which, you know, Diane clearly working for Mr. C here, she she maybe should send the right coordinates. I, I have a problem with this that we'll talk about. But, um, <laughs> but uh, the, you know, just forgetting about uh, certain information and, and paying attention to other information, uh, that, that seems like the most consistent, yeah, you know, together with the to. idea that, like, Philip Jeffries, together with fake Philip Jeffries and Ray... 
basically all conspired to kill Mr. C. And, uh, you know, they both ended up, uh, Phil Jeffries and Ray ended up giving him the coordinates that led to the trap. And Ray even insinuates that his coordinates might not be real. Yeah. And now, uh, you know, now it seems like maybe that's confirmed. Well, an easy way for this to make, because I agree with your general point that the third coordinate should be what he gets from Diane, although in the episode, yeah. uh, she doesn't send them until later. I guess I the know. And she also says, that, like, I hope this works. And it's like, what does that mean? I, and that makes me think she's giving him the wrong coordinate. Yes, I know. Yeah, <laughs> me so that's too. another problem. Me that's too. Problem. Um... Uh, but I guess in either way, if she's given him correct or incorrect coordinates, you know, the, the idea is that this scene when he has all three has to take place after that scene when she texts them. And it's just out yeah. of order in this episode. Right. For whatever reason, which I don't think really messes up anything. It's just it's just out of order. But I don't think it that, you know, it doesn't well, really conflict with anything else the problem the problem is that we see him there's no problem (laughs) (laughs) the problem is there is no problem i i wish i i wish you know i wish it was that simple but the problem is that uh, we see him send the uh, smiley face all message uh after richard is electrocuted um and so um, if if that is the one she receives, then that has to mean that he receives but, but, the coordinates. But no, 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 because in that scene it was undelivered. True. So it wasn't. I think. I think. Well, coming later scene, isn't going to help, though. Yeah, it will. <laughs> How Not will it help? <laughs> it needs to be earlier. Yeah. So like, here's where here's where I ended up, which like just sounds ridiculous, but I ended up with. The idea that, like, he sent it multiple times, like, because she checked it twice. And so I started, like, like latching on to the idea that he sent it more than once. And so he sent it once from the road. And that's when he got the correct coordinates from Diane. And then he sent it again after Richard was electrocuted. And that's when maybe it wasn't delivered, but maybe it was delivered a little later whenever he got in range or something. And that's when uh, Diane saw saw the message a second time when she's in the room with Gordon and uh, Albert and, and Tammy. Uh, that's what I came down to, which I think is like, it's, it's, it doesn't feel right, <laughs> but, but it's like, it's the best I can do to make sense of it. <laughs> I love how we don't even, you know, we're talking about this text message, smiley face all. We d- we haven't talked about what all even means. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, I'm trying to find it's it in scary. the scary. There's something scary about that. I love uh, it. Cause it's like the smiley face makes it scarier. Yeah, definitely. It's smiley like Bob smiling oh. or something. It's like yeah, you know, oh it's yeah, not good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, um, okay. I something like that kind of works. I mean, it was an in- it was interesting <laughs> that they that they they specifically showed us that the message was not delivered mm-hmm. when he first, which is a weird thing to sort like, of is do. That, is that like a production error? Like I. I I don't think it can be production error. I mean, I, I, I think that was deliberate. I think it it's supposed to maybe help with this timeline issue we're seeing yeah. here. Um, you know, because I, I think even if if I'm... Uh, it's hard to tell. I'm trying to get... Yeah, it's daytime when when, when Diane is uh, at the bar and goes up to see the FBI. So, so he, mm-hmm. if he texts that thing at night, I mean, they're only... They're in the same 
time zone, I think, or very close. Yeah. One hour apart, maybe. So, yeah, yeah the, 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 day, the time of day doesn't even line up for this text message to make uh, any sense. Yeah. So, so somehow it's daytime when she, when she gets both, you know, it, it, I don't know if it's two messages. I'm trying to get to the second one here and see if, Cause if she, like she looks time. at it again, like, right before, um, I That's think, right, right before she, she kind of freaks out at the end. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, let me see. It's like towards, yeah, towards the end of that, um, thing. I'm in the sheriff station. Um, <laughs> oh, no, well, it's like, God damn it, Diane, really? You had to go real quick, I, I want to throw out there, I want to throw out there the idea that is Nido, if, if, if Diane is connecting to Nido, is Nido connecting to Diane? Like, is she gonna start mm-hmm. talking now that Diane's done? Or oh, is yeah. she gonna, is she gonna look different? Or, I wonder if she you know, has any uh, sense of, of Diane. So yeah, I mean, yeah. That would be interesting to see. I mean, it would be great if we could actually see the real Diane. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, because I do feel like one thing about this plot line that even though it does provide a complete, uh, a completely reasonable, you know, explanation of why Diane would be collaborating with Mr. C., Mm-hmm. Um, it does not, uh, give us the satisfaction of actually seeing, I mean, I guess, you know, it's a yeah. copy it's, you know, there's aspects of it that were like the real Diane, but you know, this whole like, uh, bitter, uh, you know, alcoholic Diane is, mm-hmm. is a fabricated version. You know, it's not clear mm-hmm. to me that she was living that kind of, she was still working at the FBI when Mr. C came to visit her. You know, um, so yeah. it seems to me like it's the copy that led that life. And so what is the real Diane like? It seems like she might be kind of different. Yeah, and that's what's weird is that this whole idea that, you know, with the original series, we never saw Diane on screen. And it seems like the joke yeah. here is that we We're never did. Not, we yeah. still never actually got to see her. Yeah. We don't know if, I mean, we assume this is what she looked like because the manufactured people are sort yeah. of doppelgangers. Right. But, but you know, does she does she have this hairstyle? You right. know, did she have Not this fashion sense? You know, Dougie's hair and, was different. Dougie and Cooper had completely different styles and yeah. everything. You know, so uh, okay, so so it's weird. The yeah, there's some production issues here, I think, because when she first sees the text message, let me see, it says her phone says sixteen thirty two, which I guess is four thirty two. Yeah. Um. And then She's when on she, time. yeah, when she un- unlocks the phone, uh, sorry, when she, uh, let me get to it. She's like, I remember. What do you remember? Mm-hmm. When she unlocks the phone, then it's um, uh, it's sixteen forty four. So somehow, twelve minutes pass mm-hmm. in like three seconds. But okay, it's around four thirty. Okay. Uh, when she gets yeah. it now later in um, when she's with the FBI, it's um, I believe it is a different time. Let me see. Sorry, I have to. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard to do technology. Go to the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I do feel like some of that could just be production issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and it's just, it's hard to untangle that when you're dealing with, but also, you know, just story-wise, because, like, even the daylight could be a production issue, um, because that's, I mean, that happens sometimes in stories, like, that the daylight Mm -hmm. just doesn't line up between storylines, um, 
but uh, when it when it when it gets down to you know something really specific like when he had the coordinates, um, it's uh, it's like it's frustrating to not be able to untangle that you know. And I wish they had just shown him like send it from the road, and then like it would have been easier to understand what what was happening here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, you know, cause then I could just rest on that. Cause like, if it's not, if it's not that, if she actually sent one of the fake coordinates, which again, if she sent fake coordinates that matched somebody else's fake coordinates, you know, then it's like, well, how is that possible? I mean, who, you know, <laughs> well, then you go, did Philip Jeffries manufacture her? Oh God. To, you know, that doesn't make a ton of sense, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's so weird. Uh, and then Ray gave the real ones. Like, it's just, it's, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So it says 1550. Okay. And, uh, she gets him the second time. So it's so. a full hour later. Yeah. Um, okay. It's a good hour to walk upstairs. Um, <laughs> I know. Right. It's like, there's no, that Actually, was the other no, it's thing. A, it's an hour earlier. Is that what? Yeah, the time. Oh, fifty because you said sixteen. Yeah, the times don't match up. It was so an hour. I, she tra- she time traveled back an hour. Or or that or it's okay. From the phone, it looks like it's saying that at fifteen fifty, the second time is when she. It says that's the time for the message. That's not the time on her phone. Okay. So okay. it's it's basically saying that there's a discrepancy when she got the message. Right. 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 Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, it's it's very very strange. I don't know what to make of that. All of it, all of it. I don't know what to make of any of it. The smiley face, the all, the time, both messages not delivered, three coordinates. I mean, take your pick. I don't, I don't know anything. I mean, yeah. this is completely unraveled uh, my brain. Like, yeah, the, the coordinates that, were bad enough already. By the way, they were already bad enough. And they they were so bad recently that no one was even talking about coordinates anymore. Right, right. And then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, I got three coordinates." Yeah. And I'm like, "What? You weren't even what? Huh?" See, I think I think that's the thing that we didn't really guess, which is that Phil Jeffries' numbers were coordinates. And so well, even though we, yeah, we yeah, we didn't guess that they were like a location, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like even though like it seemed like oh, he's moved on from the coordinates, he's just going for Judy. It's like, oh, there's still coordinates. And so we're still talking about coordinates even though um even though it's not it's not the coordinates from from Hastings secretary or Ruth's arm or Ray or whatever. <laughs> Oh man! Whatever oh, source dude. you want to, so but wait, I, there's... I'm questioning altogether whether Hastings Secretary even had the coordinates. You know, <laughs> don't do that. I have to. <laughs> I have to. Don't start at the beginning and question. Oh God! Because because oh, I think man. Ray was. I think Ray was was corrupted. You know, uh, corrupted maybe isn't the right word, but Ray was kind of a double agent. I think from the beginning, and so the the you know, I think he might have even lied. Uh, that she had them, you know, um, and, uh, and, and was always planning to give him, uh, some, some, some fake ones, you know? See, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like who, the, whoever hired Ray to kill Mr. C did that after he was working for Mr. C. That's, that's, that's kind of how it feels to me, but that's no way to tell. It, yeah, it could, it could be, it could be. Which would make me think like, 
it was true. Ruth uh, Hastings' secretary did have the coordinates, but but uh, yeah, just the way you know, because at some point he was given the ring, which I don't think he had the ring the whole time. I feel like oh no, he he was given it in jail. Uh, He specifically said that. So I feel like something changed, right? I feel like there's a moment where something switches, and the Philip Jeffries imposter, whoever he is, did what he did, and, and he's sort of like, okay, Mr. C needs to die. Because I think the difference is when Mr. C did not go back into the Black Lodge, I think Philip Jeffries' uh, 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 plan has to change there. And I think that, so so if, if, if Ray is already working for Mr. C at that point, I don't think Ray is is being told by Philip Jeffries to kill Mr. C because fake Philip Jeffries is expecting Mr. C to go back to the Black Lodge. Yeah, well, so that's why it, the first, the, um, uh, the conversation between Ray and Daria that uh, Mr. C records, uh, yeah. he, he basically says uh, if, oh, he, if, right. if he doesn't go back in, then then you'll have to that's do right. it. That's right. That's right. So so I think they realized that yeah, he was supposed to go back in, but if that didn't happen, they were supposed to kill him and I I think I think that was in place, you know, pretty early on. I mean, it's possible that, you know, it wasn't from the very beginning, but Yeah. Um Yeah, that's early enough. I mean, that's at least before the event, you know, Yeah. So yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think. Uh, I mean, we don't even know why Ray and fucking Daria are with him to begin with. So. Yeah, well, he goes to pick him up, and you know, it's like part of this network or something, and it's, it's like I don't know, like someone managed to. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> you almost had it, and you realize, yeah, there's nothing because it's like, who are these people, and why, why are they working for him to begin with? I mean, with, it's like you know? this farm thing, and and Hutch and Chantal, and like he's just got this, like he, he had this this access to these 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 crews these networks these people even the box thing kind of fits into that where he just for some reason like you know but it it seems like someone and it seems like maybe it was phil jeffries and his friend who likes to pretend to be him um who who might be from the black lodge or something um uh you know decided to like plant some people um to uh, or maybe they got word that that's who he wanted and so they specifically like recruited them maybe just maybe just offered them money or something um because like ray insinuates uh in that first uh dinner scene like oh those coordinates are pretty important to you and uh and and even in the car after the uh prison scene he's also like yeah those coordinates really put worth a lot you know and it 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 it's it almost seems like maybe they're implying that ray would be willing to give him the coordinates the real ones if uh if he was willing to pay you know that he would be he would be uh you know up for uh you know switching sides if it was worth his while you know like maybe mm-hmm. you know maybe that's the deal with ray like it just came down to the fact that you know phil jeffries yeah. paid better because <laughs> like maybe Mr. C we wasn't don't know we don't know anything why i mean yeah it's unclear why they're even doing any of this um it just seems like you there's no way to guarantee i don't think any who mr c is gonna hire for this particular job that he gets Daria and and Ray for so I feel like Philip Jeffries or whoever it is can't target them before they're under the employment of Mr. C. So yeah, it's yeah. like after they get hired by Mr. C and they're part of his plan, then the Jeffries yeah. guy can come in and say, yeah, 
you know, and tell them tell them what's up. Like I got a, a bigger offer for you. But I was you. thinking, like, yeah, soon after he realizes who he's who he's got, he contacts him and makes him some kind of offer, and mm-hmm. you know, so like from yeah, I mean, from early on, but yeah, not necessarily he knows beforehand. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Still doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> not really. I I didn't Hastings say. Did Hastings confirm that the secretary had the coordinates? I don't think he did. And that was part of the thing that I didn't understand about the Hastings story. Because there was no part of the story where... Uh, now we, we probably should review the record. But I'm pretty sure he never said, I gave the coordinates to my secretary. I think that was something that Ray <laughs> said. Um, I, you know, that that was something that, you know... Uh, well... Was, <laughs> That starts out with the problem we talked about before, where why didn't, first of all, why did Mr. C just go directly to the secretary, uh, if that was even the true? And then B, why didn't he just go directly to Hastings? Like, yeah. It still didn't make any sense why he was that farming this, 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 this part of it out. And he didn't have anything else to do. Like, he's done a lot yeah. with his plan, but he really, at that point, didn't wasn't doing anything else. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that that part isn't... Uh, none of this new stuff really helps, like, explain that. And, like, what if if he was there uh, at the site when they when they met Major Briggs, um, you know, uh, why didn't he just get the coordinates from Ruth's arm at that point? Mm-hmm. You know, if he wasn't there, why wasn't he there? <laughs> yeah. Like, he should have been there. He was in town. He knew about it. He was mm-hmm. he was specifically spying on them. Like it's it's like the woodsmen sh- fucking show up. It's like I just it's <sighs> yep. It doesn't make sense. And then yeah, then then the secretary thing is this extra level of like I don't understand. Um, I never got it. I never got why it seemed like a plot device, but now it's like it's more than that. <laughs> Was it just a lie that Ray, maybe Ray was trying to buy time? That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah, the secretary. Yeah, uh, that possibility is open now, I think. Because I I don't think we have independent confirmation that the secretary really had the coordinates. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me think that, that, yeah, that, um, that, that that was a ruse the whole time. But then, then why didn't he just say Hastings has it? Yeah. And like, oh, Hastings has it. I'll go get Hastings. Yeah, I know. But then he go, you know, then he gets arrested before. Like everything right. could have worked out if he was just like, yeah. I mean, worked out the same if he just said like, I'm going to get Hastings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I it's mm. yeah. Mm. It's... <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um there's 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 more to talk about um oh, on every single thing we've mentioned yeah. um yeah uh you want to get into the episode here oh you ready to actually dive in well listen we could spend another <laughs> hour on the general topics here but i think uh there's a lot to really uh dissect uh, there's people who get dissected and right um, right yeah, I guess we'll I guess we'll get there along the way, whatever mm-hmm. it is that uh, whatever else we might want to bring up. Yeah, so. we've set the table now, so yeah. uh, now we need to have a um, uh, what was the line a uh, around the dinner table? The conversation is lively. Yes, um, exactly. Do we know what that means yet? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I oh. mean, it's like 
It's, yeah, I have no idea. I gotta say, you know, a lot of shows, you know, the last, you know, 15 years or so have, have used, like, cell phones and text messaging as part of the plot. Uh, but I gotta say, this is one of the most interesting uses of texting, in particular, for story. Yeah. And it's used in a very weird way. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. You know, um, you know, kind of going back to that, that little scene with... Um, with Lucy, where she sort of freaks out about oh, yeah. cell phones, yeah. you know, so it's interesting how much cell phones, you know, sort of contrasting that, like how much they have been at play in the story and and, uh, and really sort of function in a way that you couldn't do otherwise, you know, it'd be, yeah. you know, it'd be weird. It'd be, you'd be hard pressed to kind of get the same kind of thing um, without text messaging. Um, yeah, yeah. It does seem like, I mean, phone calls, I don't know, it does seem like the plot would have to be somewhat <laughs> different if they didn't have that. Yeah. Um, it definitely works really well for that. I guess, uh, now that I think about it, around the table, <laughs> I always get it wrong, around the dinner table, the conversation is lively. Uh, uh, now that I think about it, it, it makes me want to say um, that it's, you know, that it's some kind of trigger code. You know, mm-hmm. um, because uh, what she sends back was like information. You know, they have Hastings. They're going to take him to the sites. Um, yeah. Know. Yeah. Unfortunately, that does seem that way. Now it makes me think uh, the cow jumped over the moon was a message yeah. to Diane. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. And we'll just streamline who he's been talking to with codes and just say it's all right. been Diane. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and uh, was that... I forgot how the timeline works. Was that that was after the was it? No, that was before her, her interview with him, right? Was it? I think we see. I think, you're I think right. we see Gordon. We see Gordon do the interview, and then yeah. and then he does the scene where yeah. he does the technomancy on the phones, right? And he says the cow jumped over the moon. And then I think Daniel. Yeah. So maybe I mean, was that a message either to Diane or I guess the whole manufactured thing is weird to me, and the, and the way time works in the Black Lodge, like. Could that have been a message like activate the Diane uh, doppelganger, you know, and then she appears in existence or has she just always been in existence the last 20 years, you know, 22 years since that night that, you know, Mr. C met her. Like, I I just don't understand that how that works. Like, and and because time is weird in the Black Lodge, like, does that sort of negate it? You know, so like the last 25 years, there was no Diane you know, like the real Diane was gone because he took her to the Black Lodge and made her Nido or whatever happened. Like the real Diane is not on Earth for the last 20 something years. And then he calls and says, Cow jumped over the moon. And then someone in the Black Lodge like sends the Diane doppelganger to Earth. And then she just appears back 25 years ago and, and lives a life. Oh. Or, or she just appears now in the bar where Albert finds her. You know, well, sort of so if that's true, then there have to be some implanted memories or something, too, because uh, when mm-hmm. they when they come out of the that first interview, that's when Albert's like, you know, I know where she drinks, you know, so uh, they, they have some knowledge of Diane at that point. But They're is that where she drinks re- or something? You know, that was the problem is, is that where she drinks recently or is that where she's always drank? Well, he was with the FBI, but it was definitely before Cal jumped over the moon. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, so she would have had to. I mean, I guess, I guess oh, if I she, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess if she, um, 
you know, uh, yeah, if, if there's like time, time, time manipulation going on, then like if she exists, if he like implants, but then it's like, why didn't he just put her there? I don't know. It's also crazy that he would know 20 years in advance <laughs> that like Diane would have this very specific role to play in, uh, in an FBI investigation. <laughs> well, but he might not know why he needs her or if he needs her. Right. Which is why he like doesn't activate her yet. Right like well if i do need her then i'll activate her right you know like i don't necessarily think that's true but i just feel like we have to think about that because yeah. it, it's unclear you know how you know even with dougie it's unclear when he really came into existence like i guess we won't find out anymore because we're sort of done with him well yeah i mean i think the the closest we got to a clue about that was the the thing that the fusco said about um mm-hmm. how there was no record of him but before you know 1997 it was it was roughly uh sounds like uh the same maybe a year or so later but roughly Mm -hmm. uh, around the time what what happened to diane yeah um uh so like i I feel like that's the you know that's the best you can do as far as dating like when he showed up in the world for sure yeah And, and that's the thing you were saying like it'd be weird for him to manufacture diane for this particular role but like why did he do it in the first place like it's unclear why he ever did that well, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can, yeah, I can come up with some bullshit on that, but uh, yeah, uh, you're right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it seems like he had, you know, it would be because of some future plan, um, yeah. and he knew that she would come into play. And, and, you know, again, it seems like the whole point was for her, you know, to verify that he, you know, whether or not he was the real Cooper, and yes, she says no, um, although, you know, so, so picture this, right? <laughs> this is the interesting nexus of contradictions. So, like, uh, a nexus of contradictions is a great band name. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> like heavy metal, I guess. Um, of course. So, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm like, we're the nexus of contradictions! Okay, so... Uh, they play at the Roadhouse next week. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Alice in Chains. Yeah, um, right. Uh, okay, so, uh, what was I saying? Uh, okay, so yeah, the Nexus of Contradictions. So, the, so you have, um, you have, let me see how this goes. Sorry, there's like, there's like four people involved in this. So you have Mr. C, you know, most likely creating Diane uh you yeah. have you have you have him seemingly telling her to tell the truth and tell the fbi that, yeah. she, that he is not the real cooper yeah okay number one number two you have gordon believing that that's not the real cooper yet yeah unbeknownst to us at the time but later revealed he he suspected diane was not on the level yeah. in that moment so right. he's already thinking what she's saying might not be true, even right. though he he sort of believes it. Yeah. Um, and then, um, um, I think that's it. I think those are the contradictions. Right. Yeah. 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 I agree. It's a strange thing. I I I hope that it makes sense that he he wanted to give up uh, or he wanted to point them. 
I don't know. Maybe it's reverse psychology. I, it doesn't. It doesn't really make sense. <laughs> I totally agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I'll tell them. I'll tell them I'm. I'm not the real Cooper. But then when they suspect Diane, maybe they'll think it's not true. I don't know. That's... Or do you think it's? Yeah, because I mean, not only does she say it's it's not Cooper. I mean, she explained it to the T. She's like, it's not what he looks like. Yeah. How he's changed. It's like yeah. There's a fundamental difference that he's not Cooper, right? Yeah. And of course, we have all that other storyline about the the, the 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 fingerprints and like yep. all the stuff confirming like this isn't Cooper, right? Yeah. So it's so it's very strange. Now, unless the idea is that the doppelganger Diane is more or less good Diane for the last 25 years or whatever, 20 something years, but it isn't. And so even in that scene when she verifies it's not the real Cooper, she's sort of you know on the level Diane, right? But it's not until he texts her, you know, something, you know, maybe the cow, not the cow drove the either cow drove over the moon or, well, that wouldn't really work because this was after. But maybe when he texts um, around the dinner table, the conversation is lively. Maybe that mm-hmm. activates the sort of doppelganger Diane, yeah. you know, to sort of like, you know, make her give information against her will sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I wonder if it's something like that. And like, now she did seem triggered to check her text messages, you know, because she was she was checking it on the plane, you know, before, um, uh, you know, before she actually got the message because it was blocked, you know. So it, it seems like, yeah, maybe there's maybe there's some kind of program. It's like it's starting to become a little bit Cylon, you know. There's a little bit of this like, you know, implanted. Yeah. Um, uh you know memories like cause she's yeah. she's got like blocked memories and exactly. like she didn't rem- she even in the interrogation scene she's really scared and she know she, she remembers that night yeah it's weird because he's like you remember last time i saw you you know and yeah. so she knows the night that she got raped and they said the r word yeah, yeah. uh and yeah, they did. uh just to make it clear <laughs> and um yeah you know yeah it seems like in that either does she forget between then and now, what happened? Or did she not really remember in the interrogation scene, even though she said she remembered? Right, right. You know, she doesn't have the same, you know, reaction that she does in this episode when she really remembers. Right. Um, so that's really strange. The whole Talpa idea in general is strange. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I don't know what we're supposed to take it as besides, you know, what they say on the show. Mm-hmm. But, like, what memories does she have? She seems to have Diane's memories. Yeah. Up until, I guess, you know, he, he raped Diane. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even Took understand if, if like, if, if yeah, if, if his, um, you know... Uh, you know interaction with her is what necessitated her being manufactured you know like it was you know it was just weird the way she described the whole the whole thing so yeah uh and and of course i you know we have to say it calls into question is audrey a talpa you know mm-hmm. if if he raped mm. her too you know maybe this maybe That's there's an audrey in a, in a coma and there's an audrey who's Oof. like a talpa who's oh, in God. like a weird world oh, a weird God. reality talpa and and you know, is she gonna wind up in the Black Lodge? And Mike's gonna tell her she's been manufactured. Oh, God. Um. <laughs> oh my God. That would explain the Black Lodge connection. Mm-hmm. So that it helps with that, but it's also yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. How many? Because I, I I really want to say stop, you know, but I was already I was ready to say stop after Dougie, you know, but it's like, well, now we have two. 
Well, um, I know you want to you want to make it a whole number three, right? Yeah, uh, it's like why not? It's not impossible. Well, um, and here's the thing that doesn't make sense at all, but it's really weird. The idea that maybe Mr. C, maybe he didn't rape Audrey. Maybe when he went into her room, he took some of her hair, and then he created, um, uh, he manufactured a version of Audrey. And maybe that's the one who's the mother that's of Richard's Richard. mother. <laughs> oh man, that's fucking weird. Yeah. And then he like dumped him off in Twin Peaks, and, and like, then, and then somehow they're like, I don't know, you know, it doesn't. That's the part that doesn't make any sense. Like, how would anyone connect this baby to right you know, to Audrey without yeah, her yeah. being pregnant and getting birth? Pregnancy, but, yeah. But just that idea that that maybe that's the one, or, or maybe the Talpa is the one that's on Earth, and then the real Audrey is. is I guess he could have switched them out, you know. Um, he could have, you know, put in put in the fake. It's starting to get ridiculous, uh, but like put in the fake one, you know, that's the one who uh, gave birth to Richard, and and maybe maybe the real one is like in some kind of crazy Black Lodge limbo or something. Yeah, and actually that's interesting too because. Uh, um, that that would help explain why Richard is so evil if he's also mm-hmm. not just a son of Mr. C, a doppelganger, but yeah. but a, of a Talba too or whatever. A fake version of Audrey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it, it would kind of change the, you know... I mean, I, I guess the, you know, the other, the other thing is that if, if Audrey... If it, if it was the real Audrey and, and she's been in a coma for, uh, you know, 25 years, uh, then what that has to mean is that she really, like... She might not even know about Richard. Uh, yeah, she she it, yeah. If she didn't raise him, you know, if she's been in a coma the whole time, then yeah, why would she? Yeah, so why would might, she even know? I mean, we might get to see like if she wakes up, you know, like she's gonna find like she doesn't even know that that happened. That yeah, possibly, and, and maybe another... that's why she's not mentioning Richard ever. Yeah, and here's another know? idea. It could be that. Um, the manufactured version of her is in Twin Peaks living her life and people think that's the real Audrey. Right. And and so when and so the Audrey who's in the other world will maybe wake up or some or maybe Dale's gonna find her when he goes to the Black Lodge or something. He'll he'll maybe rescue her and she'll come back to town and it'll they'll be there will have been some other audrey living her life the whole right time. but i guess if it's if the fake audrey is still there in twin peaks <laughs> assuming there is a fake audrey i i would i would assume she's still in a coma because it's the best for the story like you know, no, she's not like like th- then i go back to that that whole thing with richard and and frank's investigation and going to ben and like she never even comes up like, mm-hmm. you know, like, to me, that's more consistent with the idea that she's still in a coma uh, than that she's just uh, out there living a life, you know? Yeah, I I, I, um, I think it's better for the story if she's in a coma and that, you know, it gives them less to sort of explain. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I was just thinking, you know, since most, since the Talpas we've seen have, have been in the real world, I'm like, well, maybe... You know, maybe it's out there being like normal Audrey or something and nobody notices it or. um, But yeah, I I guess I could see a situation where Mr. C goes to her room. I feel like maybe he wakes her up somehow or. 
Or maybe she stays in a coma and he takes her to the Black Lodge and she's in a coma in the Black Lodge and that's why it's, it's such a weird scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I still can't explain the, the, the birth, though. Um, yeah, yeah, that now has I, happened in the real I world. I was also too. trying to hope that Richard was manufactured somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, but, you know, like the way he sort of dies in this thing was very strange and I thought, True. well, maybe... You know, maybe he's a tulpa being disintegrated or something. Um, yeah. You know, um, in a way he's manufactured, I mean, biologically. So, you sure. know. Hey. Um, <laughs> hey. Biology. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. Is there a way that Mr. C could have, could have like, taken, you know, some... Uh, but oh, oh, that's the other thing that's really weird about Richard, though, is... If Audrey's been in a coma this whole time, then then this picture that he saw, he would have no context. You know, the picture that Richard said he saw of Cooper, you know, as as FBI agent Cooper would have no context. You know, who you know, I, or I guess maybe Ben could say that that's Agent Cooper or something. But you know, yeah. it seems like Audrey's the one who told him who that is. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Well, let's jump into the episode. It's a tough here. One. There's so um, much unknown there. Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, I just feel like, well, I mean, <laughs> we're going to find it out next time or never. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's a nice thing about being this late in the game. Um, uh, yeah, I think he, he could have found out. Um, but yeah, maybe she... Maybe she was awake and then something happened. I Yeah. <laughs> There's two comas. Jake, Jake give two rides. Audrey give two comas. Yes, yes, exactly. I could see Cooper doing finding that out and going, yeah, Audrey has two comas. Oh, I I could too. Yeah, I mean he's he's Cooper. Let me just say, uh, I'm gonna I mean, say it too. <laughs> I mean, I know we're gonna get to it, but uh, yeah. I was really taken by how, um, yep. how mm-hmm. like immediately he. I was... mean, he was he was making up for lost time. I mean, he was. It wasn't like, oh, I'm groggy. What should I no. do now? It was Where like, am I? Know exactly, I? I know exactly what's happening. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what's, what's been happening. I know that I know what's, you know, all, like yeah. nothing phased him. Mike, Mike was like, Hey, the other version is still mm-hmm. out there. And he's like, great. I know what to do. Yeah. Hey, and not only that, I need you to, I need you to make another one, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, what? He's, he was ready for that. Like, it's like, like yeah, yeah. It was complete, and he knew how, and he knew what it would take to make it. Yeah. Do you no, have the he, seed? Like, what? He understood what the seed was. Come on, Cooper. Which is like, why do you even know that? Like, yeah. you weren't around to even see the seed. So why do you even know what the seed is? Did you learn uh, that, like, oh, in no, actually, 25 years? Oh, no, 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 that's right. Didn't Mike show him the seed? When he was like, you, you've been tricked. Didn't he show him oh, the seed? Oh, he did. You're right. That's it. That's it. You're right. So that means that, that Cooper, you know, now he understood what that what meant. What you know, Sort of that whole idea. He understood yeah. the trick. And yeah, I agree. I was I was so happy. I haven't been this happy in a long time. <laughs> when Cooper woke up yeah. and he was just ready to go. And it oh, was, man. It was, I was just so... It was, it's your old friend finally coming back. I mean, I 16 parts, 15 parts, you know? 
yeah. you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting for the main fucking character of this show <laughs> to like yeah. to like really be back in the you know we've seen him before as Cooper at the beginning of the show but like actually back in the real world as Cooper yeah you know and I love the line I knew it was coming when Mullins was like what about mm-hmm. the FBI and mm-hmm. you know America waits with bated breath as he turns and goes, I am the FBI. And it's like, mic yeah. drop, you know? Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's such a good moment. The, you know? uh, the Twin Peaks theme, like, swells at that point. Oh, it was very, great, like... man, when the Twin Peaks theme started, yeah. you, you know it's all coming back full circle. Yeah. And, it, it, yeah, it feels like coming home. It was, it was such a good feeling. And I want to say, before we jump in the episode, I love the Mitchum brothers so much. I don't think I've ever seen any... I don't think I've ever seen these characters before. Um, and I've talked a lot about them, how they, they're, they're, they're the gangster archetype. Yeah. But they're nice guys. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they're sort of overly nice in a way that's actually appealing and not, like, off-putting. Like, the scene in the hospital mm-hmm. with everyone's being... I mean, Bushnell's there. Everyone's being jovial. They're, you know, they're talking to Sonny Jim, and they're just they're just so... Like, selfless is really the only yeah. word you could use. They're selfless in this way that's really remarkable. And I'm just like, I can't believe these characters. They're, for you know, they don't mean that much to the plot. But, like, yeah. they're so unique. And, and uh, and yeah, it just really, it just hit it home again in, in that scene at the hospital. And then, of course, they're like, we're going to stock your house. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's just above and beyond any sort of normal, rational response that people would have yeah. to, like, you know, them them getting their rifle money and stuff like that. Like, like they went from, like, we're going to fucking kill Ducky Jones <laughs> to, like, he's our hero. We're going to yeah. do, like, not even about money anymore. Now it's about us personally. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And, like, they're even going so far as to get themselves maybe even in trouble with yeah. law enforcement, you know, to, to yeah. help out Ducky. And it's not like, oh, you need a plane? Great. There's a plane. It'll take you where you want to go. It's like, mm-hmm. no, they're along for the ride. They're going, you know? yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and the, the, the the Mandy and Candy and Sandy, <laughs> they're coming too, you know? Apparently, yeah. And, um, yeah, I just thought, I just they're thought, another, another really interesting um, sort of scene with those guys where they're, they're just completely playing against their character types. Um, whereas, you know, Duncan Todd was, uh, he was that guy. He was the, the Las Vegas gangster guy right. who hires hitmen, you yeah. know, and has a bad death, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a fake out because, yeah, the first scene with them, they're like beating up the first casino manager because, you know, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how much money uh, Dougie won, basically. And, you know, then they're, like, looking for him, and then, yeah, there's the whole thing with Anthony, and, and uh, they're, they're, like, gonna kill him, and then, like, yeah, there's this huge turn there, and uh, it just got out of control where it was, like, you're just gonna drop everything you're doing and go with him to this random place that has nothing to do with you, like, I was mm-hmm. like... Like, you could lend him the jet. You don't have to go. <laughs> yeah. And it, it makes me think that scene when, when Candy slaps um, slaps Rod in the face with the remote, maybe that was, and, you know, if I'm, if I'm digging too deep on it and, and trying to find meaning, like, maybe the idea there was this, this idea that, like, if, if, if he's wronged sort of innocently or by mistake, 
like he has forgiveness for the person right you know what i mean so like it's not like he's like oh you you hit me on accident well now you're fired right you know like it's like no like actually if it was an accident i i'm totally under gonna be understanding and like you know consoling and everything and that's kind of what he you know the sort of general idea with what happened with dougie right 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 yeah definitely to to a very extreme degree but it was that's Mm -hmm. definitely uh uh in line with the uh, the way they've built the characters and uh yeah it's 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 an odd uh it's an odd element of the of the new series that i didn't think would like go this far no not at all i thought once they reconciled with the money and they got their money back yeah. i thought we were done with them i didn't yeah. really think we would get back to them um but yeah they've been they've been big characters yeah they're i mean they're gonna be in twin peaks apparently so yeah um, and I, I feel like we're gonna see a scene where they're like, "Oh, this is a great town. Oh, we should get a house here or something." Or like, you know, I'm surprised. Like, if they if there was a storyline about like, um, you know, Ben Horn about to lose the uh, the the lodge or something, <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh, they're gonna right. come in and help buy the lodge." Yeah, you know? yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I could you totally know? see. And the and the fact that they're like that. that they're coming to Twin Peaks, you know, I wonder if if there's something else Cooper's going to need, you know, some other mm-hmm. resources that they might be able to have that, yeah. he could, that he could get, you know, immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it, it was amazing that after all this time of trying to figure out, like, okay, like, you know, not only, like, when is he going to wake up, but uh, who's who's going to be there? How mm-hmm. is he, how is he going to end up in Twin Peaks again, you know? And yep. I, it just never occurred to me that he's going to wake up and be like, I need to go to Twin Peaks right now. Yep. <laughs> like, there's just, there was no, there was no hesitation there. And it's like, if you're, if you're going to write him that way, um, in terms of the way the story's going, then, like, I kind of understand why he's sidelined for so long. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's just, he's just so efficient and, like, immediate, like, in, like, dealing with, uh, let's deal with all things I gotta deal with and then let's leave. Yeah, like, let's wrap this up quickly and I'm out of here, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like, it was like the fastest, like, the first thing is like, okay, gotta make a substitute Dougie. Alright, get on that, Mike. And mm-hmm. then, alright, let's, uh, let's get Janie and Sunny Jim over to the casino and then let's go off to the airport and, like, let's head head to Twin Peaks. Because, like, for some reason, he seems to know what he needs to do. Um, which is yep. not what I was expecting. I thought he was going to have to be a lot more informed um, mm-hmm. like about what's going on. Like, to get the land, to know that Mr. Yeah. C was caught by the FBI and escaped. And yeah. that he's involved and that the... That Gordon and every uh, everybody was, you know, uh, up on the investigation, and uh, yeah, there's a lot. He seems that that he's gonna. I, I feel like he would he would need to know that he won't necessarily just know. Yeah. Uh, like about experiments and stuff. You know, oh, yeah, the stuff yeah. in New York, and uh, you know, what's his take on that? Now, I do think there there is the idea at play here that a lot of the stuff that he experienced. Uh, in the Black Lodge, and when he left, and his journey through the Purple Place, and all that stuff. Like I, I think he, like with the stuff with Nido, I think that's the real reason he's going to Twin Peaks. Is I think he, he knows what that was all about. Now he, he understands mm-hmm. sort of what Nido was trying to communicate, and and uh, and maybe you know if Nido is Judy or if Nido is uh, a Diane, you know, like that idea that that would help for some sort of urgency, but. That's my general idea is that he it's either it's either he knows Mr. C is close to Twin Peaks 
which I don't know how he would exactly know that. Or he knows that, you know, Naito is in Twin Peaks and, and that she's part of the right. end game. But, you know, he, he doesn't know about the Woodsmen, which is, are going right. to be a thing. Uh, and I, I, you know, and there's, there's, there's a lot of, like, things I just want to hear his opinion on. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I just want to hear him describe some of these things and to see what he knows. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. It does feel like there's not enough time for for everything to happen. It's it's really going to have to all sort of take place very quickly at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But it but it definitely was an extremely satisfying moment. Um, uh, I, before again, before we launch in, I, I just want to take like a screaming left turn and do a complete non sequitur. <laughs> oh, it's a good time for that. Uh, just because like I actually don't know where else to bring this up, uh, and I might forget about it. Um, but uh, so on Twitter, I don't know. You you remember in the last uh, part we had, um, uh, or was it the one before last? Now I think it was the one before last. Uh, in the, uh, the, the sort of log lady death sequence, uh, you know, she has that line, watch out for the one under the moon on Blue Pine Mountain. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, we were talking about that. And, uh, so Vince, uh, uh, had a tweet where he, um, posted, One of our listeners, long-time listeners. Long-time Vince. listener. Where he posted a, 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 an image from the, the map that Hawk shows, uh, Frank, um, a little while ago, and it, it, you know, he he mentions one of the mountains being Blue Pine Mountain, and if you if you look close, the little you know the circle with the chicken wings, as you uh, like to call it, uh-huh. uh, is pretty clearly under the moon um, in the in the picture. There we um, go. Okay. So uh, that does that does make it seem like there's a decent chance that what she was talking about is going to end up being that thing, which mm-hmm. uh, may or may not be experiment. Uh, so, so I just want to throw that in because, uh, it, that actually, I usually don't go in, go too far in with props, but that, that's pretty convincing. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. And, you know, and the fact that Margaret and Hawk have talked a lot and, and, you know, there's that line about them talking in person, like she, she Mm -hmm. could actually be referencing the map explicitly. That's true. You know, like he showed her this map before and and this is exactly what she's... So it's not exactly a metaphor that relates to the map that she actually is saying, hey, we've talked about She's talking about the map. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's... And when uh, Frank asks, he's like, you don't want to... You don't want to know anything about that. And like... So yeah, Yeah. maybe he and the log lady have actually discussed that thing. Nice. And so, yeah, that's, that's actually... Ah, I Normally, I wouldn't believe it, but it's a little too... It's a little too on the nose to, to not seem like uh, that's that's maybe a real thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just want to throw that in because um, that might come into play uh, here in the here in the last part of the show. Well, uh, good call, Vince. Vince is always uh, reliable for uh, for good feedback. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, <laughs> I'm seeing the one that looks like a turkey. <laughs> um, Oh yeah, yeah, that part. We, yeah, God, there's still some map stuff. I think that that hasn't been explained. Obviously, that one, but but sort of the the black horn and the fire, mm-hmm. and there's some other yeah. some other things there. But yeah, okay, that's a good uh, it's good to point out uh, the one under the moon. And yeah, I mean, you know, we haven't seen Sarah Palmer or whatever's inside her since that episode. That was like two True. ago, right? So yeah. Um, or Gotta three get ago? back to that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting a little fuzzy on the. I think yeah, it was it was. It might have been three. Yeah. I think I think it was uh, three. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and that's... 
yeah, Mr. C and his plan, I swear. I I, I, <laughs> I really hope, I just, I feel like, I, I don't even want to say this because I feel like there's the, the chances are very slim, but I just, I hope the show doesn't end without me really understanding his plan. I, mm-hmm. I, I just, I really hope I can understand, mm-hmm. like, when the plan started, like, what he, what was involved. Um, is, was this a 25-year plan or a five-year plan or a five-day plan? Like, like when you know when did this all start and get into place and how does he know some of the things he he, he sort of seems to know um, about the woodsman about the black lodge about the convenience store um, about manufacturing people is Mike the one manufacturing everybody and he'll just he just takes orders from people or can anyone mm-hmm. manufacture somebody if they have a seed and some hair like. Uh, yeah. You know, like that was the that you know that's what we got out of this um, scene with Cooper talking to Mike is we at least have a, you know specific proof that Mike can manufacture people mm-hmm. or at least he can order it. <laughs> right. You know, maybe there's some Black Lodge Amazon.com, <laughs> um, or something. Uh, you know, if you're a Prime member, you can, you can get your tulpa in two days. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right. You want to get into the episode? Let's do it. All right. So the first scene, uh, we begin in classic Lynch fashion, headlights on a lost highway. Um, <laughs> it's the only kind of highway. It's the only kind. There's no found highways. <laughs> um, inside, we find Mr. C and Richard uh, from where we left off with them. In Having the a great part. talk. Having this great talk that was promised. Uh, they arrive at a fork in the road in a fill, field or some sort of like clearing. Uh, Mr. C turns the lights on his truck to a large rock on top of a hill. Uh, he then uh, he and Richard get out of the truck. Richard asks, what now? Mr. C tells him to pay attention and he will find out. Mr. C tells Richard he is looking for a place. Do you understand a place? Mr. C tells Richard that three people have given him coordinates to the place, and two of the coordinates match. What would you do, Richard? He asked. Richard says he check out the two that match. Mr. C says Richard is very bright, and they are close. Pretty soon you're going to be really bright, and I mean literally (laughs) bright. I mean bright as in you're going to be on fire. (laughs) Uh, He didn't say that. So Mr. C says Richard's very bright, and they're close to the two that match. Mr. C and Richard head up the hill. hill. Meanwhile, Jerry Horn... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I forgot about this. Yes. yes. Comes running Holy out uh, from another hill, look overlooking the clearing, and is surprised, seemingly surprised, to see, quote, people. Uh, Jerry awkwardly looks through the binoculars. He sort of makes them a monocular because he's only looking through one. Yeah, and the wrong uh, And he sees Mr. C and Richard walking from the truck up to the hill. Uh, and then he says, dear God, in some sort of response to what mm-hmm. he saw, <laughs> which, uh, okay, stop me whenever you want to. Um, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I mean, we talked, we actually specifically talked in the last podcast about Jerry Horn, like, what's the next step for Jerry Horn? Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, uh, you know, this wasn't, this wasn't what I thought it would be. I didn't think Mm -hmm. he was going to just kind of walk into another plot. 
I do literally think that, ran into another plot. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I do think that uh, this gives some kind of indication that they are reasonably close to Twin Peaks at this point, because I think Jerry Horn can't be too far from Twin Peaks. Yep. Um, so that's uh, that's one thing I, I take away from this. Um, uh, another thing is that uh, you know he uses like not only one you know binocular i don't know one mm-hmm. inocular i don't know what is On, it what one, is just yeah one inocular <laughs> uh but uh but you know he looks through the the wrong end so the thing actually looks smaller and farther away uh, oh is that what he's doing yeah yeah he's looking through the big end you know you're supposed to look you're supposed to look through the small end oh i didn't catch that and see yeah 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 he's it's 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 all kinds of wrong what he's doing. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I think he doesn't even get magnification. But um, you know, one thing uh, I was wondering about this is like, does he uh, does he know who the people are? Like, does that have something to do with the dear God? Because I didn't really understand that reaction yeah. either. Does he recognize Richard? Obviously, no. a part of his family. Does he recognize Cooper? You know. Uh, so I think you you make a good point. I was gonna say just from how it was shot, it didn't look like he could identify who the people were. Right. Um. And you make a good point that he's even looking at it wrong and not getting mag- magnification because yeah. if you watch the, the what they cut to, it's a very small circle. Yeah. Uh, in the big black screen, sort of making the point. Uh, yeah. So I that's that so that'd be the reason why I think he's not recognizing him. But but then yeah. it's like, well, why is he saying dear God right. and people? And what is he expecting to find? Why why was he running here in the first place? Yeah. Like the the, the you know, we talk you know, famously about contrivances. And so, you know, <laughs> the, so the first strange contrivance or or convenience is like that of that the three coordinates lead to very near, you know, two of them are outside of Twin Peaks and the other one is probably in Twin Peaks right. or is Twin Peaks. Yeah. So it's strange that all the coordinates are in a similar location and then yeah. of course it's strange that like jerry runs out just in time to see this event um and 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 can this still be from the drugs like is this still because he had one bad hit of his special marijuana and now you know 16 parts later or whatever he's still (laughs) on this trip like it's got to be more than that you know and and it's and it, it almost it almost you know parallels like audrey's thing of just him being in his own story you know and Actually, yeah. a lot of the Twin Peaks. I mean, Ben's kind of in his own storyline. You know, yeah. he's had some people come in and out of it, but but the whole thing with the um, uh, God, what's I always forget her name, uh, Be- Beverly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, which which remember we were asking if about Ben cheating with Beverly mm-hmm. and her husband was gonna get mad. That was like yeah. twenty parts ago. Yeah, that's that's clearly not. I mean, maybe we'll have one scene about that, but it's clearly not gonna be a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was just, I guess, just character stuff for Ben. And and more yeah. st- and like they had Ashley Judd, so they decided to give her another scene. I I don't really know why we got one that, more scene so. for Ashley Judd, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> let's just give her. Let's. She's still. She's got another twenty minutes before she wraps up. Let's put her in a scene. Um. Yeah, I don't want to get too far in a tangent, but we were just talking about Audrey, and I just thought I remembered that you know, uh, uh, and we were talking about Ben. You know, I was thinking about the the Great Northern and. Um, uh, the idea that, uh, you know, when we last saw it, um, uh, James was there, you know, and he's sort of in the basement and he hears the noise and there's a door. And, That's and the noise, that right? I didn't even, I feel like I didn't register that. Or if I did, I forgot. 
Um, yeah, that's what, yeah. I saw that online. People saying that's the same noise that Ben heard. Yeah, I, did, I didn't recognize it as being the same noise, but it's it is something. Uh, when I listened to it, it it sounded like it did sound like the same noise to me, but it was kind of muted. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I actually listened to it back to back with the noise that is in Cooper's hospital room um that bushnell hears ah good call. um which which is definitely the same um and uh and it did sound the same so i i, I think it was like maybe muffled by the door I, i'm not really sure exactly what we're supposed to think but i do think that was the same sound because i listened to them back to back and they did sound uh they did well, sound the same to me it's weird that actually makes it worse. Oh, good. <laughs> because because I was gonna say like if it's if the sound that James heard it's the same sound that that Beverly and Ben heard that's great it's in the same place yeah, yeah. why would Bushnell hear that sound I have now, no way now it makes it now it makes the sound even crazier and yeah. it's right before Dale wakes up yeah you know um, but I wanted to connect that to another idea I heard people talking about which is the idea that um, Audrey could be in that room. Uh, uh, that James is outside of, down oh. there. like she's somehow in the other, you know, some locked in there, or she's living out some sort of psychological drama in there yeah. or something. But maybe that's the all white white room. But you know, why Ben wouldn't know? I, I mean, you know, whether or not he knows he's down there is a whole question. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. But yeah. you know, why he's, you know, why wouldn't he know where the noise is coming from or have some right. idea, you know, something like that? But anyway, yeah. all those random things are sort of kind of connected with that room, potentially. That's true. That's a good point. I did start wondering also if Billy, like, maybe Billy is Cooper. Like, Billy is some kind of stand-in for Cooper. And the fact that he's missing. <laughs> That's interesting. Just Billy. because, like, if those characters don't matter, then what does that stuff mean? You know, mm -hmm. like, what does that represent for Audrey? And I was just thinking, like, what, you know... It was the first thing that popped into my head that she might have some kind of weird, you know, like a displaced fantasy about. I almost made it work, man. I was going to say, okay, so Charlie in her dream, Charlie's a C, so he's Mr. C. Oh, God. And I'm like, oh, okay, Billy. Billy's Cooper, so oh, B. Oh, right. It's Cooper and Mr. C, and yeah, she likes, she likes Billy better. But... She likes Billy better, but I can't connect... Uh, Billy to Dale Cooper unless right. B he's the Bueno Cooper he's the Bueno <laughs> Dale <laughs> can we use Spanish why not hey I agree um yeah Billy William um uh um, hmm yeah I can't quite make it work <laughs> the, uh, yeah the but name something like that like. yeah something like that seems plausible um you know I that is a good point though you know if she is not living in real reality then then what does that stuff mean um yeah. and what what does it relate to and you know and it's weird like is is her going to the roadhouse I mean did, did I guess I guess one question is did it work? You know, if if Audrey's supposed to wake up, not unlike how Cooper was supposed to wake mm -hmm. up, maybe that's what happened and that worked. You know, she had this trepidation of yeah. going to the roadhouse and all these scenes, and she finally gets there and she yeah. and she does sort of break through. So maybe that was sort of a good thing, even though that it seemed it seemed bad. But right, um, you know, you'd have to ask what why, why does the metaphor of going to the roadhouse mean? You know, why is that a metaphor to her waking up or or facing mm -hmm. some sort of 
block uh, that's preventing her from waking up. You know, yeah. so that's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, nothing on this show is straightforward. <laughs> I swear, like, you can't even count on characters being real people. You know, like, damn, you know. (laughs) Mm Yeah. Um, You know, they were all dead on Lost from the beginning, (laughs) but, you know, they at least were real people. Right, right. Uh, Okay, they weren't dead the whole time, so. (laughs) I don't want to put that out there, even though I'm being sarcastic. People know. Oh my God, they believe it too. They believe it too. It must be real. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great after. 10 plus 11 years of podcasting about Lost. We were like, you know what, guys? We podcasted about this show for hun- for literally hundreds of hours, and guess what? They were dead the whole time. I don't care what Carlton and Damon say. We've analyzed the footage. <laughs> Confirmed. Ah, oh, that'd be great. We can finally get those t-shirts to say they were dead the whole time. Yeah, I have been wanting those t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, so back to, yeah, back to, uh, uh, Twin Peaks, uh, right. yeah, there's, uh, there's so many, it's just interesting to think about, you know, now that we're nearing the end of this journey here with the show, again, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I've just, I've just been thinking about, like, what it's been like to, 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 to have the show come back, and what we got, and obviously no one could have predicted this story, um, yeah. and, and just how increasingly crazy it gets and and you know this is a great segue uh because i'm a master podcaster back to the scene that we were about to get to um because you know one of the things that uh i thought you know as richard climbs up this hill um in the next scene here is is it is like i was thinking to myself okay coordinates you know other coordinates we saw may have been you know the this um where they found nido you know the the portal in the sky, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, is it going to be another portal in the sky? And I thought to myself, no, it's going to be better than the portal in the sky. It's going to be different and bigger than the portal in the sky because that's what they have been doing with the supernatural stuff. Nine times out of ten, when we get to another supernatural thing, it's like bigger than right. the last and, and different in, and visually, st- you know, stunning in a different yeah. way. And then he's, you know steps on the coordinates and then that happened and i was like oh i was right <laughs> it was something completely new and different yeah. and, and spectacular yeah and that's been something i wouldn't i didn't necessarily think was going to be true for the show is how far beyond the mythology limits of the original show they've gone uh i i, I might have thought they would have sort of stayed in keeping and, and the black lodge be kind of the weirdest stuff mm-hmm. you know yeah 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 i agree i agree um, I, I was, uh, uh, I think it was the right move, you know, because I, I think, um, uh, you know, the, the original Black Lodge stuff is so, um, I don't know, classic and like set as, as like, you know, a defining thing about what that place is. I think it's, I think it's worked really well to, to kind of expand on, um, you know, what they did before and, and kind of, uh, make the make the supernatural world like this whole like universe you know it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it's not just about that but it does connect you know because they still have the the convenience store and you know um like the woodsman this like small thing in fire walk with me like has exploded into this 
mm-hmm. you know, really large element of the of the new series. So it's 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 it doesn't feel like they've completely abandoned um, what they were doing originally. So it's not it's not that kind of thing that happens sometimes, or it's like mm-hmm. oh, it's just not even that anymore. It's it's uh, like it's it's they did a pretty good job, I think, of um, giving us new stuff that didn't ruin the old stuff. <laughs> yep, yep. Mm-hmm. You know, which I think is kind of a challenge. Yep. Um, so I'm glad they did. Oh, and uh, the other thing I wanted to say before I forgot is about about Mr. C's plan. You know, um, uh, it it really reminds me of the uh, the scene from uh, the original Twin Peaks uh, in uh, season two. I'm not sure which episode it is, but um, it's when they reveal that Andrew Packard is still alive. Um, and, you know, <laughs> he, he sort of, like, steps from, like, b- b- out of the shadows and, mm-hmm. and he says, like, yes, everything is going according to plan. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's like, what? But with his big soap opera line, yeah. Yeah, it's totally soap opera line, but that plot with Catherine, Ben, Josie, mm-hmm. The Mill. Um, Andrew and Thomas. Um, yeah, Thomas Eckhart, like, the 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 level of com- complexity was mm-hmm. you know pretty high now yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was so high that once once uh josie gets found out she basically like loses her mind you know and once she's once she's sort of forced to work for catherine like she's yeah. just a complete shell of her former self because like everything around her was so uh completely uh, upended yeah you know and everything she thought was true except for her you know harry's affection you know right. everything was like the opposite world and i feel like she got so defeated by these like masterful soap opera char- characters you know the double crossing she was doing yeah. they knew about it the whole time yeah you know and uh, and it was part of his big plan you know and right. it's crazy and it's yeah, that's that whole part of the show is um, it's so different, uh, you know, than, than what I think most people think about when they think about Twin Peaks, the sort of crazier stuff. Mm-hmm. But all the just the Machiavellian like plot plotting was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and definitely tied into that that whole um, you know soap opera idea that was a bigger deal in the original series than it than it really has been in the, in this one. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, just comparing like, um, the, the level of planning and complexity. Um, I mean, I thought it was ridiculous when Andrew Packard said that, um, you know, (laughs) if Mr. C is really like, yes, everything going according to plan, it's like, it, it it does seem ridiculous. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how he could make all of these moves sometimes 20 years in advance, yeah um, like like how <laughs> i totally agree it's like i would love to understand it but i just it's just hard for me to imagine what they're going to tell us where i'm really going to understand <laughs> it's tough because because he has two ostensible goals and i think it's 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 a little i mean there's there's a way you can sink the goals but i think it's sort of generally unclear how they relate because the first prime goal i guess is is to not go back to the Black Lodge. And then the second right. goal is whatever he wants, you know, that he told Daria right. that he wanted, the little chicken wing right. splotch thing under the moon, on the map, on, on Hawk's map. Right. So, you know, the question is how do those two things relate? Um, and, and sort of why does he want the second one? It, it, it's unclear why he wants that thing or what that, or, or maybe that will help the first thing be permanent or something, you know, I don't know. 
Um, so that's why, yeah, that's why it's tough to really understand his plan. Uh, and then, you know, yeah, like you said, you have this like 25 year time frame uh, and you don't know where he made decisions and which decisions he made when. And uh, then you have, you know, manufactured people on top mm-hmm. of that. And it's hard to like, how would he know he needs some of these things in the future? Yeah. You know, or in the past, how would he know? OK, you know what? And in 20 something years from now, I'm going to need a copy of Diane and a copy of Cooper. Yeah. You know, and this will yeah. this will be important. And it'll it'll just be OK that I let Dougie live a life and get and have a family and 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 you know i'm i'm somehow assured that he won't end up dead before i need to use him or if he does then you know by any causes you know i mean they even say doug he was in a car accident you know so you know so it's like i guess he either knows he'll be fine or he's like well i then i don't have you know it i was wondering if he's if if he's like David Lynch himself, Mr. C, you know, because, you know, Lynch famously says, you know, basically like if he has creative roadblocks or like, um, you know, like, like when they asked him about, uh, casting for, for season three here, you know, they were like, well, you know, what, what, what do you do if you can't get the, an actor you want for a part? You know, that's sort of a general question for him. Uh, and he basically, he just says, you get new ideas, you know, and, you know, you just go to the next thing and you keep, you know, working. And I, and I wonder if Mr. C is just like that, where there's no sort of plan in terms of like, here's the 20 steps I need to do to sort of get my goal. It's more like, I'm just intuiting what I need to do next from moment Mm -hmm. to moment. And obviously there's certain things he's got to set up, but. But, yeah. but but maybe it's it's just an organic plan that he just knows is gonna you know lead him to where he's trying to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean the Dougie thing, like I kind of understand if 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 there's this idea that uh, he's supposed to go back in the Black Lodge at a certain time, then if he knows he can like, I still don't understand why this works, but if he can like make another copy. Um, then he can like fool the Black Lodge into pulling uh, the copy back in, you know, like that kind of makes sense to me that he would know to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is tough to like give him a life and stuff where it's like, well, it's, uh, it seems it, unnecessary. It's, it's but... problematic at the start, right? Because it's it's messed up by the fact that Dale did not exit the Black Lodge the way anyone thought he would. And that he only yeah. he only sort of seemed to to cause the swap of a Cooper from the real world back to the Black Lodge by being in the purple place and going through the machine, which it doesn't seem like uh, Mister C would know that that was going to happen. Yeah, uh, and it seems like that seems should have affected how a Cooper goes back to the Black Lodge because I can honestly see it. I could see the same thing happening. You know without Dougie and it's just like oh Cooper's going through the machine and if if Mr. C you know holds his mouth long enough uh then you know he won't go to the Black Lodge there's just a window of opportunity there and it'll just Mm -hmm. pass him by you know I'm not sure why someone had to go to the Black Lodge you know is it like every 25 years to the minute you know (laughs) If you leave the Black Lodge, it's going to come back for you, mm-hmm. you know, like, what? you know, and that's the thing. Again, like, it, it seemed like the catalyst was Cooper going through the machine. Yeah. 
And why would he know that that was going to happen the next? He knew it was going to happen the next day. In yeah, the fake Philip Jeffries knew it was going to happen the next yeah. day. Um, yeah. So that's what's strange. I would I would imagine that Mr. C's plan would have considered that Cooper was going to leave the Black Lodge some other way, like walk back out through Glastonbury Grove or something. Yeah, the way he got in there, not right. get, getting expelled by. The doppelganger. Now, I guess you have to throw in a crackpot theory and say the doppelgangers are working together. You know, yeah. maybe maybe the doppelganger uh, evolution of the arm uh, is the one who manufactured Dougie and uh, mm-hmm. and Diane for Mister C. Just like Mike's yeah. going to go manufacture a Cooper for 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 Dale. Uh, so then you could so then you could say, well, okay, well if they're working together, then Mister C knows that that's how Cooper is going to exit the Black Lodge. Right. Uh, but then it's weird that the doppelganger would send him to a place where Nido is, yeah. who, who who seemingly has a way for him to get directly Although if he did feet. the same thing to Diane, then uh, maybe it would make sense that Nido's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that helps the, the plan. But the, the problem is... Well, part of the problem is why did why does Diane know that that lever goes to Twin Peaks if I if you fall off of in space? But yeah. barring that, you know why would he? Why would the dop, Why would Mister C tell or know that the that the evolution of the arm doppel? This sentence is going to suck. Why the evolution of the arm, arm doppelganger would send the real Dale Cooper, the good Mr. Dale, evolution of the arm, Mister Evolution of the Arm, please. <laughs> Uh, and um, would send him to the purple place where there's someone who could tell him how to get directly to Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. which is a different way than going through the machine. Yeah. So that's just that's you know it's it's weird, but yes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. No, it does. It doesn't. That doesn't come close to fixing all the problems. Um, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> At least there's one link there that might make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not completely like uh, a mess, but it is mostly a mess. So, uh, yeah, I don't understand that either. Did she know? Did she know? I mean, I I, I wish I knew more about Nido. <laughs> you know, why did she do that? What was she trying to say? Did she know mm-hmm. what would happen? Or I, I just... Uh... <laughs> yeah, the problem with Nido is she was clearly trying to communicate something the entire time yeah. she was there. I mean, both about which machine he should go into, yeah, and then and then it's like why, and I guess maybe that's the idea. She was basically saying, "Hey, don't don't go to the real world through these machines because yeah. e- you know either one of those one is maybe like you can't go through it. Number three, and then fifteen is like don't go through that one because that's Mister C's plan. You know, he if you go through there, that's that's in line with what he wants, right?" I can get you back to Twin Peaks or get you back to the real world a different way. Let's go upstairs. Yeah. We turn this lever. You get electrocuted. Yeah, that sucks. But then you'll fly off into space. Right. You know, but then it's strange that like, oh, now I'm thinking, could the blue, could, could Briggs's blue rose even, even help that idea that like, um, nah, I don't know. I was going to say maybe that was, is actually confirmation that like, He's basically saying, "Yes, Dale, do what she did." You know, like this. This is a mm-hmm. good idea. You know, yeah. Uh, doesn't I can't quite make that work, but something like that seems plausible. But yeah, I, there's just there, wow, wow. I really thought 
<laughs> and it's funny because the world is basically condensing, you know, because I really thought yeah. the whole idea of part three was that, you know, Dale was sent out into non-existence or into some other sort of universe or something connected to ours through the Black Lodge. And that the idea was there's just this infinite amount of realities out there and people and beings and situations and and conscious entities going about their day-to-day lives yeah. as, as a conscious entity is wont to do. Um, and, and, and that, and that Nido was one of them and she had her own journey that he came in contact with and right. had a life before him and had a life in, in something after wherever she fell off into space to was some other interesting place. Yeah. Uh, you know, like each star that we saw was another place he could have gone to, right. you know, and experienced some reality. And he just happened to, you know, at the time I thought randomly, this is just a, a, a random occurrence that he winds up in the purple place, you know? And yeah. and then when he sees, you know, what we know as Ronette Pulaski, which I don't know if he caught that, mm-hmm. but, you know, American Girl, as she's credited, that that was just this other idea of spirits and souls after they, you know, have died on Earth, that they wind, they wind up in other places. Sometimes they might wind up in the Black Lodge. Maybe everyone does go to the Black Lodge, but the Black Lodge is a place... You can be after you're dead, and hey, this purple place is just another place, you know. And I really thought that was the idea of like they're just sort of um, arbitrary is not the right word, but kind of like just like in a general sense expanding the the supernatural realms of the world. Yeah. Uh, and what it seems like is they they did expand the supernatural realms of the world, but in a really concrete way and in a sort of more smaller focused way, where right. like these these different places we saw are linked more explicitly than, than could have just been any place, right. you know? So like he goes to the purple place for a particular reason because Nido's there because she's important to the story and she's yeah. important to the story because, you know, he winds up there, you know, like these, these things are related somehow. Yeah. Um, and that's something I didn't get before. Um, and it makes me think we're going to understand American girl. I mean, if we're yeah. going to figure out who Nido really is, yeah. You know, I think we're going to we're going to get American Girl. And that's the thing, yeah. too. You know, Ronette Pulaski, I guess, was still in Twin Peaks when the show was over in season two. Yeah, she's in I the mean, season, the finale of season two. Yeah. Yeah. So did Mr. C rape her and oh, like God. and like trap her in the purple place? You know, was he just Christ. going after like all the oh, women that Cooper man. all the women that Cooper came in contact with? You know, yeah. um, not all of them, clearly. Right, but um, you know, I'm I'm wondering wondering about that, and and again, the question of Annie, you know, we have to ask in terms of oh in light of Diane, is it is was Annie a Talpa? Yeah, you know, yeah, and definitely. and I guess you know what you'd have to say about that is is this idea that like why wouldn't Norma remember her, you know, if mm-hmm. once a Talpa's work is done, <laughs> do there do the people who think they're related to the Talpa just forget them Mm -hmm. you know that's um yeah i don't know yeah yeah it's a good question yeah i you know hey any watch continues um (laughs) for for one more week we get to wonder uh you know are are they gonna somehow bring uh annie into the story in some way that that makes sense uh obviously it's not gonna be like she's not gonna get eight scenes but 
Um, are they mm-hmm. are they even going to have some even just some lines? It's not going to be the Heather Graham show for the next hour. <laughs> I doubt it. I mean, you know, hey, I think Cooper has to. I think I think the 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 cops in Twin Peaks have to mention this started for them with Laura's diary mentioning yeah. Annie that there were secret yeah. pages hidden in the in the bathroom stall and I really hope someone comes up with a better idea of who it was because uh, I think they left it off on Leland yeah um, which I don't want to take that as being true and if that's the last thing they say I'm gonna assume they want us to think that's true right yeah um, maybe Dale will be like oh it was it was uh, Philip Gerard right. because of some reason. Which seems like, yeah, that seems like it makes more sense. But Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. Or my friend Mike did that, you know. Right. I, he told me he did that for some reason. Yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah. But so, they're, like, they're like besties now, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's kind of the same answer. <laughs> Philip, I mean, Gerard. Exactly. Mike. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I was just thinking, uh, yeah, they're going to have to mention that. And I just feel like if Cooper here, you know, hears about Annie, he's going to have to say something. Now, maybe because he's got this sort of sense of of what's happening now that he's awake, maybe he'll say, oh, Annie, she was a tulpa, right? You know, yeah. like, like maybe he'll just intuit that right. based on what he knows now yeah. uh, or, or maybe what happened in the black lodge maybe in hindsight we're supposed to sort of understand is 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 an idea that she was a tall or something i don't yeah. know um yeah. but um uh yeah so uh or maybe that's maybe that's even when she was created or something like maybe she's oh that doesn't make any sense sorry it make any sense she was already in twin peaks yeah. Um, I was going to say, wow, maybe Wyndham Merle created her in the Black Lodge oh and then sent her back in time. To... <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that would be a loophole plan. Yeah. That would be crazy. But again, it, it calls into question Maddie. You know, I, I love, you know, my favorite, like, Maddie scene is when she's just like, you know, all I know is that, that Laura was my cousin and I loved her. And, like, if this place feels like a dream and all that stuff, I mean... You know, I think if there's any big line from the show that that really um, is sort of the underpinning, I think of of this season it is uh, is Philip Jeffries. You know, we lived inside a dream. Yeah, uh, I really think they're unpacking that idea in a in a bunch of ways, and and really sort of trying to say something about not you know not just the nature of uh, the supernatural stuff on the show or not even just the nature of Twin Peaks as a town, but like even, you know, calling the question our reality, you know. Um, and it made me think about Lost, you know, famously Carlton and Damon, the showrunners, said after the show ended that the two questions they were trying to answer with the show were what's the meaning of life and what happens after you die. And I was thinking about those two questions for Twin Peaks, like, or, or, or what are the questions that Twin Peaks is, is like, trying to answer? And a big one is, is you know, what's the nature of reality? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think sort of a secondary part of that is, like, how do our minds create reality? Mm-hmm. And, and it's sort of what, is, what do those two things mean, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's very... Very interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's tough. I guess I hadn't. Um, 
I hadn't really taken a step back to uh, try to think about the thematic elements. Um, but I do think that, you know, generally speaking, um, you know, uh, you know, a, a lot of stories that Lynch has been drawn to are, are stories that do involve, um, you know, playing around with, uh, you know, the nature of reality and also like how, how people, you know, create realities for themselves for various reasons, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. or choose to view the world in a way that like does the work of creating reality for themselves. Yeah. Um, cause I can definitely see stuff like that happening in Lost Highway and Mulholland Drive and Inland Empire Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I think to a certain extent, you know, also fire walk with me and, you know, yeah. um, you can, you can see those elements in there. So it's definitely, um, it's definitely in line with, with, with that stuff, mm-hmm. um, to, to focus in on that. And I do think it is a, it is a step. It is a step up. I don't know if up's the right word, but it's, it's, it's pushing it further than he has before to to actually have um I, uh, to actually literally have like you know we made these fake people you know yeah. um <laughs> because like in you know in lost highway there's this whole thing with patricia arquette's character like you know changing hair color and changing name and Mm-hmm. You know, there's a picture, and it's two of them, and then it's one of them, and, um, you know, there, like, it's, I feel like there's a, a kind of a, uh, a kind of a similar idea there, um, of, of kind of, uh, you know, manufacturing a, a character that, that serves a purpose, mm-hmm. um, but they never literally said that that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's kind of like, I don't know. It, it, they didn't give it, and not only that, they didn't give it a name, right? You know, or or and, and like couch it in a sort of real world, um, you know, mythology. But actually, you know, now that I start talking about it, now now that I've seen this, and I know, you know, Tulpa is this whole like Tibetan thing. Like it, it makes me think that you know, in a way, maybe that was the idea in Lost Highway that that the mystery man like manufactured this, this second Patricia Ar- Arquette character, um, you know, for the purpose of, uh, you know, uh, uh, teaching this guy a lesson or, or punishing this guy or whatever it is he's actually trying to do. I'm not a hundred percent clear on that, but, um, whatever his goals are, like, you know, she's in line with them. And that's mm-hmm. kind of revealed by the, by the way she, gets up and walks in the cabin and then she's gone and he's standing there. Yeah, there, yeah, that definitely was true. Um, it did seem like the mystery man had, had created, yeah, you know, it's, it's tough because the talk about, we live inside a dream. I mean, where does the dream start in that movie? Yeah. Um, That's the thing. When we did our commentary, you know, I think we noticed that, um, what seems to be true is that, you know, from the beginning of the movie, literally scene one, it's mm-hmm. already, it's already taking place in some kind of altered yeah. reality. Yeah. So whatever triggered Fred's 
issues uh, that that sort of are the beginning of the movie have already happened. Yeah. And and the mystery man's influence is already there. Yeah. Uh, from the beginning, spoiler alerts for Lost Highway, people. Hope you've seen it. It's very, very good. <laughs> yeah, if you're this deep into a Twin Peaks podcast, you should definitely check it out. Yeah. It's 100% um, worth it. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll put a spoiler tag in the notes or something, uh, just in case. Um, yeah, I'll sure. Write down when this is happening here. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. And you know, that's actually a good point, though. Is is you know, getting more, getting getting more Lynch and, and getting more Twin Peaks. Well, you know, we can see what he does with uh, this season, and and it, and it will help us, uh, you know, with a new perspective on his other works, and uh, can kind of look back and, you know, because it's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking about uh, the. Let's just keep on the Lost Highway tangent here. I was thinking about the. Um, the person behind the dumpster that the, you know, oh. the, the actor who plays Duncan Todd in this show, yeah. he's in, uh, Mulholland drive. Uh, and, um, and he, he talks about, and it's, it's, you know, we talked about this before with, uh, Gordon Cole's dream of Monica Bellucci. It was very similar to this guy's dream where he, he had this dream that he was at Winkies and that mm-hmm. he, you know, that, that he was really scared. This is the same sort of bite setup. And then when he goes behind the dumpster, he sees the sort of dirty person who's very reminiscent of the woodsman from Twin Peaks. Um, but it made me think that, you know, this idea of like being the dreamer, but also in the dream uh, and, and this idea of, you know, I've always been fascinated about his reaction to seeing the, the person behind the dumpster because you, you don't really know how to take it. It's, it's overwhelming, to say the least, to him. And maybe there's fear or something, but but there's just this sort of unidentifiable thing that happens in reaction, you know. And it made me think, uh, you know, maybe maybe the the person behind the dumpster is the dreamer, you know, and he came into contact with the with the with the person responsible for his reality or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, but so it, may, it just made me think. Well, yeah. Are are the woodsmen dreamers? are they creating our realities? You know, are they the ones behind it or something? And, you know, that's why they have this, this sort of power in our world or something like that. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I wonder if this idea of the dreamer is going to be identified like, okay, this person's the dreamer or these people are the mm-hmm. dreamers or, you know, this reality only exists because of Dale Cooper or something or because of, you know, uh, Philip Jeffries, you know, is, is you know, dreamt our world, or you know what I mean? Right. Like, is it gonna is it gonna be named, or is it gonna just stay this sort of idea? Because the the Tulpa concept came up as an idea, and then they explicitly, you know, had it on the show as yeah. a character, you know, as characters. Yeah. So this whole we lived inside a dream thing is is getting a lot of play, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and Aud- Audrey's whole sort of story yeah. is is seemingly couched in that. So I'm Definitely. wondering if it's like. Audrey's the dreamer, and but what mm-hmm. is she dreaming, and what does that mean? You know, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not clear at all, um, especially because we don't even know where it extends. I mean, it just it's kind of like what you were saying about part three, where you know, there's the way it seems at the time, and then as the series has gone on, like we've been like reevaluating that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's happened. It's happened a few times at this point. Um, you know, uh, like the the Audrey thing, not just for her own story, but it actually retroactively like creates 
this weird mystery about um you know basically everything in uh, in twin peaks like <laughs> literally everything to do with twin peaks is now is that real <laughs> yeah exactly like come on of course norma didn't go into business with some guy right and and, and come up with several restaurants that no yeah. didn't do that come on that's fake yeah yeah, it's it's not. I mean, you know, it's it's not out of the question. Uh, like, there's some of those things where I'm I'm fairly comfortable that they're that they're real. But then, yeah, a plot line like that, it's like, ah, probably not. I think that's real because you know we had the the Big Ed reunion, and it's like, would they really make that? Like, that's just Audrey's dream. I mean, I I get they could do that technically. <laughs> um, I don't think that's. You know, to pull the rug out from under that, to give us that moment and then say, you know, that that it didn't really happen. I mean, it's uh, it's harsh, but, you know, I think technically I could see that happening. I guess, um, you know, the stuff involving the sheriff station and all that, like, I, I feel like that stuff is not is not part of Audrey's crazy dream. That seems like that's stuff that Cooper's going to interact with. And I don't think Cooper is part of her dream either. I don't think her dream extends to the entire show. And then I dreamed about a box in New York and mm-hmm. there was Sam and Tracy and... And then the experiment came in, and it's just like it's just like, come on, Audrey, you didn't, you don't get mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, so I, I don't want to give her credit for the whole show. Uh, it's a little too much. Um, so that you know, I, I draw the line there, but but that it does leave a ton of room because um, there's just so many of those weird little elements where, and I would be tempted to say Jerry Horn, you know, until Jerry Horn waltzed into the Mister C plot. Yep. You know, um, like once that happened, it's like, well, I guess that really happened because, mm-hmm. you know, I do think the Mr. C plot really happened. Yeah. So it does. It makes me wonder if there could be a way that the story and I, don't, I can't quite make this work, but that the story could be something like, again, we go back to Lost, you know, sort of sort of the idea of being trapped on the island, like the idea of being sort of uh, trapped in a reality. And so so the idea that maybe Mr. C Maybe he maybe he knows that this world is not the real reality or something. Oh god! And the coordinates sort of lead to the real reality, oh and my that's god. and so you know so so he so you know I don't know if it's Audrey or someone who's the dreamer has sort of encapsulated him in their dream world or something like that, and he's trying to escape. Um, you know something like I wonder if it's something like that. You know this idea like you know. Um, you know, because even even the lines here with Dougie or with Cooper being in a coma and the, the, uh, several lines about electricity and comas, mm-hmm. I feel like they're and of course with the I feel like they're trying to tell us something there. I agree. You know, with with reality and electricity and comas. Oh my! You know, I yes. don't I don't know what exactly they're saying, but I feel like there's a you know this could be foreshadowing for us to really yeah. fundamentally ask ourselves what's the nature of the reality we're watching yeah you know and and like you're saying how far does that extend but but you know in terms of mr c having his ultimate goal like that would be a big goal if he's trying to like yeah. get out of you know now how that relates to the black lodge and him going back if he's like in a mm-hmm. dream world and all that maybe i don't know i don't want to <laughs> go there but <laughs> Yeah, it does make the whole thing pretty weird, which is why, like, I I generally want to say that, like, some of that stuff, um, you know, isn't a part of that, um, but, uh, 
it it is yeah the, like, when when Janie E said uh yeah people can be in comas for years mm-hmm. I, I was like you know after the audrey reveal and i went back to that i was like yeah that yep. does seem like it's kind of hinting something yep that um, seems like it's all about audrey exactly it's just it's a way to sneak it into this scene where it's kind of plausible that she would say it but yeah mm-hmm. it's really you know kind of like the uh you know the atomic bong poster behind um gordon yep. in that one scene where it's like it doesn't really it's not really clear why that's there or what you know why they're even showing mm-hmm. that but later on it's like and oh yeah off. <laughs> it's that's obviously a very significant uh event in uh, the story of this world you know i mm-hmm. mean is that when the dream started i mean that stuff yeah, like audrey it's... better not get credit for all that stuff. well yeah you're right <laughs> oh uh God. but that's what i was gonna say like maybe the overall point that they're gonna make is that all realities are dreams that you know that whatever yeah. you would call a real reality someone's dreaming that yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that way it sort of doesn't m- sort of make anything we've seen less important or something. Right. Uh, or, or say that the first two seasons, like, didn't really happen or don't right. really count if, if, if all world or, you know, it's really like maybe they could have their cake and eat it too in a way. Um, yeah. And sort of make the world crazy, but, but sort of make us not lose, like, interest in what actually happens, you know? Right. It's just a different perspective on it. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, a big plot reveal. Yeah. 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 It also makes me think, you know, uh, you know, we've, they, there's been a lot of talk about magicians on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe is that what a dreamer is? Someone who can do magic, you know, mm-hmm. or a magician is someone who can dream. <laughs> um, um, all right, you want to go to the next scene? <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, well, wait, what's the next scene? Uh, the continuing, uh, let's see, the next scene Are we still... is, is uh, I think, Richard going up the hill. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure we weren't past that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so... I lost Let's track see. in the tangent. <laughs> I know. It was quite a long tangent. So, Mr. C and Richard uh, make it up to the rock. Mr. C tells Richard it's right up there on the rock, the coordinates that is, um, and that he's 25 years his senior and Richard should get up there. He tells him the locator will beep when he's close and make a continuous beep when he's there. Let me know what you find, Mr. C says. Richard makes his way to the large rock. Jerry looks through his monocular again uh, as Mr. C watches uh, Richard climb on top of the rock. The locator starts beeping. Uh, Richard C walks closer to the location and says, I'm there, and immediately gets the sparkle like fireworks. And Mr. C and Jerry watch on. Um, Richard disintegrates uh, from his limbs to his head and fizzles out. Jerry loses it. Uh, Mr. C is disappointed and says, goodbye, my son. Pause on that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and walks back to his truck. Uh, Jerry sort of gets mad at his binoculars and calls them bad and he smashes them. Mr. C texts smiley face all, but it's not delivered. And then he gets into his truck. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> You know, oh man, the story of Richard Horn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what a story it was. 
<laughs> I, you know, I, I love how like he, he, he's like, get in, we'll talk on the road, and and I'm just, I remember we talked about it, and I'm just mm-hmm. imagining like, oh man, they're gonna have a long conversation where he's gonna lay it all out, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. here's what happened, here's your history, blah blah blah. I don't even think Richard even, maybe he, maybe he guessed, maybe he had some. Uh, faint. I don't think he knew. Maybe he had the faintest idea that it was possible, but uh, yeah, I don't think he knew that. Um, you know, and, th- and maybe that explains why he followed him. I mean, maybe he suspected or or whatever. Or maybe it was just because he thought he was in the FBI. But um, uh, yeah, it it doesn't seem like he ever really found out. And uh, well, yeah, it's like okay, and also I think. <laughs> I think what I have to throw in is that, you know, the opening thing with the giant where he talks about Richard and Linda and fucking where's Linda? God damn it. Wow. Anyway, um, you know, that uh, I'm still holding on to that, that that means that even though Richard apparently dies here. Well, I say apparently I'm pretty sure Richard dies here. um, (laughs) You don't (laughs) like you don't explode on screen usually without dying. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, uh, I don't I I think maybe his story is not done. I think maybe Mm -hmm. he. He will show up um, in the in the Black Lodge or in, in, in some kind of, you know, one of those like su- crazy supernatural contexts. Um, you know, we've definitely seen dead people show up there because um, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like the, the, the something something more has to happen than this. Um, <laughs> but it but it does seem that it's the end of his real world story. Um, and uh, yeah. Wow. Well, what's interesting about the way he died, it did look painful, and it did look like he was sort of being disintegrated, as I mentioned. But I also wonder if he was being transported somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just looked like that. It just looked weird in, in, in like, he was sort of, you know, burning or something. But, like, but then, then maybe he did, like you're saying, like, he's got more story left, so maybe he actually just went somewhere. Yeah, it could um, be. You know, now, obviously, it seems like this was a trap for Mr. C. Right. The two people who gave him coordinates wanted him to die. That's how it comes off. But but I do wonder if that maybe is Maybe he'll just end up of, in the Black Lodge. Yeah, I mean, maybe and maybe that's the thing. Even It's a, it's still a trap for Mr. C, but it, yeah. it just goes to the Black Lodge. Yeah. Uh, it calls into question what Mr. C thinks happened. Does he right. think Richard's gone to the Black Lodge, or does he think I, he's dead? I, I love his reaction. It's so... It's cra- oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. What does oh. that mean? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like he clearly suspected something. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's why he, he did... sent him up there. He did a bin with his bunny thing with the sonic fence, the lost uh, thing where it's like, hey, you go first and we'll just we'll just see what happens. And then maybe mm-hmm. I'll follow. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, and it, you know, it's a little interesting that, you know, if Richard didn't follow him, then Mr. C would have done what? Just gone up Good himself. Point. Yeah. So it, 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 you know, so we talked about his Everything's plan. Everything's going according to plan. <laughs> yeah, That's why he fathered like, a son, so he would follow him. That's what it seems like, doesn't it? It, it seems like does. it seems like he had a he. The only reason Richard was alive was to be here for this moment, <laughs> which is totally ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, I mean, the plan, the plan is completely ridiculous. Yeah, I, it's a good, I didn't really think about that. Uh, it was very convenient that he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hey, the line between contrivance and, and writing shows up again. <laughs> yeah, there it is. 
rears its ugly but predictable head. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, we also get like his clear confirmation if it wasn't clear already, which I think it was mm-hmm. pretty much. I mean, everyone thought this, you know, when they first introduced him. Yeah, uh, literally, it was like day one. Oh, he's uh, he's Mister C's son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was just because he's he, just because he's a bad guy. He's like, a bad oh, guy. Got to be his son. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And then, uh, you know, when we got the Doc Hayward scene and he was like, yeah, he was, I think he looked in on Audrey Horn. It's like, yeah, there it is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> and it was, and it was, that was, that seems to have been totally right. Um, and, you know, so he finally says it out loud. I feel like it would have been clear even if he didn't. But is it defend goodbye, my son. He's just speaking, you know, colloquially, <laughs> you know, these He's he's saying my son, but he doesn't mean my son. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I love I I and I love how he's he's being like sort of sort of like a father in in in, in weird ways yep. in the scene. Like immediately, right? I, and I and I don't know if that's us. I don't know if that's the script or the actors or the audience making that because every <laughs> you know like the stuff that he so tells him. He could say to anybody, but because we know that that's his son, it comes off like fatherly advice. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it comes off like he's grooming him to be a bad guy, you yeah. know, and how to, how to think correctly and, and all this stuff. You're a very man. Yeah, just like yeah. your father. <laughs> and, like, testing him to, like, see how he thinks. And yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. It came off, it came off so fatherly, but it's like, I, I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's really accurate or if that's just at what, what, you know, because if you just watch that scene normally, would you think that? But if you hadn't seen any other, other plot line, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, until he said goodbye, my son. Not and then he says goodbye, my son. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, um, that's the clue. This scene also reminded me, you know, outside of the supernatural stuff, just the setup reminded me of uh, No Country for Old Men. You know, there's that like part where um, uh, the main character, uh, what's his name, uh, Llewellyn. Uh, yeah, where he's like, doesn't he like look out over the clearing with binoculars and he sees yeah. this whole deal going down and then it yeah. like goes crazy. Yeah, it just reminded me of that whole kind of setup and uh, and then like, you know, Mr. C and Jerry being old men. I was just thinking, wow, <laughs> no country for old men. <laughs> And that's the other thing that he says. He says that he's 25 years Richard Sr. Yeah. Which is crazy um, because that basically means that, right, that if that and, and if he so that means and, and if Richard was born 25 years ago, mm-hmm. then that basically means Cooper's 50, which seems likely. Yeah, but yeah. then that but that means that he yeah. that Richard right now is the same age that Dale Cooper was when Dale was doing all his stuff on the show. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh yeah. I'm twenty five years your senior. Yeah, I was thinking about that and wait, is that really what that means? Hmm, hold on. <laughs> Do some math on it. I'm 25 years your senior. I think... Uh... Yeah. Oh, that's weird. That's weird. I, I took that to mean that Richard's 25, which would make sense. 
mm-hmm. but it does actually mean that he's 25 years old. He could say that Richard could be Richard could be like, you know, Richard could be 40 yeah. and he could be 65 and he could say that. It yeah, doesn't but the... actually matter how old Richard is. All it tells you is how much older yeah. Mr. C is. But if Richard is indeed 25, which is probably true. But that's then... the thing. We know, yeah, we know when Richard was around the time Richard yeah. could have been born, which was 25 years ago. That Mr. C is 50, which is a little, I think. I mean, that means that Dale Cooper was 25, which I think is a little too young. I don't think he was supposed to be that young. I agree. I think, is that is that some weird, like, but well, I think everybody knows your doppelganger is born when you're 10 years old. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know, like... I, I think I, he was supposed to be... Okay, here it goes. He's He was born in April of 54. Yeah. So 25 years would have been uh, 89. Sorry, that's 79. Yeah. 35, so which is what I was thinking. He should have been 35. Like 10 years. He should be 10 years older than that, I would yeah. say. That seems about right. In 89. And that's, that's, when, that's how they portrayed it, you know. Yeah. Um, in the in the series. So, yeah, yeah. It's it's like, that's why it's like, if there's if there's some rule about when doppelgangers means, are born. But does that work with the math, though? So, then, so he's 35. 25 years ago, he's 35. And then he's so twenty five years later he's he's sixty, yeah. And he's basically saying I'm twenty five years older than you, which which then should mean that Richard is thirty five. Yeah, <laughs> which, there's no way that works. So yeah, maybe they just didn't write this line. Maybe they didn't think through the math, uh, and they just meant it to mean that Richard is twenty five, and it just it just doesn't. That's not quite what it means, um, you know. Because, uh, yeah, other or, you know, it's a it's a doppelganger thing. And, you know, there's some <laughs> it's a doppelganger thing. Don't ask questions <laughs> like doppelgangers like to lie about their age. I don't know. It's weird. He should say 35, but maybe they thought it would be confusing to say I'm 35 years your senior. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because it seems like they're trying to say, "Listen, it's been twenty five years since I raped your mother." Yeah, that's yeah. that's basically what. But 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 he shouldn't have said. That's not the way to say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's why I'm saying maybe they just like fucked that up. Yeah, because he should be saying, "Richard, you're twenty five years old." Yeah. But but yeah, and that's yeah. Okay, all right. I can't believe they screwed that up. I gotta think about that. Maybe there's a way to make sense of it if we had thought about it. I don't know. <laughs> It just, it does seem like, it does seem like if, if they really meant it to mean what it, what it actually means, then it's just a weird, it's a weird coincidence that he would be 25 years older, the same, like he's the, you know what I mean? Like Richard is exactly half his age. Yeah. I just thought it was, I thought they were, I thought it was a point almost of saying that like, well, like comparing Cooper and Richard, you know, um, like 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 Richard's the same age that Cooper was. That's how right. I, that's how I come off to me, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Right. But yeah, twenty five would have been mean. a bit young. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think he wasn't supposed to be that young. He had had significant experience, I think, in the FBI before he showed up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna say that they intended it to mean that Richard's twenty five. 
and it just that's just not how the words work sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> or it's but, just but, a continuity but, but error if they, do they meant mean what that, they said then it does mean that cooper's too young yeah still yeah well, that's yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, or or they just mean yeah. It's the same thing. They mean that yeah. Anyway, whatever they mean, it doesn't help. It doesn't yeah. work with the Cooper age. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's either a retcon, like a weird retcon, or or a mistake. Mm-hmm. I would say. Like Cooper was twenty-five. Let's just say that now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm 25 years your senior. I guess we'll have to wait for the final dossier to get uh, to get that oh, answer. Oh. <laughs> I really can't wait for that. Oh, <laughs> uh, geez. Um, all right. So, yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking we'll see Ray again. I mean, uh, uh, Richard again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he it, might really be dead, but... But I do think we will see him again. Yeah, it's... He still has a weird plot line. I guess clearly oh, yeah. nothing's going to happen with Red. Like, Nope. Red just did the world's greatest magic trick for no reason. That was it. I don't even see that plot line coming back. I mean, I know we're still on a cliffhanger with him being with Shelly. But like at this point, yeah. I feel like they don't even need to deal with any of that. And they could just wrap up the show. Yeah. It'll just be weird. I, I think we'll get a scene about it, but I agree that it's not necessary at this point. It seems like they have plenty to do to fill mm-hmm. the time. But I, I expect it to tie in. I, I But I it clearly it won't be a lot. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, de- definitely I, I think um, the, the red thing was like extremely uh, tantalizing, but uh, they it was clearly a lot less than than we thought at the time mm-hmm. well unless he's just got some big part to play in the end game in Twin yeah Peaks. which i guess is possible but yeah it's just, eh. i just i guess i have to hold out hope that that he does because maybe he knows mr c maybe. i mean maybe this is gonna turn into like stephen king's it you know where like all of the like random like people in the town have to band together to mm-hmm. defeat the demon you know yeah, so it'll be yeah. like cooper and the fbi and you'll get you'll get um what's his name the british guy with the uh, uh, freddy you know yeah. the british guy with the with his power glove right and you'll get red with his magic abilities and they'll all go up against experiment or something like you know like i don't know why there's so many people involved in this you know this right. whole thing at this point unless they're all gonna converge i was thinking know? red might end up on the other side Maybe maybe you know maybe he's on the sides. back and and maybe Sarah Palmer too. Yeah, I mean I listen like yeah, I mean whatever Sarah. I think that's the thing they're probably going to go up against. Um, yeah, but I'm just thinking with Red's magic, he's going to need to help the good guys. Like the bad guys, uh, whatever Sarah is, is is big enough. I think alone, you know, whatever's under the moon, I don't think needs any allies. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Red seems bad. I would, yeah. I mean, I guess that's that's why, basically, just because he he came off as extremely threatening. He's a drug dealer, et cetera, et cetera. It's, I mean, the same reason why Richard, you know, seemed like he had to be a bad guy, mm-hmm. um, and he ended up being tied in with Mister C. So just just going by that pattern, 
<laughs> yeah, but if you you know throw in you know that he's with Shelley, he does have a good side. Well, you know, and you maybe know, maybe it's maybe it's that trope where like he's a bad guy until the real bad guy shows up, and then he's like, oh no, we got to kill this thing. Yeah, you know, because be he doesn't have any real beef with anybody. But Shelley was, you know, I mean, she was with Leo. I mean, maybe there is that idea that she's drawn to these these bad boys. I mean, maybe oh, she's sure, not sure, bad sure. to I don't think Shelley, he's like I don't think he's a but... good guy, but I'm just saying, like, when the end game comes, he mm-hmm. could be on the good guy's side. Yeah, you know, it's because possible. he's not. Like, he doesn't want to say, see the end of humanity, you know? Yeah. He might not want the destruction of the world or Maybe whatever, not. you know? How am I going to get rid of all these drugs? I know, exactly. <laughs> He's got real world problems. <laughs> drugs, yeah. drugs, drugs. <laughs> I, I was sure there would be a follow-up, and yeah, I'm... Pretty much a hundred. I mean, maybe somehow if he is involved in the end game, they will find a way to sneak in some kind of confrontation. Richard will be like, I told you not to call me the kid or whatever. And, you know, then he'll he'll do something crazy, um, you know, now that he's gone to the crazy world. But it just can't be like it can't be that much. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought it would be a bigger deal. Uh, that he would be like, hey, I told you to do this. Like, what happened, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. it's. I mean, it's... maybe maybe Red's whole... I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe they'll, they'll give us another scene with Red, but, but maybe the whole point of that magic scene was just to give Richard a reason to, like, be speeding through town to, mm-hmm. like kill the kid and then like start his whole journey to like leave town to to wind up where mr c is right you know to finally meet his doom like maybe that's the whole point of that scene it was about oh yeah richard's really gonna have to hook up red with drugs you know or or find a way to get to, to the town it was just more like yeah richard needs to be really scared so he can go off and and be speeding through town right like, yeah maybe it's just about that yeah and it had to be something really crazy to rattle him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, at the very least, that's what it did. Yeah. So it just, but it, you know, on a show like this, you throw something out there like that and you just don't think that it's, you know, a mere contrivance. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey. Until it's been 20 parts and they haven't come back to it. And then you wonder... <laughs> Could it have been a mere contrivance? <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. It's true. Um, I also want to say, so far, we have not had any owls, except that one time. Yeah, yeah. We Off heard, screen, it, heard an owl. Yeah. So uh, I'm still... Listen, in the next two parts, <laughs> I want to see some owls. I want to see Annie. I want to see Heather Graham show up. Uh, and I need I need Special Agent Dale Cooper to drink some coffee and eat some pie at Norma's. <laughs> well, that's I think that one's definitely going to happen. That before the end of this show, I swear. Yeah, there there's no way they don't they don't get to that. Uh, I don't necessarily want to talk about it now, but I just before I forget, I, I wanted to talk about the idea of Briggs being a tulpa. Oh God! Because we saw not Briggs, you know, Ed Two Briggs, Ed Two Briggs, yeah. Uh, because we saw um, Diane's head pop off when she dissembled, uh, from, yeah. Uh, and so we saw his head came off. 
yeah. uh, when he got the coordinates. So it made me think maybe he was also manufactured. And, the you know, I guess we talked about that before, perhaps, that the real Briggs died in the fire and this guy was manufactured oh, or something. Yeah, that possibility's there. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Could it be that... Ooh. Could it be that... Ooh. Yeah, whatever you're thinking, that's what it is. Ooh. Maybe it, maybe that helps with the coordinate plot somewhat. Um, oh, good. Uh, if... If... Uh, it's just, but it's just like, it's just too much, but maybe it's true. Uh, just if, if, uh, if Mr. C created Briggs, um, also, and, uh, but then I guess he didn't go into the real world. I I guess he stayed in like this, you know, this crazy sort Mm -hmm. of zone, convenience store, Black Lodge, Purple Place universe, um, and, uh, you know, maybe he, he sort of assigned him the task of getting the coordinates. Um, and, uh, and so he, you know, that's why he um, contacted Hastings and Ruth. And um, that's why they ended up, you know, um, that's why the woodsman ended up showing up there. Oh, man. So basically you're saying that, like, Mr. C might have been the person... Who who let? Wasn't it a message or something that they found that they that they could find the major at a certain place? Yes. I forgot what he said about that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They they exactly they they figured out that they could they could. What was contact, it from? Um, the library. I'm I'm not sure. I don't. It was pretty vague. I think. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering if somehow Mr. C could have prompted that and yeah. like left a message for them saying, hey, you'll find the major at these coordinates, and they go to the coordinates, and then the major's like, hey, go get me the coordinates from the military base. Yeah. It's a little yeah. weird. It's what was that? Convoluted. What was that, like part nine or something? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's a little convoluted. But okay, okay, so what else were you saying with that? Um, let's see. Uh... <laughs> All right, I just... Uh... uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, Ruth. Yeah. Here here here's the line. This is really um Ruth was very good at uncovering hidden records and she had indications that if we went to a certain place at a certain time, we would <laughs> we would enter the dimension and make contact with a certain person. She had indications. She had wow. indications. Wow. And, uh, she was really good at uncovering hidden records. So I, I guess that, yeah, that was what my mind interpreted as since she's a librarian that she like got it from the library. <laughs> but wow. um, uh, I, I think that's vague enough to leave it open that, you know, whether it was planted there or whether it was a phone call or some direct kind of intervention, um, you know, someone walking up to her in the library, hey, you should take a look at this. You know, um, that he could have been behind Hello, that. my name is Indications. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some information for you. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so you, are you thinking maybe this scenario works a slightly bit better? So maybe, maybe Mr. C knows that the military, you know, presumably from their work with Project Blue Book, uh, or no, what was it called? Uh, yeah. Um, Project Blue I thought that, thought that was the FBI's thing. No, Blue Rose is FBI's thing. Blue Rose is FBI's thing. Yeah. 
Uh, Blue Rose Task Force. Yeah, you're Blue right. Blue Rose Task Force. Yeah. So Project Blue Book Military. Yeah. Um, uh, so he somehow knows that that they have the coordinates. That he needs a way to get the coordinates. But perhaps like at this point, the major's dead. Or when he met the major before the fire, the major didn't give it to him. Mm-hmm. But he maybe he took some of the major's DNA and then yeah. either started the fire or left, and the major died somehow, whatever. And so Major Briggs proper is off the table because he's dead. Yeah. But then Mr. C goes and manufactures a Major Briggs, Tulpa, yeah. who <sighs> has the task of getting the coordinates from the military but maybe maybe by this point the military thinks he's dead and so he can't just go directly to get them so that's why he has hastings do right I mean, that, it breaks down a bit there but oh yeah yeah i guess that i guess that is a bit weird um <laughs> yeah, yeah they think he's dead but they're waiting to hear from no they they do think he's dead but they have they, yeah. they have been waiting to hear from him right knox and ernie hudson were talking about that like yeah, they, they get calls about him they, from time to time. But... They did indicate that they had uh, seen maybe fingerprints of his at various other locations. Um, That's right. That's what it was. Uh, yeah. Oh man, somebody check those prints. So what's that about? Yeah, check that well, fucking the... spiritual finger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if any crow magnums reversed anything this time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe the idea is that's the that's the Talpa out there doing stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, yeah, maybe that's the idea. That's interesting. And uh, that could, uh, like, I don't know how long of a period we're talking about, Oof. but. Um, I just realize we have a hurdle. Uh, yeah, there's also the aging issue. Yeah, that's the um, hurdle. Which, uh, like, I was going to say it's fine um if you know if he did all this stuff recently you know and and he was created recently you know but, and then you, but then you have to say that you know why hasn't he gone back to the black lodge and dissembled uh oh because well yeah right oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. that's a good point yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe all tulpas don't. And his head's but... floating out there. Yeah. Yeah, his head's floating out there. Yeah, I guess I guess it's the real major. <laughs> I know, it's tough. It's tough. It, it fits in some ways, and in other ways it doesn't, it doesn't fit that well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it almost, it, it did seem like it was helping make sense <laughs> of that storyline, because I don't understand that storyline. Mm-hmm. It's so weird, um, but yeah, maybe we are just supposed to believe that the major was hiding out and didn't age for that time, and then I don't even know why they felt the need to write that in. I mean, just to make it weird, like, I, like why couldn't he just have aged like Cooper did? Like, it's I don't know, it's it's a weird it's a weird detail. Um, is it just to make make it? stand out like for the I think, investigation I, I think it has to do with the exact plot that happened to the major i think i think we're, i think it'll make sense but i think it has to do with like what happened to him like you know in terms of like his step-by-step adventure you know um i think that was like a necessitated it somehow but yeah i i don't think it's just because it sounds interesting i do think like 
it's a product of whatever they have in mind that actually happened. It just right. we don't we can't really piece it together. But the idea that he was hibernating that he was hiding out from people, I mean, that's on the one hand it makes sense. On the other hand, it's weird because if if he's if he's hiding out in the convenience store place, you know, like why who are you hiding from if not from the people who are already there? Right. right. You know, yeah. and, or or can you hide in that place somehow from them? You know, like there's infinite rooms in that. Mm-hmm. location or something and you, you can sort of hide out but then how 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 were they found i mean uh how, how did hastings and, and ruth find them in a place that has infinite rooms or something yeah. you know so i don't know there's a lot of areas where it doesn't really add up um um i, I but i think it is supposed to be a clue about what's happening with the portals at least or something like that that the whole time travel part of his body not being as old as it should be. Yeah. Uh, also, the uh, Dougie, Janie E. Ring. You know, like who who put that there and why? Oh, we still, still we still clear. haven't. Yeah, that was my original. I give up. You know, that was right. My original. I remember. There's no way <laughs> to even theorize about this, and I I stand by that. Like I still think it's it's completely unclear, and um, nothing has really helped piece that together like besides like mr c did it yeah. to lead them to you know yeah but it didn't it didn't really help Nah, it didn't help it didn't didn't do the even thing. though diane did like tell a story which by the way i mean the diane story about being janie e's sister it's kind of called into question now is it true oh, yeah yeah like I, I like now i'm kind of doubting whether it's even true well the problem with it, if it's not true, is it, 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 you know, it takes away one thing that was great was explaining Janie E. Right. You know, because the E would be for Evan. Oh, yeah, that's and right. They're just, they're just calling her nickname, Janie right, E. Right, right. Uh, and maybe there was a class where there was a Janie R. Or, right. You know, there's another Janie, so they had to go by Janie E. Like, that really was nice to have put to bed, that little yeah. thing. Um but, yeah, so maybe it still is true. I mean, some of the stuff she said probably was true, but mm-hmm. it's just I don't know. It's but then no, it's, like, it's fair though. It causes the question for sure. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, why did she even say that? I mean, it didn't. It didn't. It doesn't seem like it really helped um, mm-hmm. anything. Which I guess makes it seem like maybe it maybe that makes it more likely to be true. It's a question. Um, but then like. Uh, yeah, so I guess at this point, like, I definitely think she, um, well, I, I won't go so far as to say, like, she knew everything about Dougie, but, um, you know, I mean, since she has some kind of programming or something, um, it's, I guess it's hard to know how much of what she says is, um, you know, is a product of her own knowledge and how much of it is, is just something that she was kind of made to say. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, especially because at the end, when when Mike tells her she's been manufactured, she says, I know. Mm -hmm. So that presumes that somehow she sort of woke up. Maybe Dougie could have done that, too. He could have sort of realized he was manufactured or something. Yeah. Uh, You know, which calls into question, are we manufactured? You know, I think that's what we're supposed to do with that. You know, it's like, (laughs) really ask ourselves. Um, (laughs) But here's a question. Did, Did Diane ever lie? Did she ever, like, actually lie? 
Um, lie? <laughs> I know I'm putting you on the spot uh, to try to remember every Diane line. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm doing my I'm best. I'm just wondering if there's a way in which, even though she's worked, she's manufactured, she's working for Mr. C, that she's, that everything she said could still be true and she could have sort of, in a way, been... I mean, obviously, she was hiding certain things, right? And she was not saying certain yeah, things. Yeah, a lot of that stuff no. doesn't count as a lie. She was passing out information. She was definitely um, yeah. collaborating. But, um, but yeah, in terms of lying to them, it's not clear. Um, uh, you know, the stuff the stuff she said about Janie and Dougie was, was accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's why that's where that came from. I'm thinking like maybe for the most part. in a in a sense, like everything she said to them was true. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it does. It does seem that way. Because um, yeah, I can't. I can't really. Uh, uh, I can't. Yeah. Uh, nothing comes right. to mind. Starting starting with the big one, which is her confirming that Mr. C is not the real Cooper. Yeah, which that would have been the one to lie about. <laughs> which was definitely true. Yeah, it's it's weird that she didn't lie about that. Um, yeah, yeah, she didn't lie about seeing the woodsman. Um, mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird. Um, I still wonder how much she knew about the woodsman. Mm-hmm. Um, she was slightly, slightly inaccurate about what we saw her see, but yeah. I don't know yeah. if that counts as a lie. <laughs> it's not yeah, really... it's a, it's a little hazy. Yeah, it wasn't quite the whole truth, but it was not clear what she saw. Yeah, yeah, not clear what we saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's true. It's true. Um, yeah. I mean, she she looks at the coordinates. Um, yeah, uh, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like her assignment required her to lie. Uh, really, just uh, kind of maybe hide certain things. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. say certain things. Yeah. Well, you know, we had a big debate going this whole time if, if Diane was bad or not, you know, and, and the whole last question about that was supposed to be, you know, it, you know, what does Mr. C have over her that would make her go along mm-hmm. with it? Is she being outrightly evil? Is she being coerced? And now we know she was manufactured. Yeah. Um, and in some sense, she didn't have any control. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Over what what was happening there. Um, yeah, it's very very. That's strange. the answer. Uh, which yeah, I get. Like I said at the beginning, it's you know something we discarded really early on, and so it just kind of disappeared from the field mm-hmm. as a possibility. Um, <sighs> yeah, and I didn't think, which I should have at the time. I mean, it's a small thing, but I I, I should have realized that Tammy's earlier um, point about Talpa's should have made me yeah. think that someone in her storyline would connect to the Talpa. I not thought, oh, just, Talpa, 
oh, it's Dougie. Oh, we get it or yeah. whatever. Like I didn't think I didn't realize that it really should have been someone in her own storyline that she could say literally like she says here. Oh, look, Tulpa's that a was real. The tulpa, yeah. Like, you know, so I, I took it as a general idea for the whole story instead of specifically about her story. And then yeah. it would be like, oh, well, who's the Tulpa in this situation? It's a good uh, point. Diane. That should have been a clue. And it mm-hmm. wasn't for some reason. Because, yeah, it just seemed like it was relevant to other parts of the plot. And and mm-hmm. also, like, I kind of thought, you know, they even called Las Vegas. I, I thought they were going to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, but now it it looks to me like they're not going to go there. Well, it's it's basically, and it, again, it's a lot of times when there's law enforcement on Lynch stuff, they're really shown to be bumbling idiots. Yeah. And if you look at the Las Vegas FBI, they, they basically spent most of their plot finding the wrong Dougie. Yeah. And then, and then when they find the right Dougie, he's not there anymore because he's Cooper and he's gone. Right. <laughs> and basically, the whole point of them calling Las Vegas was for nothing. They were just behind. Yeah. And the best you got out of that was really a long setup for Cooper to say, "I I'm am the FBI." FBI. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the best you get out of that whole storyline. So it was very strange. And I guess it, in a way, it was this weird sort of they were the fill in for for Gordon's team. You know, to be instead of go, being in Las Vegas, they're like, well, here's we'll kind of have a presence in Las Vegas for our investigation, but like, it just didn't matter at that point. And, right. and that happens a lot on the show. You know, that happens a lot. This idea of, um, you know, we talked before about fate versus determinism and 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 on free will and all that stuff. And but but this idea of like, um, that there's these 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 coincidences and these these sort of uh overlapping plot lines that sometimes do sync up and for a big reason like richard meeting mr c and then it is up saving his life by not but you know by being there basically like that wasn't something that was planned but then you get something like the fbi kind of thing where it's like it's something that where it just it's a plan that doesn't line up or go anywhere yeah and it's like that seems to be a thing that they also tell us happens you know in this reality where um you know you can have all these plans but they just sort of go nowhere right right yeah and there there were teases in there too of, of the you know the uh the fuscos like getting the fingerprints and yeah good point you know, it seemed like, oh, oh, surely mm-hmm. that will uh, alert the FBI and, you know, and um, uh, and then when they ignored it, it was even like, no, no, that's OK. They'll it'll be there'll be an alert or something that, that they mm-hmm. were accessed. That, nope. Ah, didn't matter yeah, yeah we were like oh but the fbi they have the, a tag on those prints so they'll figure yeah. out someone else looking at it yeah it's almost like the idea of here was who's going to save cooper you know who's going to wake cooper up who's going to yeah. rescue cooper and we saw all these people who could try to do it Gordon, his team, the yeah. fbi in las vegas the cops in las vegas like who's going to who realized that dougie is not that you know that that Cooper is in Dougie's body or replaced him. That that Cooper needs to be you know wake woken up. Yeah. And then basically the answer was like no one's going to do it. Yeah. He's going to do it himself. Right. And that those other storylines were just sort of that idea. And 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 that's sort of why they came to nothing was because the point is Cooper's going to save himself. Right. 
Right. It's just crazy. This is weird. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, you want to go to the next scene? Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Where are we? I got to find a better way to <laughs> keep my place in my notes. Okay, so, all right, next scene. We open on a row of houses and find a black van parked outside. Inside, Hutch and Chantal, dressed as painters or some sort of work people, stake out a house while Chantal snacks on Cheetos. Garmin Bozia. <laughs> Hutch asks Chantal if um, uh, uh, sorry, what did I write here? I wrote if her her dubber dismarn um, <laughs> which, is, which I guess was uh, Hutch saying her, did you hear that bird this morning? Um, but I wanted to quote him her dubber dismarn <laughs> Uh, and she says she sure shit did. Uh, Chantal reaches for another bag of snacks out of a small box next to her. Uh, a couple of black sedans pull up, and several men get out. It's the Las Vegas FBI, and they knock on Dougie's door. Uh, we see the red door, so we know it's Dougie's house now. Um, as Chantal and Hutch watch on, uh, Wilson says no one is home, and then gets braided by his boss, Special Agent Randall Headley. Um, he says they should go check out Lucky 7 Insurance where Dougie works and as the FBI leaves Chantal says good riddance alright so you know we, we're getting the first part of what we suspected when we heard that Hutch and Chantal right. were going to go to Dougie we thought speaking of plots that go nowhere <laughs> yeah well speaking of plots that go nowhere you're right actually that's that's two big questions, right? And the, the two, there's two categories of plastic on nowhere, and, they, and, and it, they're each under a question. One is, who's going to save Dougie? Yeah, a bunch of plastic on nowhere because he's going to save himself. And the other is, who's going to kill Dougie? Yeah, <laughs> it's a bunch of plastic on nowhere because yeah. the answer is no one. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and that one was clearer because you just know, like, no one's going to kill Cooper. Exactly. You know, exactly. so it's just, you just feel the whole time, like, there's just no chance it's good. So the question, the only question is, like, why are they going to fail, basically? Then the question becomes, how are they going to fail? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we had surmised that, you know, when we saw Hutch and Chantal kill the warden, you know, they did the same kind of thing. They staked out his house. Yeah. And then they, you know, they were ready to, like, snipe him from a distance. So we were yeah. like, oh, they'll probably do that for, you know, for Dougie. So we see the first part of that, right? Yeah. They're here. They're staking, staking out, the out the house. Staking out the house. You know, and then, Waiting oh, God, to it's going to it's gonna go downhill so fast. Um, uh, and, yeah, there's just, you know, I guess Mr. C is just going to be like, wow, you know, it's hard to find good help these days. I mean, <laughs> how many people have failed to kill this guy? It's, yeah. It's, and again, like, this wasn't his plan. You know what I mean? He didn't plan to have 20 people try to do this. <laughs> you no, know, it was he supposed to be the, the first ones. He thought the first ones were going to get it done. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 definitely... Uh, there's been a lot of contingency plans going on there, clearly. And he's been, like, passing on the problem. You know, basically, like, Duncan Todd ended up having to deal with the problem. Yeah. Um, you know, for for a lot of the time. And yeah, just, you know, now that he's out of the picture, really it's just down to to these two. Like if they can't do it, 
then, you know, no one's going to get Cooper in Las Vegas, clearly. Yeah, it begs the question why he didn't just do it himself. I mean, I know yeah. for story reasons why he didn't, but it seems like if it's such a big deal, and it also seems like how does how much time does Mr. C think he has to get this done, you know, um, yeah. before one of them has to die or whatever? Because it took a while. That's a good question. Yeah, I wonder. Well, you know, I do think the, uh, you know, uh, did you call me five days ago was one of those things where I was like, mm -hmm. oh, actually, <laughs> not that much time has passed. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, some of these storylines are um, maybe shifted around a bit, but, um, you know, the fact that uh, Chantal and Hutch show up, you know, kind of uh, indicates, you know, how the uh, timelines line up and... Um, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so I, so it's, 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 um, uh, I mean, it, you know, if he had to drive there, you know, it would have taken a significant amount of what's happened so far. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I guess he could, you know, maybe fly there or something. Um, and, but I, I agree that like in a practical sense, it does seem like it should be important uh enough but it's it's i don't know i yeah i mean it's you know contrivance obviously or, i mean or does he not even know that cooper is here and he thinks it's still just dougie like now i know he saw dougie go to the black lodge and actually maybe that answers my question because he saw dougie go to the black lodge yet he still thinks there's a version out there for him to kill he so saw he dougie should go to the black lodge yeah, remember when Dougie, I'm sorry, I'm saying Mr. C did, you know, he appeared, Dougie appeared to him outside of his car, remember? Uh, when Miss, so, so when he Cooper did? is, yeah, remember when Cooper is like uh, coming through the machine and, and, and Mr. C is driving, holding his mouth and Dougie's vomiting. Uh, when Dougie goes to the Black Lodge, Mr. C looks out of his car and he, after, I guess he recovers, uh, I guess this is after the crash. And he sees um, Dougie up sort of appear before him sitting in the chair. He does? And so that's how he knows. Yeah, that's how he knows that Dougie is in the Black Holy Lodge. Holy shit. I don't remember that at all. You don't remember that? No. Oh. Wow. I okay. hope I didn't make it up. I So do uh, I. So do I. That's interesting. I, I yeah, I didn't remember that he had any. I, I thought he just assumed all that. <laughs> I didn't realize he actually saw it. Yeah, I gotta find it now to be sure that I know what I'm talking about. But um, that would have been part two, three, three. That's yeah, yeah, gotta be three. Oof. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Oh, Nido. I mean <laughs> Diane. I mean Judy. <laughs> oh man. If you're Diane, I give up. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. I so quit. <laughs> Alright, let me make sure. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's one of those things that... Um, oh, the vomit. Oh, God. Come yeah. on. Yeah, they really pushed it with that. Um, like, I, I assumed that he, he knew the rules. And... And, and that just kind of determined how it would go. And I guess I assumed that he knew what that meant. Like, what was supposed to happen was that Cooper would go out, he would go back in. 
Um, uh, so I assumed he knew that what would happen instead is uh, Cooper would come out and Dougie would go back in. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why he had people there ready, because he knew that Cooper would be there, and maybe he also knows the rule about <laughs> why there's a rule about this. I don't know. Wow. Um, if you go through oh, a loophole, then one of them has to die. Yeah. Yeah, so so Cooper's uh, Mr. C's in the car. He's holding his his vomit in, and he. So this is immediately after. So I forgot about this. When Dougie goes to the Black Lodge, he flies out of the screen in a thunder yeah. thunderous sound effect like Diane does. Yeah, so I yeah. didn't even remember that. Um, so and that's right when Dougie starts seeing the red curtains. Uh, yeah. So then they cut to to uh, you know Jade's like Dougie, what's that? Mm-hmm. Uh, then they go to Mr. C. He's covering his mouth. And yeah, then you see red curtains sort of over Mr. C's car, but then yes. he looks out the front, and yeah, he sees Dougie there. So he does know okay. that Dougie went to the Black Lodge. Okay, okay. Which answers my question, I guess, which is that yeah. he knows that the person in Vegas is is Mr. C- is uh, Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, here's the problem. <laughs> he shouldn't think... That, that it's regular Cooper, right? Because if he think like, why would he expect regular Dale Cooper, uh, awake Dale Cooper, to still be in Vegas this whole time? Yeah, well, maybe he knows that it has some kind of, that it's going to have some kind of brain trauma effect or something. Maybe he, maybe he knows. He knows, he... but Mike doesn't know. <laughs> well, you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh... Uh, he lucked out yeah i don't know that is weird that is weird um yeah how much was he keeping tabs on dougie how much was he even aware of what he was doing because you he know he doesn't like, have anyone watching him for most of the time dougie's being around there yeah I mean, it, it once does he gets seem, out of the yeah for such a meticulous planner it seems very sloppy to um, let your literal nemesis like just walk around and, yeah. and like plan whatever and yeah yeah and he's about to make a clean break from las vegas uh with with no uh i think i think no i don't think uh mr c has a clue that that's happening no and i was wondering if there's some way that they, i don't think they really ever they didn't hint at this in this episode but maybe there's some way mr c knows when cooper's awake or not like he can feel the difference mm-hmm. or something and then maybe that had something to do with uh when he texts diane or something like like you know because and we'll get to it i guess but you know when when he, the text message all you know one one question could be you know like he says kill the fbi and she says how many or whatever and then he's saying all of them so right. maybe he gives her that order once he could tell that that the real Cooper's back. So, like, shit's getting real, so let's move on to the next part of the plan. Right. I mean, like I said, I don't... They didn't give us any hint of that, but I was just wondering maybe if that's a thing somehow he could he can sort of sense um, that. But otherwise, yeah. yeah, I agree. He has no idea. Right. And they could totally character. say that, too. That's... it's If it's doppelganger stuff, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's plausible. Mm-hmm. It's possible that that's that's how he knew Cooper wasn't awake, and that's how he will know that Cooper is awake. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't have a he doesn't have a direct like normal way to know. I guess. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, because you know the I mean Chantal and Hutch, you know they uh, they make it through this scene all right. They make it through a couple of other bits all right, but uh, they're not going to make it out of this one. So oh man, and Mr. C was so in love with Chantal. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I didn't realize, uh, or at least I forgot, was that Hutch and Chantal have the same last name. Uh, mm-hmm. So that means presumably they're married. I think they're married, yeah. Uh, which I didn't catch that before. Like Hutch is for their last name. Hutchins, Hutchins. yeah. So uh, I just thought that's Gary. Yeah, Gary. <laughs> Gary Hutch Hutchins. Um, which is like, why don't people call her Hutch? <laughs> She's a Hutchins. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Hutch. Uh, but yeah, it made me think, um, just about that whole thing where, you know, he was trying to farm his wife out to Mr. C for sex, you know, I was just like, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that, like, you know, why that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, and you know, he, I mean, I don't know, I don't, I don't get, like, I don't get a ton from them, it's, it's really hard to know from, from, but they have had more scenes than some characters, Mm-hmm. Um, in this show, and I mean, he's not like he's not on like the Mitchum brothers level of niceness or anything, but like you know, he didn't do anything that seemed, I don't know, like um, violent or um, controlling, or he didn't really do anything that I guess I would associate with being you know, like some kind of shitty criminal type abusive husband. Wait, who are you talking about? Hutch. Oh yeah. 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 You know, like in, in all of his scenes, he seemed like he seemed kind of laid back and, um, Mm -hmm. very, I don't know, very like personable, (laughs) which is Uh, uh, Mm -hmm. accommodating. Yeah. So that's why he was offering his wife just out of niceness. (laughs) Uh, yeah, is that what it is? Because, like, yeah, I mean, he got her the, the dessert from the place, and, like, you got me the mm-hmm. ketchup packets? Well, that's all they had, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's, like, it just, it all seems like, yeah, maybe that's what it's about. He's just, like, a good host. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of, because uh, it's Tim Roth, it reminds me of Pumpkin and Honey Bunny and Pulp yeah. Fiction and, and, yeah. and the way that he was he was also very, like, Sort of accommodating to to her, yeah, and, uh, and, and sort of um, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, um, under like not emotionally available, but but like uh, understanding of emotions, I guess, or yeah, or uh, or or you know, um, sympathetic, I guess, yeah, to use a word everyone knows, right? Um, <laughs> that's the word I was searching for. That's a good um, one. Yeah, and, yeah. So it reminds me of that kind of thing too. Maybe that's that's the idea for casting Tim Roth. But um, yeah. that same kind of we're 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 a hit couple. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but like you know we've got a good marriage too. We've got a good mm-hmm. relationship. Like we have our problems and you know but you know we'll keep everything going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. I don't know. Sometimes we work for. Um, Evil doppelgangers, and mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> sometimes we don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almond Joy has nuts, and Mounds don't. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah that 
the whole thing with Chantal and, and Mr. C definitely feels like a weird, uh, the, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it goes in line with some of his other plot lines, but, you know, but she was all about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, yes. it's like, uh, I mean, Diane, even, even, even Tulpa Diane didn't seem like she really appreciated what happened to her on any level. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and Audrey's situation seems like it could be, uh, you know, uh, traumatic, even if she doesn't even know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah, it, d- well, it didn't seem like that. What's um, a little strange now that I think about it, I was trying to put this together, and, I, and I'm, this is going too far probably, but... You know, Hutch did ask if Chantal was on the rag or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you said. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, so because, you know, maybe to explain why she's so irritable. But I right. wanted to put that together with how much she's been eating and snacking. Yeah. And wonder if they're trying to tell us she's pregnant. Oh, God. And like maybe, you know, maybe they'll never actually say it on the show. But I wonder if that's the idea there that she's actually pregnant. Uh, are you saying like with Mr. C's like second? Well, no, <laughs> child? I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily not going saying that. that far. But okay, I, you could. I mean, you'd have to go ask who. I, I I didn't really consider who the father would be, but okay. just the idea that like, to, like a little sort of uh, subtextual tragedy here because it's not right. clear that she's pregnant, but just an idea that uh, that some extra tragedy to the situation, right? You know, right. This character, because I was just thinking, like you're saying, like. Um, how they've been portraying this person and like the idea that like of all the women so far in the show, Chantal's made it out pretty aside from her massacre here, you know what I mean? But like her, she's like done pretty well. She's Mm -hmm. pretty self-satisfied with her choices and like what's been happening, even though she's doing bad stuff. So I was just thinking, wow, she's doing pretty well for considering all the women. But then I was like, I was like, you know, yeah, she dies. And I was just thinking about, you know, like, yeah, even Hutch was like, really understanding of her situation and he asked if she was you know menstruating all this stuff and mm-hmm. i was like oh how could this be worse oh it could be worse if she was pregnant right right <laughs> like you know she just didn't find out yet or didn't tell him yeah 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 but the fact that you know throwing mr c in hutchins. there might give <laughs> oh, a little hutch <laughs> might give some uh extra weight to that idea though um if uh, if it was another Mr. C child, yeah, 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 it's like God. Do we need another one of those? Well, you know, Mr. C, Mr. Seed, <laughs> seed, seeds create life. You know, just right. saying, just saying. Right. Right. Um, oh, saying that through association that doesn't really make sense um it reminded me that we we kind of still don't know if bob's in there <laughs> <laughs> oh god i forgot about bob talk about what about bob yeah um and you're fake, right. fake philip jeffries was the one who wants bob but if he's collaborating with the real and maybe they all want bob and you know and it really is just about bringing bob back to the to the thing mm-hmm. to the black, or maybe they want to even trap him or do some extra thing with bob but um maybe they want to throw him a retirement party <laughs> <laughs> and this is all an elaborate ruse <laughs> like mr c's in on it and they're <laughs> trying to get bob back to for his retirement party where everyone's trying to throw him this party but it's like a it's like a surprise party so he's 
that's why all the secrecy and all the plotting. <laughs> they just wanna, they just wanna, um, you know, give them that 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 uh, you know, five hundred years on the job or whatever. <laughs> or fifty, yeah, fifty year. Thanks for your been... service. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they give them a gold watch, a Rolex, a Rolex, please. That's. <laughs> That's the watch you're supposed to and have. And he's like, this is for you. <laughs> oh, God. Go away. I know. Don't show up, Andy. Don't show Why up here. are you involved in this? Um, I'm Dream Andy. Um, speaking of Andy, <laughs> yikes. Speaking of Andy, you know, that, that uh, montage he saw at the fireman's place uh, where he saw, um, we saw Andy show Lucy something in the, in the sheriff station. Yeah. You know, now that Cooper's back for real, you know, we were, oh. that, that's where our, that's what our guess was before, yeah. but you know, maybe that that's Cooper. Seems definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of screwed up because we know what, what clothes, uh, Lucy's wearing. Cause you know, she, she has different, you know, Andy's always in uniform, but right. she's wearing these sweaters and stuff. So as soon as we see that sweater again, we'll know yeah. where we are. Yeah. So that, that might even like tip us off to like, what's going to happen. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he specifically <laughs> said he's going to the sheriff's station. So yeah. And it reminds me of that, that, that famous, uh, David Lynch quote from when he was shooting, um, uh, was it, was it, was it Lost Highway? Where I think it was Lost Highway. Shooting yeah. where he said uh, everything was fine until you walked in with that sweater. <laughs> vest. Uh, it was vest. Oh, vest. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it makes me think of Lucy's sweaters. <laughs> everything was fine. Why? Then you walked in. And you had to come in with that. Um. <laughs> Speaking of David Lynch lines, there's a is a a line from his book um, where he he's, he mentions that uh, he was talking about Eraserhead, and he mentions that the movies are spiritual for him, and and he was talking about how hard it was to make, and that he was like blocked on something, and then he went to go read the Bible, and like for inspiration and stuff, oh, yeah. and he like read a line in the Bible that told him what the movie was about. And then he closed the Bible and he's like, I don't need to read anymore. This is all I, this is, this is why I started this reading was to get to this point. Yeah. And then he, then he's like, I might never tell anyone what that line was. And I was like, that's so good. Oh man, that's so great. Like to know that there's this one like finite iota of information out there that could give you a huge sort of perspective on something like that Mm -hmm. movie. And that he's, it's right there, and he uses, it's specific, uh, but yeah. he, he just might hold on to that forever. But that. the Bible is so long. That... Yeah, the, and, and, and that's what's great is, like, you couldn't just go and read the Bible and find that line. Yeah. Because you, don't, you don't have his brain, and you don't mm-hmm. have his brain at the moment that he read that, so... Yeah. You don't. You, there's no way you can know what line it is. Yeah, you, know? you can uh, start guessing, but it's like, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't help you at all because it could be a completely innocuous line. Right. You know? Yeah, the way his yeah thinking mm-hmm. works. Like, no, that was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul said, "Pass the bread, Jesus." <laughs> Genius. <laughs> Eraser head is my masterpiece now. <laughs> Uh, all right, you want to go to the next scene? Let's do it. 
Okay, in the next scene, we cut to Dougie slash Cooper asleep in bed, uh, in hospital bed with Janie E and Sonny Jim next to him. Bushnell Mullins enters and says he heard uh, slash confirmed that Dougie is in a coma, but his vitals are good. Janie E says people in a coma can stay there for years. <clears throat> um, <laughs> <laughs> Meaningful I, throat clearing. Yeah, and I and I and I I underline there. Um, is in like a place, and I'm like, where where could someone in a coma be? Oh yeah, like coma coma. World. Yeah, the, it's an interesting that she said there, not can be in a coma for years, but be there, like there. You don't think you usually say there when you talk about people in a coma, like you know, people can be in a people people in a coma can stay in it for years or something. I don't know. There mm-hmm. was an interesting choice to me. All right, Bushnell yeah. says that won't happen to Dougie. He's right. Um, Sonny Jim, so right. <laughs> Jim asks if uh, a coma has something to do with electricity. Uh, Janie E says no, but Bushnell says in this case it did. It just literally did. Um, the Mitchum brothers arrive with a giant bouquet of flowers. Bushnell introduces Janie E to them, and she introduces them to Sonny Jim. It's a whole jovial time. That it, it, it felt feels like... Uh, like the end of it's a it's a wonderful life or something <laughs> like it's just everything's just yeah. except for dougie being in a coma like everything's great in this scene um let's see uh janie e tells sunny jim that the mitchum brothers are the people who got him his gym set and the new car the mitchum brother says that every kid should have a gym set uh a sunny said, gym set a what a, a sunny, sunny gym, gym set <laughs> Uh, they say they've seen situations like this before and brought food. Uh, the D girls, Candy, Mandy, and Sandy, enter <laughs> uh, with platters of food. The Mitchum brothers say they aren't going to stay. They just want to be as helpful as possible and pay their respects. Uh, Bradley says Dougie looks good. Janie E says the doctors are hopeful. Rod asks uh, Janie E for a key to their house so they can stock it. Uh, Bradley leads in to look at Dougie and, and asks, so, it was like, what, electricity? Um, it's like they couldn't hammer home electricity more. <laughs> you know, you just, the, the electricity is a thing. It's just yeah. it's such a thing. Yeah, huge thing. Um, all right, you want to uh, stop here and uh, talk about anything? Uh, Pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pretty much just, I mean, the main thing is, you know, establishing uh, what's what happened to Dougie after he, um, it's starting to feel a little weird calling him Dougie because... Um, I agree. This, this is the last time you can call him Dougie. Yeah, yeah. I guess now that, I mean, especially in light of what comes later when you realize that uh, Cooper was, was seemingly uh, aware of everything that happened mm-hmm. uh, while he was Dougie, like, and he just couldn't, I guess, like, control or, or communicate, um... Like, he had a very limited ability. Um, you know, maybe that's what some of those reactions were. But um, uh, anyway, uh, you know, we you know we sort of wondered um, if if Cooper would be back after after sticking the the fork in the um, electrical socket. And uh, you know, the I mean, the answer is basically yes. But uh, this this is sort of a delay tactic that when you first watch it, 
You know, you're kind of wondering how long this coma thing is going to go on. You know, so I was, um, you know, I was yeah. nervous about, like, the possibility that, um, you know, he could he be in a coma for, until the finale? Could he could he be in a coma until the end of this uh, episode, or the end of this part? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was sort of worried about that uh, since they had now set up that thing. And now there's this whole thing, it's like... Oh, we'll bring you food, and we'll stock your house, and let's add extra things to 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 spend time mm-hmm. on. You know, mm-hmm. like like, uh, does this have to? How long do we have to drag this on? And it really, like, the stocking. I mean, it's just kind of. It's like the answer is not much longer. <laughs> not at all. So yeah. little more we actually, time. Like, yeah, we only get like one Dougie in a coma scene before Cooper comes back. So yeah. They really did get to it quickly in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Know, relatively quickly. It's pretty it's pretty fast. But yeah, otherwise, like, besides that that reveal, this is definitely mostly just, you know, functional, bringing, bringing the characters together mm-hmm. um, who, you know, were involved in the, in the Dougie storyline on the, uh, on the positive side, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I just again I love the Mitchum brothers so much you know the this whole thing I, I was just trying to think again like why why did they come off so nice to me uh, and it, you know besides being selfless I think the other the other thing that plays against their type is um, is it all seems very genuine they don't seem like sycophants you know they don't seem like they're putting on too much of a show uh, where you're like, okay, dial it down a bit. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, it just comes off as genuine and it comes off as like they really do want to help and there's no ulterior motive and and they don't want anything, you know, uh, from these people. And I think that yeah, that contributes to it too. Um, that it's played as sincere and not like they're being like great slimy or or, yeah. or sycophantic or something. Right. Uh, but so, okay, so if, okay, so this is a weird thought. If, if Cooper, okay, so let's look at it this way, because I'm trying to figure out why, why was Cooper ever Dougie? Why was he ever in this sort of low-powered state or something? Mm -hmm. And of course, electricity, electricity, electricity. Um, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking there's different states of consciousness, right? So we see there's, there's being in a coma, right? Yeah, obviously. Then there's this middle period, uh, middle ground where where Cooper was Dougie, where he was conscious, but he didn't have his full faculties. And then there's like regular Cooper. Yeah. And then it got me thinking about how the socket when he when he put the fork into the electrical socket in the last part, that took him from, uh, you know, it sort of put him into the coma, but on his way to, to sort of waking up, going to the yeah. next higher powered state. And so that was kind of, you know, we talked about it before, you know, the old bonk on the head, the old TV mm-hmm. trope, you know, story trope of changing your behavior by getting hit on the head, you know, it changing your consciousness. And it made me think, well, if that if that bonk on the head, if that was a bonk on the head, then what was the original bonk on the head? What made Cooper turn into Dougie? And the thing that we could attribute that to is when he came through the socket originally into Ducky's house. And so maybe that being fried by that electricity was what turned him into Dougie in the first place. Yeah. And that that was the original bonk on the head. Like it was it was both a way to get him to Earth, which is what we assumed it was, you know, like that's the main thing we thought it was. 
But what if it was also the bonk on the head? It was like two things, you know, at the same time. Yeah. And like that was the reason he's been like this the whole time because his brain got fried. Right. And so that was going to be the only thing that could fix it the whole time. And we just didn't think that or explicitly know that that's, that was his bonk on the head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though, like, it makes sense because, I mean, Cooper, uh, in, you know, in that room, before he comes through, um, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, it's tough. It's a tough room with uh, Nido and American <laughs> Girl. Room. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but he was certainly much more with it than he ever was with Dougie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, from there to like, as soon as he wakes up, there's no moment when he's Dougie where he's normal, you know? Yeah. And that's the problem because they told us that, oh, Dougie does this sometimes. So that's why we didn't really know that if this was normal, if this was Cooper, if this was because of Dougie, like, how do you really place this? You know, how do you yeah. really answer why Cooper is like this now? Yeah. And I think like. I don't, you know, I think I, yeah, you know, like I'm saying here, like it's sort of a crackpot theory, but just the idea that like, well, he's like that because he got shocked the first time. Yeah. There. Yeah. And I feel like this uh, also tells us that um, maybe I said this already on the last one, but whatever, I'll just throw it again that um, when um, uh, when they were in the police station uh you know uh when the the uh he sees the american flag and then the woman walks by with the red shoes and then then mm-hmm. he gets drawn in by the that it was really about the electrical socket that, yep. that was really the the most significant thing in that moment that he mm-hmm. was like feeling some kind of i don't know he was drawn to the electrical socket in some vague way that he didn't really he wasn't able to act on until um i guess until he saw sunset boulevard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which i never would have predicted yeah it's a, that's that would a weird be, trigger that would be a catalyst yeah i mean the gordon cole thing you know i i get that but um but yeah uh i think i i think you're right i think that's gotta be what it was um and uh yeah it's just it's just uh very uh traumatic i guess to um to 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 have that that much electricity when you're when you're going through that that portal and uh and so yeah the brain didn't work for a while (laughs) it's just yeah you know um well it's interesting you know the the doctors you know when janie took the doctor they said he was fine and everyone's like okay nothing more to worry about yeah. But I guess they didn't. They didn't give him an, an uh, excuse me an, an MRI. No, clearly so he didn't see, go like, that far. Parts of his brain probably aren't lighting up. Right. But that's actually an interesting question. I I don't really think I I I parsed in my head is that is is you know Cooper does seem to have the memories that he garnered as Dougie. Yeah. But does that mean he was sort of aware of everything and sort of trapped behind the dull Dougie exterior the whole time or? Or does that just mean that now that he's Cooper, he has all the the memories, and they just like all have integrated? Or was he actually really experiencing them in real time? Right, right. I guess like I was thinking about that moment when he looks at Sunny Jim and he like starts crying. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That um, that it's know, Cooper really there? Yeah, yeah. That he, that he was aware, and you know some of those reactions he has to certain terms and stuff like that. That like. He, yeah, he was aware, but he couldn't. He couldn't actually act out. He couldn't actually, um, 
you know, affect the world. He was just sort of, like, watching it, for the most part, with, like, a very, very minimal ability to um, react to things, mm-hmm. you know, with his body, I guess. Um, so, yeah, because I feel like that moment kind of makes more sense after he's like, you made my heart so full, you know, like, he has yeah. that line. It's like, oh, okay, I guess that's what was going on in that scene. Mm-hmm. I really didn't understand it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what What we were supposed to think about that. Um, but another thing I will say that, like, you know, maybe belongs later, but I'm thinking of it now is that, you know, Cooper comes back and, you know, a couple people make these comments like, oh, he's really, uh, he's really talking a lot, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, Uh, but they're like, again, they are not just as they were not worried enough about Dougie, they are not Mm -hmm. impressed enough with how much progress. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the difference between Dougie and Cooper, which is like, so extreme, mm-hmm. uh, like they're just like, ah, this is little, he's just, he's really kind of taking charge here. You know, is it really, uh, mm-hmm. it's like, ah, I think you're, I think you're, um, under, underselling this. Uh, it's, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's like, this is not the same person. <laughs> Well, I think to your point, Janie E figures that out. I think she I think, did get there eventually. Yeah, I think I think Luckily. the idea that, and I thought the same thing too. I thought like the idea that someone you know could be someone else is just so not ever something you think about. That even when someone displays behavior that shows that, you're not going to be thinking, "Oh, this is a different person." And I think that's just what they're victim to, that idea. And I think, like, it was only after he, uh, only after Cooper sort of intimated that there was yeah. a distinction between him and, and Dougie that she went down that path. So I think yeah. I think that's kind of why they're not, like, understanding the drastic change. Because people can have radically different behavior and be the same person, you know. So I think it's still within the realm of possibility he's the same person. And, you know, that whole backstory that oh, this happens to Dougie or whatever. Well, yeah, I I agree. I mean, they can they don't have to believe he's a different person because I agree that's a, that's an extreme. But just that, like, it's it's so dramatic, the difference. I still feel like their reactions are understated compared to what's happening. Like, they don't have mm-hmm. to, like, actually understand the conclusion, but just like, wow, Dougie is completely different all of a sudden. Like, he's, he's, you know, like, he's changed, like, it, you know, overnight, uh, you know, how, how he's behaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just, I, they're not, they don't seem, they don't seem impressed enough, <laughs> you know? I feel like they're, I feel like every character, except for maybe Bush now, probably the minimal degree, but I think all the other big characters around Dougie did did get that sense, though. They all did make it clear that, like, they understand the distinction and that it's, like, a good thing. I think maybe they're not sort of bowed over or whatever, blown over, like, that you might want to expect them to. But but in the realm of, like, you know, how the show is is written, like, I feel like they got there to, to that degree of, like, understanding that this was a remarkable change and like i i think i would have expected even worse i would expect you know c- kind of like you know how most of the time in the beginning no one was commenting how weird dougie was being yeah or at least to the degree they should have i feel like i would have actually expected them to not even comment <laughs> you know dougie mm-hmm. was, was so different like i'll just go oh classic dougie he's like no it's not classic dougie he's completely <laughs> different would he be classic dougie <laughs> 
So I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm disagreeing with you in a very small way. Because uh, uh, I feel like I feel like the show did try to like make it clear that they understood that, but I will agree with you that it could have been a bigger reaction, and that like I think I think again like it's only been five days for them or whatever, <laughs> yeah, and it's been sixteen weeks for us. True with Dougie, so I think maybe that's part of it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I I mean I do agree that it fits into the broader pattern of like you know just the the way the way that story's been portrayed like no one mm-hmm. no one reacts enough to anything so yeah yeah exactly it, it's yeah it it just kind of fits in with that mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't know it's it's it still strikes me as very strange how the, the way the way that story was written yeah again it's it's just unclear how how they view this character really and and because all these people except for the Mitchum brothers you know like Bushnell and the and, and Sonny Jim and Janie E have some prior reference of Dougie's behavior right and they're comparing it to that and we have a very small window of original Dougie's behavior yeah and that's you know when he was with Jade and he was sort of normally talkative but he wasn't yeah. Dale Cooper right you know um so yeah it's it's tough to go like like how close to original Dougie, it's Cooper being now, you know. Um, I think that's the question you'd have to answer to be like, are they really, you know, responding enough to this? Because if he's just like old Dougie or close enough to old Dougie, you know, then they're just like, oh, he's out of the, the, the weird thing he goes into sometimes, which still needs to be explained. Like why sometimes he's just different. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, didn't we have a correct path theory? Probably me that like, he was getting he was getting inhabited or something, um, like those period. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, that sounds sort of familiar. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Um. All right. You want to continue on here? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Um. Oh, that's another thing I was going to say about this scene when they, when they were talking about electricity and comas. I was going to say, you know, tie it to Audrey and say, like, did if 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 Mister C raped her like while she was in a coma, like maybe maybe some somehow, you know, electricity gets you know put that in the mix somehow, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then that caused her mind to like stay trapped somewhere, you know. So basically, like yeah. Mister C plus electricity with audrey equals her mind going somewhere you know i'm going back to janie e saying people in a coma can be there you know so this Mm -hmm. idea that like her mind is somewhere else right yeah yeah her sort of uh mind palace or something like that Mm -hmm. uh all right so uh what's the next scene it's this scene so the next scene is Gordon uh, back at the FBI's hotel room or wherever they, they've been in the last few parts. Um, Gordon stands in a room full of machines. He's either thinking or listening or both. It's unclear what he's doing besides standing and being very well framed in this awesome <laughs> composition. I, I really enjoyed this shot. It was very nice. Um, I love the chair sitting right behind him, but he's not in. he's not sitting in the chair. He's standing in front of the chair, yet there's this, like, 
sort of dramatic pull to the chair. And this is going to be the chair where, like, Diane flies away from later. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything uh, with this? Anything you want to say about this Gordon standing? Um, um I, I think... I think it was later, but uh, I did get the sense at a certain point that, like, he was sensing Cooper's, like, machinery, hospital machinery, like, beeping or something. Uh, I feel like the shots, like, kind of implied that that was happening, which is is weird. I don't don't know what to make of that. But also... um, you know, he has this moment where, so when Diane comes up, she's, like, standing outside, and, you know, she doesn't, like, knock or anything, and he's just like, mm-hmm. come in, Diane! Like, he knows she's there. Um, yep. So, there's something weird going on with Gordon. Uh, I don't know what, but that's, I, I guess that's, uh, that's what it brings to mind, because they, they introduced this shot, and, like, I wasn't really sure where they were going with this, but there's, there's some weird Gordon moments in this, uh, mm-hmm. in this one. So, and you know, I'll throw in the Sarah Palmer or the Laura Palmer vision also. Yeah. Um, which is still, he has yet to explain or talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I feel like that's gotta be, uh, that's gotta be a thing at some point. Um, that's interesting. So you, you, so you, what you think you heard like hospital beeps in this scene or something or in the later I, scene? I think it's later. I think it's later where they cut it in a way like between the machinery, um, uh, in the hospital and the, and the machinery in the hotel room. And it, it seemed to me like they were implying that it was like he was, he was picking it up somehow or he was, he was perceiving mm-hmm. He was perceiving Cooper's um, hospital, uh, like, heart monitor and stuff like that. That's interesting. Uh, I think it would have to be this scene here, because the next time we get to the hospital, Cooper wakes up. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was around that time. Is there not another shot? Of... I don't think there's another shot of Gordon, unless okay. I miss, unless I missed it. I don't. Okay. I think it's just this one. Okay, maybe it was this one then. Uh, but that's it. But in this, this takes place after the hospital scene, so it would kind of connect. Um, but he couldn't know what that means. Right? Oh, I agree. I agree. I I don't think he necessarily. But still, the idea that he's picking that up in some way. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. It seems like it could be um, like just some sort of harbinger of uh, Cooper coming back. Like yeah. he's sensing something. Yeah, I mean, that's a good enough, you know, good theories I've heard about why this shot is here and, like, what's happening. Clearly, like, it's something with the machinery and, and the noises that's being made. Uh, so, yeah, I could I could, I could could buy that kind of a thing. I thought you were suggesting Mr. C or something and that somehow, like, he was seeing evidence of Mr. C and his equipment. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, yikes. Yeah, because Mr. C's all up in that technology. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. I wasn't thinking that at all. Um, all right. So next scene. Sure. So we're back at the hospital. So yeah, this is this is the scene you mean here because we're back at the hospital here. Um, Janie E, um, Sunny Jim, and Bushnell watch Dougie. Um, Sunny Jim says he's got to go to pee, and Janie E takes him. Bushnell watches Dougie. Uh, he's very concerned. Phil calls Bushnell on his phone and tells him the FBI were at their office looking for Dougie. 
He says he told the FBI Dougie was at the hospital and that they left 10 minutes ago. Bush now walks over to Dougie, leans over him, uh, looking for something, perhaps, I'm not sure. And then he shakes his head incredulously. Uh, all right, anything here? Uh, not really. I mean, this is mostly functional, just establishing the, the FBI and stuff like that. Even mm-hmm. though that doesn't really matter. <laughs> but just to clarify where all that stands, in case you're expecting the FBI to walk in. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, the FBI's coming in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what's gonna happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. So next scene, we're back outside of Dougie's house. Uh, let's see. Chantal and Hutch are still staking out the place. A bit further down the street, a black SUV with two men inside pull up. Uh, in the van, Hutch says it's gonna be a long day. He asks Chantal if she remembers Sammy, uh, says that he passed away and that he was a good guy and that he owed him money. Chantal asks if he feels bad about that. He says, eh. <laughs> uh, a white limo and a black van pulls up uh, to Dougie's house. It's the Mitchum brothers at all. Uh, Hutch asks if any of the guys are Dougie. Chantal condescendingly asks if any of them look like their boss. No, stupid, none of them is Dougie, she tells him, uh, to be clear. And Hutch tells her to settle down, and she complains that she's eating the last bag of chips. He asks if she's on the rag, and she yells, What if I was? <laughs> uh, that only, in a way that only Jennifer Jason Lee could do. Um, Chantal says the commotion outside of Dougie's place is like a fucking circus parade. She's right. <laughs> One of the men in the SUV mentions that he doesn't see Douglas Jones there either. Uh, the van with the Mitchum, from the Mitchum brothers drives off. A white Mercedes with Z- Zawaski accounting on the door uh, pulls up in oh, front boy. of Hutch and Chantal's van. Um, a man gets out, a man credited as Polish accountant. Um, he gets out and tells <laughs> what them. What else? Yeah, Zawaski accounting. Uh, he's Polish accountant. Don't get in their driveways. Holy shit, no. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Uh, a man gets out uh, and he uh, tells them they're in his driveway. They say they aren't even close to his driveway. Go fuck yourself, Chantal yells. Uh, the man says, I move car. And then he gets in his car and starts ramming their van. The two agents in the SUV down the street watch. Uh, Chantal grabs her gun and shoots at the man. Hutch asks, what the fuck? The man gets out of his car and grabs a gun and shoots back, winging Chantal. Hutch returns fire. Chantal backs the van up, rams the guy's car, knocking the guy down, and then she speeds off. The man uh, returns fire from his automatic gun, spraying bullets into the van as it drives <laughs> off, killing Chantal. Uh, the, while, <laughs> meanwhile, the Midgen brothers peek out of the red door, uh, Dougie's door, and uh, the man reloads his gun and fires more, this time killing Hutch. The Midgems get their guns out uh, as they get a better view of the carnage. The van uh, sort of peters on past the two men in the SUV. Bradley uh, asks, what the fuck kind of neighborhood is this? Uh, and then uh, Rod says, uh, you know, some people are under a lot of stress. Hashtag social commentary. Uh, the van comes to a halt. Uh, the man with the gun, uh, Z- Mr. Zawaski, I guess, um, walks away as the two men in the SUV come out with guns and identify themselves as FBI. 
They tell him to put the gun down. He does. Rod tells Bradley to put his gun away and to get the girls so they can get out of there. The FBI calls for backup to Lancelot Court, and they train their guns on the man with his hands in the air. <laughs> there you go. A little action sequence here. Uh, yeah. So, um, okay. Uh, yeah, I have a couple things about this. Uh, so the first thing is uh, that that first part does clarify that they understood that um, the mm-hmm. Dougie they were looking for looks like Mr. C. Um, cause I was kind of wondering if he, it, cause like, we don't see him actually say that. So yeah, it's a weird conversation to have. Yeah. I need you to kill a guy who looks just like me. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, you look just like you. <laughs> Should I kill you? <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. And I remember reading a theory that like, that's how, that's how he would uh, get out of it. You know, they would go up to him and he would just like repeat things they were saying. And then they would interpret that to mean that. That he was Mr. C, and so they so they shouldn't kill him. Chantel's like, I'm going to kill you. And Dougie's like, kill you. And he's like, oh, what, boss? You're going to kill me? No, boss, it's fine. I Yeah. You don't want me to kill you? Don't kill you. Uh, I can totally see that. Yeah, happening. yeah, exactly, exactly. You look just like our boss. Boss. So, so uh, are you are you undercover? Undercover. Like, <laughs> you want us to go away? Go away. Go away. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. It's like yep. it writes itself. You know. It's it's mm-hmm. it's uh uh. So um anyway uh I I you know we I mean we talked about like the, you know the only question was like how. How are they not going to kill Dougie? I mean, they don't even get close, you know. I mean, they're they're outside his house, but like he he never actually comes home while they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what's gonna they don't they don't figure out that he's at the hospital. Mm-mm. Um, and really, like the thing that stops them is like a complete like non sequitur. Like it has nothing to do with anything, seemingly. <sighs> yeah. It's just this random guy. They just happen to like park in his driveway or uh, like block his driveway, and mm-hmm. it just so happened this is the wrong guy to fuck with. Yeah. Like, oh my Don't god. Don't fuck with Polish accountants. Oh my god. I I was like, is this guy like? Did somebody send him? Like, I I started to wonder who this guy was because it's like, I mean, the links he goes to and the the weaponry he he's he's just ready to go, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that he's willing to like spray bullets uh, into this van. I mean, she you know Chantal did shoot the first time, but instead of just hiding like you know I would expect mm-hmm. an accountant to do, I mean he's ready with that trunk. Um, uh, and so, yeah, anyway, like, the fact that he's the one, like, somebody who seemingly, he just happens to live on Dougie's block, I guess, mm-hmm. um, who, who takes him out, it's like, it's so, I don't know, it just seems so random, it seems so arbitrary. This is what I was talking before about a big point the show makes about, about how these sort of stories come together, how there's this whole idea of fate and free will and all these sort of things, like, the butterfly effect and all that kind of stuff, like, this is another version of that where there's this sort of plan that goes awry for, you know, almost faded reasons because it's such a random occurrence for this to happen. Like they just park it. First of all, they're on the wrong side of the street. Like, you right. know, uh, the, the, the FBI who's down the street, they're on the same side of the street, but their car is parked the wrong way. You know, like right. they're sort of going against traffic on that side. 
So they already sort of look a little conspicuous to my eye because I actually got a ticket one time parking like that in my neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, you're not supposed to park like that. Right. Um, right. But um, so that kind of caught my eye. But um, but just that idea that like they're they're sort of in the wrong place to begin with. Um, and and that they're sort of just a little bit blocking his driveway, if at all. You know, it's not like they're complete. There's not like they're not, you know, in his driveway. They're not completely blocking it. It's just yeah. enough for him to have a problem with it. They yeah. get they just so happen to get the guy who's coming home to the middle of the day. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then they just so happen to get a guy who like won't stand for it. Yeah. And so it's like all these different levels of things that happen that completely derail this plot line. And it. Um, it's it's kind of like a Pulp Fiction thing, I guess. You yeah. know, the sort of point Pulp Fiction makes a lot Definitely. about how random occurrences have these sort of big effects. You know. Yeah. Um, and and it this it definitely it you know it doesn't help that uh, Tim Roth is in the scene. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it it definitely had that feeling to me, and this scene also reminded me of uh, Lost Highway. You know, it reminded me of the Mister Mr. Eddie scene. Yeah. When when he's uh, uh, railing against uh, tailgate drivers. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, just this idea of, of of sort of using your car as a weapon and sort of like uh, um, also also this idea of like um, um, uh, crossing some sort of like line of decorum. You know, with with how we should all interact with each other. You know, so Mister Eddie was like, you know, we're all driving the roads. We shouldn't like tailgate. Yeah. And this guy is like, you shouldn't block people's driveway. You know, this like, yeah. You know, sort of like this this absurd violence coming from a very like mild mannered, principled stance. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're right. That is that is extremely similar, and there is something very Tarantino about that. Mm-hmm. That I thought the last highway scene had a Tarantino vibe, you know he does that yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, I guess you know I will throw in the uh, the Mark Pellegrino like hitman scene from Mulholland Drive as well mm-hmm. yep. as being sort of along these lines, like um, mm-hmm. you know these these kind of random accidents like you know yeah and like one he he's gonna yeah in that scene in in Mulholland Drive like he just has to, he has one little thing to do which is it's still this little bug and it leads yeah. to the death of like three people or whatever yeah you know two or three people so it's like yeah it just like spirals out of control yeah yeah I had a point to make about places you were mentioning Hutch and Chantal um and i was gonna make a point about people being in the wrong place like like that oh that's what it was I'm trying to jog my memory sorry talking out loud uh like uh this idea that like all of the people who were trying to kill dougie or slash cooper like almost always didn't know where he was <laughs> right like you know so i guess if we track this like the first hitman who who uh you know, who go to his house. Lorraine's people, yeah. Yeah, Lorraine's people. Like, one group, like, doesn't see him in Jade's car, so they don't right. know to shoot him then. Right. And the other group are like, well, he should be in the house, although, you know, his car's here, yeah. but he's not actually at the house. So it's like those group of people don't know where he is. Um, then you get, um, uh, you know... Ike did track him down when Ike tried yeah, to kill him. At work, yeah. Uh, yeah, but then you get Chantal and, and Hutch here who don't know Dougie's at the hospital. Right. You know, and it's just an interesting thing about uh, places, like being in the wrong place or sort of not knowing 
you know, not knowing um, where someone is, I think is something thematic with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, with with all these random, you know, with whatever Audrey is and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of being out of place or, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I well, I guess Anthony knew where he was for obvious reasons, um, just at work. And uh, Duck and Todd, you know, never really got a chance. I mean, you know, he. Uh, I, I, I. Well, I, I guess I shouldn't say that. I guess after, <laughs> after a couple of his chances failed, he he kind of lost the opportunity to try to. Uh, do something himself, but uh, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm gonna throw it out there about Duncan Todd. Just like, have, did we talk about this already? Like, why why is Duncan Todd working for Mister C? You know, <laughs> I hope you never have someone like this in your life, Roger. Why do you have someone like that in your life? I mean, mm-hmm. what you don't have a choice. I mean, what's he gonna do if you don't? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? What's the I, yeah, I you're just the one who the... Knows, yeah, Roger's the one who knows, Duncan Todd is the one who knows all the hitmen, so what's he gonna do? Like, yeah. have you order a hitman on yourself? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, I, I mean, maybe he just threatened him like he did uh, Warden Murphy. I mean, maybe maybe that's all it comes I mean, down that's, to. I don't even bring up Warden Murphy, how dare you? I mean, like, that's, that's still a whole... Li- we don't even know what that piece of flesh was in the trunk. Oh, like yeah. so, you know. Don't forget about that. And then, like the whole yeah. thing with the dog legs. There's more legs where that dog, <laughs> where that came from. And the whole thing with Mister Strawberry. I mean, yeah. these were huge mysteries. That like we are so far past that stuff. And the whole idea that Mister yeah. C was like, I've got people out there with this information ready to to use it against you if you don't do what I. So those people are presumably still out there. You know, I mean, this that's weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got he's got like a network or something and I I just I wonder how <laughs> how he maintains that. Um it, you know, a lot it, of emails. It, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of text messages and a Google calendar that they're all synced to. That's the only way to manage your network of criminals. <laughs> It's just yeah. Is the money really good? It's like why? It's just why, uh, you know why? Why do they? Why didn't Duncan Todd ever consider just not doing it? You know, I, I think it's the same reason that everyone involved in that plot line. They all have something they're getting out of it because of something they did. I guess except for Roger. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, something that they did got them into this trouble. So Anthony's like that, you know what I right. mean? Like, so I would assume right. something that Duncan Todd did um, okay. got him into the situation. It is just like Yeah. Like he was um, blackmailed or, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you might want to say something. why Duncan Todd. That's an interesting question. Why him, of all people? Like, is he is he just known as, like, the 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 hitman's agent or something like Mm -hmm. in las vegas like that's that's the guy if you want to get somebody killed you go to duncan todd everybody knows that like i don't know why him yeah yeah uh i also do wonder if duncan todd like saw the woodsman or something and that's why he's really scared Mm -hmm. of of mr c like he he sort of knows more of the supernatural stuff also i want to believe since he's the guy from mahan drive i also want to (laughs) like make him see a woodsman on this show of course (laughs) 
<laughs> behind a dumpster if, if, if possible. Be <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised they would show up there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So, you know, I, I also wanted to point out, we in this FBI the, the, that's in the van or in the SUV down the street. Did I say FBI? F the FBI in the SUV, sorry, acronyms. Mm-hmm. Um, another, you know, middle-aged white male cop duo. I, I really think there's yep. like a billion of those now. And I'm just thinking oh, like, yeah. has Lynch ever shown a female cop or like an interracial duo? Like, it's just <laughs> so interesting to me that every single time we see law enforcement, they're middle-aged white males. And they're usually paired up. It's just, it's such, it's beyond a trope now for him. Like, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's so it's interesting. It's to imagine for some reason. Yeah, it's like he can't imagine are. a female cop or a black yeah. cop or an Asian cop or something. Like, he just, it that's not what cops are to, or the type of, cops he's trying to like call yeah. back to or depict or something you know yeah 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 you know it's it's interesting in the in the military thing that they briefly did there was lieutenant knox and there was um yeah. uh colonel davis and so you you had kind of both things <laughs> going on at the same time but it was it was in the military i don't know the military it's okay i mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit weird well it seems like at the very least he doesn't have character tropes about military people, you know, right. like ah, Major yeah, maybe that's all it is. Yeah. I think that's the thing is like his, he, the reason that he depicts cops like that is, is, is because that's how he thinks about them. I think right. um, it's like in everything. There's yeah. just this same it's... duo. And, and, and it's, and I think it's because they're, they're certain, they're usually certain types of cops, you know, they're usually yeah. like, either completely idiotic bumbling comedy people yeah or they're like serious and well-meaning but ultimately ineffective yeah um (laughs) (laughs) that's 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 all you got Yeah. yeah which which is like it's interesting to 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 sort of that that's what you have to say about police officers that's you know every time you depict them they they don't really do anything of use um (laughs) yeah you're right you're right you know what i mean and even with the fuscos i mean that was kind of both both things at the same time where they were like they were trying to solve you know the 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 case in front of them but Mm -hmm. you know were ineffective and 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 they did all right but then totally failed yeah but then completely was like oh this doesn't matter lol into the trash with you yeah 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 lost highway had even two pairs of uh ineffective goofy cops twice the pairs and twice as ineffective (laughs) you know it also made me think of of maybe for david lynch this goes but i was trying to think of you know what are the in the pantheon of cops on 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 screen like where are other pairs like this and i was thinking about um uh the andy griffith show uh with uh with with sheriff sheriff andy and um now i'm forgetting his name um the uh don knox character oh uh 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 barney barney yes barney fife Fife? yeah Yeah. exactly um um i so anyway there's your there's a pair of Mm middle-aged white male cops (laughs) Yep, and definitely. I was like, that's the kind of show David Lynch probably watched when he was a kid. I'm or something. sure he did. 
Yeah. So that, that might I mean, I, I always felt like Andy was some kind of reference to that. I completely agree. And that's, and that's the other thing. The other duo is like Harry and Andy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that's completely an Andy Griffith type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, so I guess I guess that's 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 probably part of it, but it's I don't know, you know, <laughs> it does seem like maybe once in a while he could expand his horizons a little bit. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe he finds something new to do with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, listen, uh, you know, um, he's got uh, Denise, you know, a transgendered woman right. uh, at the FBI or. Uh, what was she again? Um, I in forgot the, what her title return? was. Yeah. Um, Did she have, uh, she had like a for, big title. Yeah, it was a big title, but I forgot what they said. It's been too long. It wasn't like deputy director or something, right? It was something. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, it was. It was something along those lines. I mean, yeah, but yeah, I don't. I don't specifically remember. Um, yeah, and there's Constance. Constance? Yeah, the uh Constance Talbot, hello. Uh the uh the like coroner uh at the, Oh um, <laughs> I knew I knew the name. I just corn. I just like couldn't couldn't uh, place it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah. And I mean, you know, we have Tammy. Yeah. Which uh, I know does it count? Tammy's been a little rough. Tammy's been a little Tammy has, rough. Tammy's other problem. I, I think I think that you know those other characters. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's we'll, right. we'll see. Denise is chief of staff. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, uh, I I definitely question Tammy. Um, you know, we'll have to see where where she ends up. Um, but uh, it's it's been a weird ride. Yeah, you know, Tammy hasn't had the scene that I thought she was going to have where, you know, Gordon's like, you think about that, Tammy. And I thought there was going to be a scene where she, you know, not not just thinks about that in like an obvious way, but like she just has some sort of um, awareness of what's going on and sort of makes the case uh, that, you know, that she knows what's happening or that she's like, you know, I just feel like she's just been sort of along for the ride. Yeah. And even though she's like making these sort of, uh, independent um, connections to things and judgments, and she talks about the tulpas and stuff. It just seems like she's not really like driving anything. Yeah. I guess none of them really are in a way. They're really kind of just reacting to what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I feel like I feel like you know I you know there's there's something missing with like her buy-in to what's going on here. I guess. Yeah. I agree. I agree, and that's you know. Um, I think that was in part the source of some of the, uh, Tammy conspiracy theories, mm -hmm. um, that like there had to be something, um, but it, that's the thing. It is true that like Gordon and Albert are just, you know, kind of following along with, with what's presented to them, but it, it still feels like they're kind of much more active in what's happening. Um, mm -hmm. and that she's really just like, okay, Tammy, go do this. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, she's kind of just there to, um, you know, fill in some of these details and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. like, she doesn't have a very, you know, she's yeah, she's just kind of passively going along with what's happening. Yeah, and I feel like 
what the story should do, which is kind of what we were talking about before, about how, you know, Hutch and Chantal just sort of end up dead, and this sort of idea of, you know, that Pulp Fiction idea of these sort of little moments mattering, like, it it should matter that Gordon decided to bring Tammy by the end of all this. Like, I yeah. mean, Denise was sort of protesting and, and yeah. sort of called it in the question at the start. Like, if Denise hadn't had that scene, I wouldn't be thinking about Tammy the way I think about Tammy, you know? I agree, and, yeah. and she really set that up for us to think about, okay, why is he choosing this person? So I feel like she's got to do something by the end of the show to sort of be like, oh, this is why it was a good idea for Gordon to bring Tammy yeah. because she figured this thing out or she was there to do this thing or, you know, some, something sort of concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> or it ends up not going anywhere. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's strange. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what it should happen. But, uh, you know, Hutch and Chantal. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is possible that characters kind of just go nowhere. Well, but my point being that they set up her character by by questioning why she was chosen. So they yeah. should answer that question. Yeah. Um yeah, that's that's, that's kind of my main point is it it's not just that she's a character and that she could die, but like why she's there should should be something like, you know. And let and let's just they needed someone to have Gordon explain things to, right. you know, like like tell you know just like a a, a version of a character that's sort of sitting standing in for the audience or something, right? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Fill her in about the Blue Rose stuff and yeah, mm-hmm. kind of exposition, you know, uh, receptacle. <laughs> yeah. Um. I also briefly wanted to mention, you know, we have this Polish accountant who's slash hitman or whatever is going on with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I originally thought he got a gun out of his um, trunk of his car. Me too. But I think he, yeah, but I think he has, he when he shows up, uh, raises his hands for the FBI at the end, you see he has gun holsters. So I think he just oh, had okay. guns. I think he, he just had guns. He was packing already. Holsters. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Bushnell Mullins walks around with the snub nose 32. Apparently. So, you know, uh, open carry state. Um, I guess so. Or concealed carry state, more likely. Right, right. Um, but any, I also want to mention in the the farm scene with Mr. C, you know, the guy that asked him, you know, after he kills Ray, if he needs any money, that mm-hmm. guy was like accountant. Yeah. Too. So we've had two accountants who are involved in crime. <laughs> so that was interesting. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this this one seems a little more hardcore than that one did, but he mm-hmm. was hanging out with some crazy types. The guy, the the, the one, the first account we saw hanging out with the, the at the far, I he seems scarier to me. That's the kind of guy who'll strangle you in your sleep, like the <laughs> you know, uh, Zawaski right. accountant guy. Yeah, he'll shoot at you outright. But I feel like the other guy is like real dangerous. Yeah, like, yeah, I see you what even, you're saying. You won't even see it coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. All right, you want to go to the next scene? Let's do it. All right, this is what everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> I mean, pay attention, world. Uh, we're about to make history here. Um, all right, so we go back to the hospital. Bushnell is transfixed by something strange. A strange ringing sound is playing. Josie? And- 
Josie, is that you? I've never met you, but it sounds like you. Um, he, he hears this noise and sort of tries to follow it, I guess, and he sort of walks out the door, wanders out of the room. Uh, then we get this shot looking down at uh, one of the chairs next to, uh, I'm going to call him Dougie, next mm-hmm. to Dougie's bedside. And then Mike appears from the Black Lodge, and then Cooper wakes up! Ah! Oh my fucking god. Oh, an America side relief. <laughs> oh, seriously. Uh, Mike says, you are awake. Thanks, Mike. Captain Obvious here. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, but, you know, it was nice to get that line, because we know he's awake, but it really says something for Mike to say it, and yeah. make it clear in a very particular way. Yeah. Uh, Cooper... Not fucking bullshit Dougie Cooper, but real deal Dale Cooper (laughs) (laughs) says 100%. Mike in the audience says finally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, seriously. Okay, I want to talk about why Mike knew Cooper was about to wake up, but we'll get to that later. Okay. Uh, Mike says the other one, he didn't go back in. He's still out. He says, take this, and Mike hands Cooper the fucking Al Cave ring. Oh, right. Oh, Mike, what are you doing? Oh, Oh, Mike, we have to talk about you. Yeah. Um, uh, Cooper asks Mike if he has the seed. What? Mike shows him the gold bead. Holy crap. Cooper takes a piece of his hair and hands it to Mike. What? And says, I need you to make a (laughs) what? Another one. Oh, my God. Then Mike says, are you ready? I understand. (laughs) How dare you, Mike? How dare you understand? Uh, all right. Stop me when you when I go oh too God. much. It's already too much to talk oh about. God. Yeah, I think, that, already... I think that's enough, right? That's okay, a, that's a transition Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, um, I'll get to the, the last thing is uh, Cooper puts the ring on his pillow. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Kind of hide so it. So all that. Yeah. Which yeah. it's like, I didn't see him take it with him, but I right. assume he took it with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I saw some people point that out, but yeah, I doubt I doubt he left it in the hospital. It just seems unlikely. He left it. He left it for the nurse to get. <laughs> oh this, no! <laughs> she's yes! still there. Twenty five years later. <laughs> Finally, I stayed at this job that I've hated for twenty five years with the slim chance I might peek upon your visage again. Oh my god. Well, yeah, so, I mean, this scene obviously, like, raises a lot of questions. Um, maybe, it, maybe it answers some questions. Um, but uh, one thing I'll throw out there just from the beginning is, like, you know, uh, you know, we hear that sound. It's, it's, I think it's definitely the sound that, uh, that we were hearing in the, in the Great Northern that Ben and mm-hmm. Beverly were hearing. And I'm, I'm also pretty sure... That uh, James heard that sound too um, in the like um, the boiler room or whatever that was of the Great Northern. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know, you know, I mean, I don't think anyone really had a, a a clear idea of what that was, except you know, maybe maybe it's Josie um, having it show up here. And, you know, and then having Mike appear, you know, makes me think maybe there's a maybe there's a Black Lodge connection. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's some kind of, um, I don't know what the word is. Well, let's let's start this conversation Side by effect? saying by saying we've never heard this before with the Black Lodge. That's we've true. seen the Black Lodge effects, you know, sort of the Black Lodge interacting with real world, you know, in this in the series, never made those sounds. 
<laughs> and two out of the three times we've seen the sounds, the Black Lodge was, you know, or its inhabitant was, like, not on screen. True. So then but, does, does it have so, to do with Cooper waking up? Anyway, mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I, I was just going to say that as we as we factored. You know, I just want to factor it into the discussion of, like, could this be the Black Lodge? Because it's like, it shouldn't be, but it totally could be. Right. But it's, you know, but it, it doesn't fit in other respects. But yeah. Um, and what would that really even mean? Like, Mike is is eavesdropping on, like, um, Beverly and, and Ben or something? Like, why mm-hmm. would Mike be there? No idea. The only thing that what I'm thinking is Beverly and Ben heard the sound because the sound is coming, fr- is like something in that door uh where james was is making mm-hmm. the sound now why bushnell heard heard it before um I, I i don't know unless the sound is like trying to call people's attention to something you know mm-hmm. so so like when when i guess mike or someone from the black lodge was helping dougie with the case files and they made the light the little light photons appear. Yeah, yeah. You know, to sort of to sort of look, focus his attention. Maybe they can make, you know, these little sounds up, uh, appear to sort of get people's attention. And so, and so that's all that was. Like, you know, the, they were the, someone in the Black Lodge was trying to get Beverly and Ben's attention to something in the in the uh, Great Northern. You know, maybe they were trying to get them down to the room. Where where uh, where James is outside of, um, and then maybe you know right. with Cooper it was it, the sound is here, so that uh, Mike could appear to Cooper uh, without Bushnell being there. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so that could be a way where it's tied yeah. to the Black Lodge, you know, in a very particular way that doesn't contradict the other times we've seen it. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Uh, but yeah, it's it's strange, and it you know the next question is you know why how or why did Mike know that Cooper was about to wake up? Like that's and I love it. It makes it worse, but I love that they that they were this specific that Mike shows up before Cooper wakes up. Yeah, you know? he he appears in the scene before, so it's like yeah, it's not like right afterwards or right when it happens. It's like right before it happens. Yeah, so he's expecting it. It seems that yeah, way. Yeah, he didn't expect it before when he told Cooper, you know, you need to wake up. Yeah. Like, he had expected Cooper to be awake by that point. So right. it's strange. I don't know how he would have known. Um, or did he after, Did he somehow know Cooper shocked himself? And he's like, okay, well, he's got to be awake now. I mean, I guess it doesn't, even, it doesn't even tell you when, though. Like, even if he knows Cooper's going to wake up, how does he know when? Yeah. He would have to, yeah. I mean, it would have to be some kind of weird supernatural explanation, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that he could perceive it somehow. Uh, you know, he and Cooper have some kind of connection. I mean, I, I just thought it was weird that they were, like, ready to collaborate um, so quickly. Um, I, you know, I, I guess I guess Mike um, is, is concerned about um, Mr. C and, and or Bob. Um, mm-hmm. but I just kind of wonder, like, he's willing to, like, make people for Cooper? Like, it's, I don't know. Clearly making people is no big deal. Why does uh, he even care? Like, it's just, I mean, just because Cooper is going to go, I don't know, it's just, it's strange to me. Um, mm-hmm. um, so, uh, are you, 
Oh, the ring. So, um... <laughs> God, I swear, the ring is the cabin of, of uh, Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Yeah. Every show needs an object that defies explanation. <laughs> Every time you see it, it's like... It's it's, like yeah, it makes it worse. It's worse, yeah. <laughs> like, stop showing up. <laughs> I thought I understood you, and then, and then this happened. No, yeah. what I was thinking was... Um, you know, I, this did feed into my theory that um, uh, that that there was a uh, a Philip Jeffries, fake Philip Jeffries, Mike Cabal, you know, and that this would explain. Oh, not a Cabal. Um, yeah, that like the Cabal that Ray referenced, <laughs> like was was basically like was basically like this crew and like possibly more that you know maybe the uh the the evolution of the arms in there you know maybe there's some other um are you saying they're the avengers of the black lodge they're kind of <laughs> yeah you know they're just kind of a team that you know has common goals <laughs> you know, is, tony, is tony stark on that they get together sure he belongs somewhere i'm sure mm-hmm. uh yeah uh uh yeah he should be yeah he should be in a lynch movie at some point i feel like he could he could he could do that yeah he'd be good anyway um just to say that uh uh you know that was the thing to me about about um ray having the ring that um and he was supposed to put it on mr c you know Mm -hmm. um it was like well whoever whoever it is that's hiring him like has some connection to the black lodge um Mm -hmm. and so you know with mike giving it over to cooper i'm assuming again i mean we'll see i'm assuming to put on mr c similarly um it uh you know it it definitely uh fed into the theory that um the coordinates thing made me think which is that yeah that there's this whole team um and uh and you know and that mike is actually a part of it you know maybe he even is fake philip jeffries yeah i mean that was the original idea with the guy on the phone talking to cooper yeah. mr c and saying you know i'll be with bob again is he's the only big character we know that's at that point, at least, before experiment, you know, that right. was with Bob. So, um, besides Leland, you know. Um, oh, God, could it be Leland? Don't forget about Leland. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I guess Leland will probably come back in the next one, or never. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yep, that's about right. Uh, and, you know, there was that whole find Laura thing. So, uh, you know, we'll probably have to find out... Okay, I'm sorry. I just have to pause for a second. I'm like, I don't understand at all how they're gonna get to all the stuff that they set up. Um, <laughs> like when I when I start thinking about the number of like loose ends that are out there, it's just like mm-hmm. two hours is not gonna cut it. Uh, at are all. they maybe they'll be longer episodes? Maybe okay. If they, I hope so. Uh, but yeah, well, they're not gonna get to everything. And Clearly. They- I mean, th- listen, there's only, uh, I I think the last hour is going to be the end game. And I think the, the second to last hour is going to be, you know, wrapping the, it's going to be the, the, the part of the show that wraps up the most, I think, or doing the most wrapping up. Um, 
So I, I, I think there's only a handful of things they really need to say, uh, you know, um, and, and then I think there's a bunch of stuff that could fit under the same umbrella. Like, for instance, if they tell us that a lot of the roadhouse scenes with the millennials is is Audrey's dream world or something or, or somehow is under the same umbrella of 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 context you know, then, then that's all they need to say. They don't have to sort of explain the zoo animals and the rash and right. and who did what and why because that doesn't matter because it's all in this umbrella context. So that, I think that's the kind of thing we might see with, with some of these um, extraneous, like, details that are left out there. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with your sentiment, though, that it doesn't seem like there's enough time to do everything right it, it just seems uh, like the if they if they provide like a you know a decent level of closure to most of these things, it, it is going to have to like be pretty fast paced. Like they're going to have mm-hmm. to get through those things very briefly. Yeah, um, like that's the only way it can function. Like they can't spend, you know, the the I don't know. Like for example, like the time they spend on like finding Laura, like it just can't be that long because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's other stuff going on. You know, so it's just like that. I mean, I don't know, 10 minutes at the most. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we get something like the season two finale where once we go into the end game and we get into the other world, I'm assuming there'll be a super some supernatural sequences. And I think yeah. that might be most of the last hour. Yeah, uh, it, it is, is what's really happening there. You know, whatever happens in the in the fireman's place from his line. You know, uh, it's in our house now. You know, we right. have to circle back to that scene. We haven't yeah. seen it yet, yeah. uh, which means that now that Cooper's awake in the real world, you know, as we always expected, he's going to have to go to that black and white world because we haven't yeah. seen how that makes sense yet. Um, and, uh, yeah. yeah, so... I, I guess Jack I, I, Palace on day two, maybe. Yeah, that, and that's interesting. Seems now, like you he know, might make it. Yeah, he could totally make it by. Yeah, he's probably, he's probably, it's probably the same day for him. Yeah, you know, the day they found Nido is probably the same day he woke up or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so he's got. Yeah, he can make it there before the next day, and uh, and then what? Uh, and then what? I don't know, but it, yeah, that it seems like. Oh, and he, then he goes. He's oh, also got to learn who Richard and Linda are. Well, there are. you go. Well, we know he's got to get back to the Giants' place, so that's what'll happen when he goes there on day yeah. two. The portal open up. He can go to the Giants' place yeah. for the next part of the mission, basically. Uh, and yeah. then maybe the Richard and Linda will make sense by then to us. Maybe yeah. we'll see some Linda or something. We're gonna or... need some Linda. We're gonna need some Linda up in here. I've been waiting for Linda all. <laughs> Linda to the set, please. Linda <laughs> to the set. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's one thing we could we could probably surmise for day two, right? He can just he, he needs to go to the Giants' place. Yeah. So that can happen. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm wondering about Dougie, though. About uh, or I should say that the. the the one, two, three, fourth doppelganger, um, the new Cooper that um, right. Mike is going to make. I'm assuming yeah. that's going to be for Janie E and yeah, Sonny Jim. I think so. He's, he, but, but but it's interesting that, like you said, Mike sort of knows what this is for and sort of seems to agree that this is a good idea, at least tacitly agreeing. Uh, but this idea that, like, whatever, ha- that Cooper sort of knows he's not coming back to them. Yeah. 
but this idea that they're worth sort of being taken care of that way, like that to leave them without a Cooper dad would be bad. And right. that that's, that it's worth creating a whole other human being whose mm-hmm. sole task is to be this person. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And that that's, that's fine. That's okay. And I'm really curious. They're really causing the question, the programming, right? for these for these manufactured beings like yeah you know how is he gonna know that this manufactured being is is gonna be a good dad or a good husband or want to stay with them you know so that seems to suggest there's some way where you can sort of engender their their motivations and their desires yeah yeah presumably it won't be like the actual dougie Mm -hmm. Um, yeah right that won't that won't be good for anybody Yeah, it seemed pretty clear that yeah that 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 actually catatonic Dougie was an improvement mm-hmm. um, on the way Dougie was before. So yeah. yeah, I feel like the implication is that it'll be is that it'll be better. But um, yeah, it's I, I guess I, I I mean with Diane, you know, you do get the sense that there is some uh, programming allowed. Um, and so, uh, yeah, maybe Mike, uh, understands from, from observation or, or maybe, um, you know, um, maybe he's getting it from Cooper somehow, but, but yeah, the, the idea that it should be someone, it should be a version of Dougie that's like, you know, actually suitable. I mean, I guess that he could make the catatonic version again and, uh, (laughs) that seemed to be going really well. All their dreams are coming true. Um, <laughs> yep. But uh yeah, I guess I assumed it would be a more a more normal Dougie that could that could, you know, um fill that role without um mm-hmm. putting them in jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh yeah, but I mean the idea that he even knows about that um mm-hmm. is is crazy. Like, I guess I guess he just, you know, gathered from observation of being inside the Dougie body that that that's what happened. Um, that was what happened. Uh, well, that there was a, a another version of him. Well, I guess Mike even told him. Yeah, Mike says Mike so he says you were even, tricked, and yeah. I guess that's the thing is he he has to sort of gather or I- interpret what that means by you were tricked and here's the bead because i don't think mike said like there's another version of you and you took his body right did he say that no i, I don't think, think he, he said, said that. that i think he said that i don't think he said that like um, like does cooper know that that he took the place of the 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 manufactured version i guess i mean he knows it by the time he wakes up yeah yeah i mean i I guess that's what you're saying is like how does he yeah that's that's what i was i mean yeah i mean maybe maybe what mike said was enough i mean maybe they discussed manufactured beings when he was in the black lodge at some point so he knew what that meant I mean, that was what I was thinking in the, in all those scenes when Mike was talking to him. Like, it's you're it's falling out deaf ears. He has no idea what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently, he did. Like, you know, deep inside there, uh, you know, Cooper did understand him. So, may uh, you know, maybe that was enough to, uh, for him to understand. I mean, 
you know, um, he could have seen photos and stuff um, and, and sort of gathered what happened. Um, but I don't know what we're supposed to think exactly. Well, and that's the other thing, too. We were just talking about how how Cooper was sort of aware, but he was sort of limited in his communication. But, you know, he, he thought he was Dougie, right? Like, people called him Dougie. He thought he was Dougie. Um, so there is something there, too, about him not really understanding who he is, even though he's sort of experiencing, you know, consciously experiencing things as Dougie. He was never like, no, not Dougie, Cooper, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I guess I. that's why I'm taking it that he wasn't really... Um, yeah, he wasn't really operating the controls. He was kind of just, like, getting the sense data or something. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Like, it was yeah. almost running on autopilot or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Just repeating the last thing and, you know remembering how to walk and stuff like that i guess that's how i imagined it going so picture this right like all the stuff that happened with dougie so we go so from much stuff the beginning with mike telling dougie you know that he was tricked and then we go to say something like you know the black lodge most likely mike helping dougie win all the jackpots you know all the mr jackpot stuff yeah so to draw a line from that scene all the way to here, where Mike's like, okay, you're awake finally. Yeah. What were you doing, Mike? What were you doing? Like, why was Dougie helping Dougie win the lottery? I mean, uh, you know, gambling, the jackpots. How was that on the road to making Cooper wake up? Like, now that Cooper's awake, it doesn't help me understand what the Black Lodgians were doing helping Dougie the way they were helping him. Seemingly with his, like, Dougie problems, not his Cooper problems. Yeah. I mean, yeah, may, well, you know, he he owed those people money and maybe was just about protecting Cooper. Okay, that's definitely a good answer, but, like, you could go to, like, the Ike scene, Ike the Spike scene, and go, well, Cooper can handle himself if someone tried to attack him, like, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, what was it? Um, squeeze his the, hand off. Squeeze his hand off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, but then, you know, you have to say, okay, why do they, they have all this, like, knowledge of the world that's very interesting. So they know about this, they know about all of Dougie's issues, you know, they know that the case files are tampered with and that Anthony's behind it. And they know that, you know, these uh, these these sort of criminal guys want money from him. It's like they know a lot of stuff. Yeah. But they don't know that Cooper is not awake, you know, until it's obvious. You know, I don't know. It's just very strange. What? Don't they? Well, it seems like in the beginning they don't know that that he's not Cooper until, like, Mike has to say, like, wake up. Oh. Like, it's a while before Mike comes and says, wake up. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. You know, like like when, when Mike first says tells Cooper that he's been tricked and shows him the beat, he doesn't say, you've been tricked and you're asleep. Like, right. you know, he gives him instructions as if he's Cooper, you know, yeah. there can be only one of you guys and all that stuff. So yeah. it seems like it took a while for him to realize that he wasn't awake. But then, but then instead of, like, like... I don't know, instead of helping him wake up, they they just helped him have an easier time in his life as Dougie 
But it, that ended up, you know, I'm, like, guess I was saying, like, by the end of it, it's good that he did what he did, at least in terms of now he's friends with the Mitchum brothers, who can get him on a plane really quickly, you know, yeah. to Twin Peaks. Like, that's good. Uh, but besides that, everything else seemed like, you know, and like this this idea of like Cooper got a chance to see what it was like to have a family, you know, is interesting. But I don't know why that would be something that the Black Lodgians would care about yeah. or think like, well, let's 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 help make his home life good so he can experience this this like family time while he's, you know, not awake yet. It's just kind of strange. Yeah. 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 I mean, it it's, you know, even the thing with the Mitchum brothers, it, it, it did seem like, I don't know, it's like he, he does have, you know, decent hand-to-hand combat, but, you know, if someone were to just shoot him, I you know, presumably he would die, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so uh, it does seem to me like at least in part with that. Oh, come on. If someone shot at him, you know he would dodge it quicker than <laughs> a speeding bullet. Come on. <laughs> You know, Come on, Josie no shot him. If Josie shot him, surely you know. But that was yeah, come on. That was that was Cooper way before he went to his Black Lodge craziness. <laughs> he's got he's got the Black Lodge in his side now. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, if they help out, but you know, I mean, listen, uh, Ike tried to shoot him and couldn't. Yeah, well, he got to, he got really close, and yeah, I did yeah. It didn't work out, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know. And, and you did have uh, the evolution of the arm showing up, um, and I, it's not really clear exactly what he did, but um, uh, you know, there there still was that idea of them like stepping in, trying to help out, trying to protect, um, trying to protect him, even though he was doing a lot himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's uh, I feel like that's part of what they're doing, um, but I agree that it doesn't seem it doesn't seem sufficient and it doesn't seem like all that stuff was necessary. Yeah, <laughs> which is you know it's always going to be the bitter pill of the Dougie storyline. I think mm-hmm. um, you know is this is this as bad as Little Nicky? Uh, no, I don't think it's as bad as Little Nicky. Oh, Nikki. Little Nicky. Okay, from um, the original season two. Yeah, yeah. Just in terms of the, uh, the crappy plots that people bring up, um, you know, especially from season two, where, you know, when you rewatch, it's just like, oh, God, this, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, the significant amount of time spent on, you know, Little Nicky is, you know, did he murder his parents? They, they do an investigation. It's, it's all very ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, like, I think, uh, you know, compared to that stuff, like, no, like, cause it had, I mean, it had some enjoyable moments, but it, it's definitely like, uh, the most divisive thing in the new show. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, uh, it's, it's it's something that I really I have heard a couple, but um, you know in terms of people talking about it, you know on the internet and stuff, and and the podcasts I've listened to and stuff, there's not there's not a ton of people saying you know oh Dougie is just the best, and I just want more Dougie. <laughs> I, it's almost impossible to have someone like that because <laughs> it's basically saying um, 
You know, instead of having the character we grew to love on the original series of the show, who was like the face of the whole the whole show, and like instead of having that person back twenty five years later, let's get a rock back. You know, <laughs> let's let's focus on a rock, a rock that can repeat the last thing somebody says. You know, and pull a jackpot lever. Like, yeah, I, I don't imagine too many people on that page. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, it's, I don't know. And I feel like Mike's line of, you're awake finally, is mm-hmm. is an indication that they understood that that's how that, come ac- that comes across. You know, mm-hmm. um, that, that the audience is like, oh my god, finally. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, holy shit, how long, I can't believe how long you dragged this out. I, I, I think back to our early predictions, you know, the early, mm-hmm. early podcasts. How long, how long, Dougie? Oh, part six, part nine, yeah. part 12. Nope. <laughs> I think the last 16. good guess, the last good guess was ha- the halfway mark. And then the la- and then once we got there, I think my last guess was actually this episode. I was like, right before the yeah. last like finale, he would wake up. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just still though, like. <laughs> yeah, that that really is going to be the biggest, you know, of all the things that I would complain about for this season so far. I mean, that's number one, and it's yeah, and it's going to be the thing that you can't escape from. Yeah, um, doing a rewatch. I mean, you won't be able to escape. Like, you're just with Dougie all the time. You yeah, know? there's just so much Dougie, and it's 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 just not that interesting. You know, it yeah. just isn't. <laughs> you know. They did good work trying to make it interesting, but it, you know, trying rewatching those scenes, I think you'll probably get less out of it. Maybe I mean, but maybe you won't care as much because you know when he's going to come back and right. you know the whole story. But I feel like even rewatching them though is not going to be as interesting because you know the newness will be gone and right. and we know what's going to happen and it's like okay, here's the scene where Dougie yeah. doesn't know how to get dressed, and, right? Here's a scene where Dougie, you know, can't use the bathroom. And oh, here's God. a scene where, like... I'm glad they didn't keep doing that. Yeah. That yeah. So ridiculous. And we didn't have to, like... Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, those early... Or, not that the later scenes were, like, a whole lot better, but it was <laughs> just... It was... It was, um... Yeah. It, it's, I think on a, on a, on a more binge-watch pace... Maybe it won't seem so bad. <laughs> but... Even a binge watch is 18 hours. So uh, well... <laughs> 16 hours in a row, or not 16, but you know, parts three through 16 or whatever yeah. are Dougie. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's still a long, long it's, time. It's a big, it's a big chunk of the series. Um, it's a big commitment to something that, yeah, is not, has, Nothing to do with the original series, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we occasionally get, like, Mike or whatever jumping in, but um, it's really just a complete tangent. And as soon as he wakes up, it's like, oh, out of here. That's it. Mm-hmm. The end. And it's like, it's almost like, well, what the fuck was that about then, you know? Mm-hmm. it's I, I guess, um, you know, in a way, it makes me want to view the series as... Um, you know, basically like, um, parts, 
parts one, two, and a bit of three, and then, um, and, well, maybe a decent amount of three, and then, um, and then, like, cut to this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's really the series. It's a mini-series now. It's like, it's like, you know, let's say uh, six, six parts long. Yeah. And, you know, that's really where the thing is. And then there's that other stuff <laughs> that they put in the oh, middle. Oh, man. Um, yeah. You know, and there were good. some good moments from the other storylines during yes. that era. And so that, I mean, that basically saved the show from not being horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, so I still, I mean, I still liked watching it and I think that stuff was good, but, uh, yeah, like that's, that's sort of what it feels like. It's like the, that's really, those are really the bookends where, um, where the storyline really happens, you know, and, and the stuff in the middle is like, you know, part eight aside. <laughs> yeah. Part eight stands alone. No Dougie in part eight. Um, uh, is, is, yeah, it's just kind of a weird, kind of a weird delay filler. Um, mm-hmm. which it's like, it's like when you, when you originally announced nine and then you, uh, extend it to 18, it's like, why mm-hmm. is there filler? <laughs> well, it, it makes me think like, that's, that, that's the filler. Like they were like, you know, I've got these nine parts. It's, it's more or less the story of Cooper leaving the Black Lodge. Mm-hmm. And, and then he comes to the real world and he has to do some shit. And then he goes back to battle Mr. C or whatever. And some of that part in the middle is like Mr. C's plan and some killing and all that kind of stuff. But then it's like, well, wait a minute. If Cooper comes back to the real world, but what if he's not Cooper? You know, what if he's sort of, what if he, you know, you know, and I'm thinking like maybe they like, well, maybe Mr. C's plan is bigger than we originally thought. Maybe it needs to be more, more parts to his plan. You know, maybe his goal is bigger now or something. And and then uh, they're like, well, in order to do that, you know, Cooper needs to be sidelined. Right. You know, so what if he's not really Cooper for most of the fucking show? And then you just have this whole yeah. chasm in the middle of just random stuff. I mean, literally, just some of that stuff was, you know, the Roadhouse stuff was just random. And yeah, uh, I mean, we still remember Jacques scene. I'm sorry, Jean Michel mm-hmm. scene. Please, please. Uh, yeah. Of like the girls, and I sit too, and all this yeah. stuff, and like, yeah. why do we get that? <laughs> I have no idea. It, was that in fake? Was that fake Audrey's? It was place? that fake Audrey, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it's it, now I have to question that the whole mm-hmm. time. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I yeah in a nine episode arc, you know, hey, um, uh, you know, one episode of Dougie or or that brief, like it could have been okay in a in a smaller amount. Yeah. Um, as a as a briefer delay tactic, but this it's just so extreme. Mm-hmm. Um so much of that um and 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 i i even feel like some of the other storylines are are kind of written that way you know like uh, like the jerry horn thing um mm-hmm. like like nadine's thing you know um uh even um uh the well the audrey thing you know where it's like it's like we we keep going back and it's like it's like repetition, 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 repetition. And then finally we get like the thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's sort of like, that couldn't that have been like a little shorter? 
Yeah. Like, filler, really... filler, 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 and then here's the thing. Here's the actual thing where it's like, okay, you know, I mean, you know, they, they could have gotten to the point of Nadine's watching the Jacoby show. That changes Nadine's perspective. So she goes to see Big Ed. Like, that, it, that didn't need to wait until, like, mm-hmm. the, you know what I mean? We see her watching it several times. Well, and... It's not even clear what prompted her change. Was it meeting him? Was it meeting Jacoby in person and and talking about it in person like Mm -hmm. that? You know, or did she already make up her mind? Was she thinking about it the whole time? I mean, that's the thing. Like, even in the scenes with this repetition, there's no sense of the sort of character changing in those scenes, right? There's no sense of like, you know, she's looking at her wedding ring and she's watching Dr. Amp or something. You know, there's no sense that that stuff is having the effect that will ultimately be the thing that is the whole point of all these scenes, right? Whatever yeah. the culmination is, all of these scenes, I guess what I'm trying to say, all these scenes with the repetition aren't explicitly building towards that. Right. They're just the this, like, you know, like you said, repetition of the same idea. And um, and it's like she just, she who knows when she decided that she was going to let Ed go free? It's it's really unclear. Yeah. Um why she just decided and i I mean guess the only connection is like the last time we saw her before she was with big ed was she was outside of her place with jacoby yeah and she had her shovel there in the window yeah so maybe she took it off the window and marched Mm -hmm. like well it was night night so i don't know yeah next day but like you know that's a bit of a connection there um yeah but yeah it's it's strange um i don't know the whole storytelling has been very weird uh you know, which isn't surprising, but um, well, Ben guess... and Beverly too had a similar kind of thing where mm-hmm. they like had multiple scenes that were along similar lines. Yeah, and then and then we got we got it progressed a little bit where Ben is like, okay, do you want to go out to dinner mm-hmm. or whatever? And then nothing, nothing. Yeah. Um, and they're like hearing noises, and then and there was a little progression of the noise plot when they're like, well, the building maintenance mm-hmm. looks dead, and I can't find whatever. Yeah. But still, not no real culmination of anything there. But with all of those, it just it really feels like if they ever did get to a point, which they didn't necessarily, it just feels like um, all those stories could have been told like much more oh, quickly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, why did that? I don't know. Only the, uh, so the the Mister C plot and the FBI plot um, are are really the only ones where like you know there's been like some movement over time mm-hmm. where it kind of feels like you know maybe not necessarily 18 but like they've they've had um enough happen to you know to kind of fill the time yeah um uh that's the only ones where i get it but then yeah when i started it's it does seem like you know if they just if they just dialed back on that, and you know the the Stephen Becky storyline was also like very very spotty. I mean that's another thing they have to like somehow resolve in the final uh, episode. Like, uh, did Stephen kill himself? Um, mm-hmm. You know, where are they going to try to leave Becky? Well, Is Gersten going to get involved? Will like... Gersten ever play piano again? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Please answer that question. Yeah, is she gonna play the Roadhouse in the last what is, one? Right? Oh, that'd be great. I'm this is, this goes out. This goes out to Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Becky's like, you bitch. 
Um, yeah, I mean, what does Doc Hayward think about his daughter? Where's yeah. Donna at? Please, someone mention oh, Donna. Yeah, yeah. If, if Donna is a talpa, I'm out of here. Like, you know, I just... Why why can't we get some Donna on the show? I don't get it. Like, even if we don't get the actress, either of the actresses who play Donna, mm-hmm. like, why can't we know where that character is? Yeah, like, she's yeah. a huge character on the they show. They should comment on her, yeah. Huge character. Yeah, it's like, why, of all the people you, you came back to, like, why wouldn't you mention something about Donna? I mean, if Harry's important enough to mention off screen, at least, to be like, oh, he's around in the world... It's strange that no one would mention Donna. We've had almost her whole family on yeah. the show. Yeah. Um, and someone please explain about Ben and, and Donna and, like, what yeah. happened, you know, once everyone found out that he was a real dad and and all that stuff. Like, I, yeah. I would love to get some closure on that storyline, but, like, damn, just two yeah. parts left. Throw it on top of everything else. It's like, yeah, it seems like, I mean, if, if they say anything about it, it's going to have to be really fast. Unless it's like, you know, they, it's in the context of Audrey, whatever's happened with her. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I lost one daughter with Audrey and, you know, and now, yeah. and I lost my other daughter, Donna, when she X, Y, Z. Right. <laughs> you fill in the blank. Yeah, yeah, Went yeah. to Paris. Started blah, something blah, blah. Or, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Right, right. Uh, so I want some, you know, I want some closure to that. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking, also the uh, the Sarah Palmer thing was was also along these lines where Oof. it was like several scenes, you know, or multiple mm-hmm. scenes at least of like she's just like at home, like watching TV. Same idea, yeah. And it's like, and then you know, finally we get like a little thing happening, um, mm-hmm. and then we get a big thing happening. Mm-hmm. But that's it, you know, it's just sort of like, it it does seem like, it does seem like maybe like nine would have been enough. (laughs) (laughs) After all of this, you're like, you know what, nine would have been fine. Like, I was happy that they gave more and it's fine. I mean, whatever. I'm I'm glad they made the thing. It's, it's, it's got a lot of, hey, listen, no, no, no. Listen, if if you think 18's too many, you should just stop watching now. (laughs) You don't have to watch the last, just, you're off the hook. Like, you don't have to watch the last two. It's fine. I just think, like, maybe it would have been a bit more compelling overall if if Listen, they had tightened up some of those stories. You're saying that Twin Peaks Season 3 has a little bit of Inland Empire Syndrome. The answer is yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. David Lynch shot too much footage. He loves digital. You're going to tell him to cut? Come on. Yeah, you know we had Final Cut. <laughs> hmm Yeah, he's gonna keep shooting. Those he yeah, there's no end to the, the you know, the, the the film just keeps going until the cards filled up. Sarah Palmer is watching TV again. Again That's right. Play some boxing, but but repeat <laughs> a scene every ten seconds. <laughs> Why, David? Because dreams! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we haven't had a because dreams in a while. Yeah. Throw that in there. It's pretty appropriate, because, yeah, Yeah. that's, that's like, I don't know, it's like part of this is like, it's, it's almost like a, a museum exhibit about Twin Peaks or something, (laughs) you know? You mean it's long and boring and you can't, and you can't touch the uh, (laughs) paintings? Yes. 
Like, it's not like a show, you know? It's almost like encapsulated moments or, you know what I mean? Like, like, like portraits or something, you know? Like, Are you saying it's almost like David Lynch got a painting to like move? Like a moving painting. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and they're all these sort of, um, what do you call those? Uh, there's a word for that when you have like a series of paintings, uh all in the same vein uh there's a word for that but it's but it's kind of like that you're saying it's like this sort of like different studies of these different people these sort of snapshots of their lives sort of a thing yeah 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 exactly yeah like i imagine you know the the town of twin peaks and you know we see like nadine watching the jacoby show and you know there's like a series about that and you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's sort of like these, um, you know, these very like specific moments, like captured in great detail. And, mm-hmm. you know, like there's just, it's just not, this just isn't stuff that, and I guess that's, you know, that's why you get someone like David Lynch, but it's just not stuff that you, um, you would ever see on a, on a normal TV show, you know, yeah. like Game of Thrones or whatever is not going to tell their story like this. um you know it would just be weird Mm -hmm. um you know watching it is just you know such a contrast um uh the way the story develops and the way like things are so like functionally placed Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like it's it's crazy and i guess it's weird to look back now because um you know i really enjoyed this episode (laughs) Or yeah. this part. It was great. It was so, it was like thrilling to see this stuff happen. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it, retroactively, it, it did make me somehow more frustrated <laughs> with how long it took to get here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? It's 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 almost like it, it like when Dougie was still going on, somehow it wasn't bothering me as much mm-hmm. <laughs> as now mm-hmm. that it's over. Yeah, because now you can really understand how long it took to get here. Before, you were still just waiting for it to happen. Right. And you're exacerbated about waiting, and now you're exacerbated about how long you had to wait. Yeah. 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 Like, really? And and the fact that he could just, like, wake up and be like, all right, well, uh, let's go Twin Peaks now. It's like, Mm -hmm. fucking shit. God damn it. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was that easy? (laughs) He only had to electrocute himself. After all this time? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, it's just like, come on. Like, somebody, like, shove him into, I don't know. Like, somebody, like, cut down some power lines and I'd do something. Like, <laughs> just, like, But, yeah, put a put a hair dryer in the bathtub. With yes. Him. Yeah. Yes, just make this happen. Mm-hmm. Because, like, this could have been so much easier. And th- there is. There's no reason, other than saving his life, there's there's no reason why he needed to, like, go through all of that drama at the insurance company. Mm-hmm. Like, a- all the stuff at home, it's just like, you know, I mean, good for him that he, like, got something out of it, but... Um, you know, I think for the audience, <laughs> it's just not, and, 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 oh, all right, whatever. I, I'll say more yeah. about it as we get there later. I'm <laughs> well, just... and I'm just going to say all the things that the Black Lodgians were doing to help him all along the way, you know, up until, you know, making him bring a cherry pie to the, yeah. his, 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 uh, 
his murder in the desert from the from the Mitchum brothers. Yeah. Um, planned murder. Um, yeah, it's 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 just I don't I can't reconcile how Mike didn't know in the beginning that Cooper wasn't awake. Then he realized Cooper wasn't awake and told him he needed to wake up. But then spent a lot of time helping him through all of these obstacles he had to get through. And some of those, like you said, was saving his life. Like you said, I said, saving his life. Yeah. Um, you know, but it was like he, they seemed to know about how much time it was going to take for him to wake up then. If it's like, well, he's not going to wake up until, you know, he's not awake yet. We got to help him make sure the Mitchum brothers don't kill him, which is going to take right. this plan and I got to do the case files yeah. and then I got to go whatever, you know, and it's like they at least know that amount of time is going to be there yeah. before he, before he wakes up. Right. Which is weird. Sunset um, Boulevard is going to be on TBS this Sunday. So I mean, got to make it till then. I mean, honestly, I'm surprised that actually didn't happen where he, where the black lot, like Mike didn't just turn the TV on. You know, like yeah. a, like a sparkle hits the TV knob, yeah. and it turns on, and he watches it. I'm surprised they had Dougie just random do it himself. Do yeah. it himself, you know? Yeah, it's uh, weird. What was that about? Why did he do that? I don't really know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it, was it inevitable? I mean, was this an inevitable conclusion that that once everything was, you know, happy and fine with mm-hmm. this Dougie Jones All life? All my dreams are coming true. Yeah, everything's fine and perfect. I hope nothing changes, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Um, was was that necessary before he wake before he would wake up and sort of because it was almost like he was um um i mean this is this is a stretch to say but i'm gonna say this it was almost like he was sort of um like like uh looking outside of himself for stimulus or something you know where he you know once he tells him that he's eating the cake you know, then he fidgets with the salt and pepper yeah. shaker. He moves one and over. Then he starts, you know, pressing the remote control button. You know, then he yeah. hears Gordon call, and then he's then he then he looks for the electrical socket. You know, so it's almost like once he's his job as Dougie Jones was done, he was kind of yeah. looking for the next thing or the next stimulus or like l- looking sort of or, or sort of operating externally, um, which yeah. is kind of interesting, but. Yeah, it's interesting they just didn't have Mike wake him up. Like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, I turned the TV on for Gordon Cole to tell you about Gordon Cole. Right. You right. know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mike, uh, I don't know. Mike could have said his, said the name Gordon Cole, too, at any point. I mean, he could have, you know. How about the name Dale Cooper? Would that have woken him up? Yeah, I mean, he could have he could have just like g- given him a whole list of names and dates and uh, you know life events. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if that if that was what it took, yeah. But maybe you're right. Maybe we're supposed to believe that. I don't know why though. It doesn't really make sense. But we're supposed to believe that he had to. Um, may, I mean, maybe there's this idea that even though it's not really his fault, um, I mean, maybe the, the original Black Lodge failure somehow is his fault. And because, uh, this Dougie situation is a, is a consequence of that. I mean, maybe he, um, feels the need or the show Mm. feels the need to Mm -hmm. have him, uh, make up for it, you know? I like, like that idea. That's at least plausible that that he sort of has to clean up his mess, as it were. Yeah. Um, and sort of 
it's not Dougie uh, Janie E's fault and Sonny Jim's fault that you know I'm married to manufacturing, right? Um, <laughs> the new right. lifetime uh, lifetime movie of the week. <laughs> um, so so he has to sort of like yeah. <laughs> leave them leave leave them in a good place, you know, out of harm's way. No one's trying to kill them. They're in a good financial state. You know, and then he's going to presumably leave them with a, a Cooper copy yeah. that will continue that trend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like they they clearly wanted to to avoid the idea that he would he would just come out of here and, and you know, like run off and like just leave this like family <laughs> like what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you know, and like with a pile of gambling debts and, you know, um potentially like dangerous people coming for them um so uh yeah i it it does seem like at least functionally like that's that's part of the thing like you know i don't know how much of that you know the black lodge cared about um you know mike does so far seem like a much more benevolent uh figure than i really took him to be um in the in the old series but Mm -hmm. um uh, you know, but I could certainly imagine Cooper wanting that stuff. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm going back to Dougie getting, having the ring and I'm like, why did he have the ring again? And we just saw Mike give Cooper the ring. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm assuming that, uh, I'm assuming that, um, uh, that Mr. C gave him the ring. Um, Mm-hmm. But he found it, and yeah, well, you know, the the original theory was that he he got it from, um, you know, he got it from Annie, or the nurse, because um, uh, you know the ring had exited. Um, Annie have the ring does seem like, I mean, it doesn't quite add up, but it does seem like that may tie into her uh, being manufactured, but. Mm-hmm. Um, uh yeah like the assumption that you know he was at that hospital definitely confirmed yeah um living proof of that um until recently um assuming there's not two hospitals in town right 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 which yeah i mean yeah (laughs) anyway um uh i assumed that's how he got it and that um he uh he he gave it to dougie and it's it's something to do with uh, being transported to the black lodge although that's a muddled point that we'll have Mm -hmm. to talk about when it comes to diane um ah. (laughs) yeah it seems like you can go to the black lodge without the ring if you're a tulpa yeah uh dougie seems like he's a tulpa i don't know why there you go the the problem with (laughs) with Cooper's entrance and Dougie's exiting is, is there's so many things happening and it's unclear what's the actual trigger. Yeah. You know, is it holding your, your vomit in long enough prevents you from going? Is it having the ring? Is it having a duplicate? You know, how is this different if Cooper tried to come back another way? Um, yeah, it's, it's all up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not clear at all, but yeah, definitely the uh, the ring doesn't. Have... So anyway, I guess my point was when um, when Dougie uh, uh, goes back to the to Black Lodge with the ring. I mean, the actual Dougie. Um, uh, you know, that's when the ring is back in play. 
you know, mm-hmm. that's when it can shit. You know, that's when Mike or whatever can give it give it to Ray, and now to Cooper. What if what if Ray was like you know the person who called and said he was Philip Jeffries, but what if he said Philip Gerard, <laughs> and it was just Mike? Yeah, could be. Because we know Mike likes to give the ring to people. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. So I'm just trying to figure out how would Mike have given the ring to 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 the to the guard who gave it to Ray. And why would the guard take a ring from a ghost or whatever the fuck Mike is? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to call. I'm thinking like what? I don't even know what to call him if he if he showed up to you sort of from the Black Lodge in, in your world. That little weird effect they do, that compositing effect. It's like, what, would you take a ring from that, something like that? Like, <laughs> here, take this, and he's speaking backwards, but you can understand him. Ugh. <laughs> yeah 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 i guess i guess cooper doesn't get the subtitles Mm -hmm, so he mm -hmm. has to just like understand the words yeah um it's a little tough sometimes that'd be great if they were like the subtitles are actually really there and cooper like looks down at them (laughs) 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 moves a letter around you mean this (laughs) ah yes i do um all right you want to uh move on to the next part here let's do it all right in the next scene here uh janie e and sunny jim enter uh cooper's hospital room cooper gives sunny jim a big hug they're all happy to see each other bushnell enters also happy to see dougie uh i mean cooper awake (laughs) cooper (laughs) this is gonna be fun cooper tells janie e to get a doctor and Sonny Jim to go with her. Cooper tells Bush now to pass him some sandwiches. He's starving, everybody. Um, <laughs> Bush now says the FBI were at the office looking for him. Cooper says, perfect. Janie E and Sonny Jim return with the doctor. Cooper asks the doctor to confirm his, that his vitals are good because he's leaving. He asks Bush now to hand him his clothes. Uh, we cut to a little hallway scene here. Uh, Janie E. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I jumped ahead. Sorry, uh, still in the same hospital room scene. Uh, Janie E. asks uh, him if it's a good idea. Cooper says it is. The doctor agrees. Cooper tells Janie E. to get the car, and we then meet, uh, and he will then meet them downstairs. So, yeah, then we get to this hallway scene. Sonny Jim says, Dad sure is talking a lot. And Janie E. says he sure is. Um, so they're kind of noticing something's mm-hmm. up with the old dad. Um... <laughs> Uh, let's see. So back in the room, Cooper asks to borrow Bushnell's thirty-two snub-nose pistol that he wears. Whoa, Bushnell! I didn't know you were a packing. Look yeah, at and I guess he um, noticed that while he was Dougie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like his his like FBI training was still you know yeah. still there. Like he could still spot a a snub-nose carrier. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a whole course at the FBI. Uh, Bushnell hands his gun over. Um, he asks if there's anything he can do to help. Cooper tells him to call the Mitchum brothers, which Bushnell has on speed dial. Isn't everyone friends here? It's, it's really heart, it's heartwarming. It's a wonderful life, you know? It's a wonderful <laughs> life. Bushnell gets Rod on the phone and hands it to Cooper. Cooper says he's bringing his family to the casino in 20 minutes and to meet him there. 
He says he needs a plane to Spokane, Washington. Uh, Rod says they're gassing up the plane right now. He tells Bradley they're heading to Spokane, who relays it to the airfield on the phone. And Rod reiterates they are meeting Dougie in 20 minutes. Bradley tells the girls they are going on a plane ride. Uh, then the Twin Peaks theme plays, and everyone <laughs> smiles because it's great <laughs> when you hear that in the show. Um, yeah. All right, you want to stop here for a sec? Uh, sure. Yeah. To uh, some good, some good little tidbits here Talk about, about his state of mind. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll throw in a bit of trivia here. Um, the uh, actor, actress who plays the. Um, as she's credited, female doctor mm-hmm. um, uh, is from the original series. She played because the... because because you couldn't have her just be credited as a doctor. Of course not. Because that'd be a man's part. <laughs> That's a man's title. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's like saw that. It's just like oh god, not again, you people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enough with this. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, um she uh she was in the original series playing the uh Great Northern desk clerk Louis Budway. Oh my god, I swear I I was like, ah, she looks familiar, but I thought it was from like just another TV show. Okay, yeah. nice. Yeah, nice. she's the one totally who now. Uh, goes up to Ben Horn and says that Empty Wentz is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that, she was all about it. Oh, she yeah. was so excited about it. Yeah, and it set up this whole plot. I think it's actually like two or three episodes later where we actually get the reveal that uh, you know, spoiler alert, that it's Norma's mother, at least who mm-hmm. her mother used to be. Um, and uh, uh, you know, by that time, it's like I feel like who even cares about empty wins, but. For that one episode, yeah, um, it's you know she gets like kind of featured. Um, there's randomly. some, yeah, there's yeah, right, as if she's been working there the whole mm-hmm. time and all this stuff. Yeah, um, it, 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 I swear, Empty Wind sounds like a joke name. You know, uh, it does sound like a pseudonym. It sounds like yeah. Empty Wince, you know, or it's, it sounds like a, it's supposed to tell you something. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that whole thing. I mean, but you know, who even knows if Norma's mother's real anymore? I mean, you know, Annie's gone. Maybe, maybe Norma's a tulpa, and like she, oh she has no family. That's why she oh has god. no family. <laughs> oh my god, that's horrible! It's horrible. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, we talked about it before. But she and Annie uh, in the original series, you know, they they had a brief discussion about about her. Vivian was her real name, um, and so you know, they sort of both acknowledged her as as their mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in the book, they they sort of re- I mean, in addition to not mentioning Annie at all. Uh, they, uh, they, they rewrote Norma's history so that her, her mother had a different name. I think it was Ilsa and Mm -hmm. she, uh, died, you know, before the series started, you know, basically like her, her mother was already dead. So it's, (laughs) it's a weird, um, (laughs) there's something weird going on with Norma's family. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, this idea, and, and that's what's strange is it, you know, it, between the two the series in the book it's like well the one person who's real is norma okay like so does that mean that that these family members she's like conjured up <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like like that's that's a crazy idea in the it's midst of crazy. what the other plot lines are that all of a sudden this 
this situation that we didn't ever call attention to and is only sort of elucidated by comparison between the two series, the, the book and, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the show, like, that, that's supposed to tell us this, this crazy idea that, like, something's up with, with the, the reality of, of Norma's, you know, family. Like, that's crazy that we're supposed to think something important's happening there. Right. Um, but I get, you know, <clears throat> I guess Mark Frost said we would understand, uh, you know, how Annie is depicted in the book after the show. Yeah. Um, so there's two more parts left, and I, I really hope, you know, I hope there's something more concrete than just, you know, the line or two we've gotten about tulpas, and then right. we're supposed to just assume, oh, Annie was a tulpa, and that's all we get. Like, right. I hope there's something a little more concrete to answer that question. Yeah. And maybe it'll help answer, you know, this discrepancy with Norma's mother. Um, yeah. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, and, family or, you has, know, like, tulpa manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> tulpa power. <laughs> I thought you said we were from Tulsa. You didn't say we were from Tulpas. <laughs> I always thought I was from the Midwest. Not from the Black Lodge. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, again, this, it just points to this idea of multiple timelines or multiple realities within Twin Peaks. And, and I just don't know why. I mean... <laughs> uh, you know, if it if if at the end they want to tell us like, hey, you know, a a dream is a dream, and you know, sometimes a life is a dream, mm-hmm. and and that and that you know, this stuff is is like amorphous or something. Uh, you know, it's it's it'll be interesting if if they can pull that off and make it make sense. Because mm-hmm. you would think either. Either Annie's Norma's sister or not, or, you know, uh, Norma's mother is, you know, Vivian or it's not, you yeah. know, not not like, oh, well, she has a mother, but she's it's a different name and she's she has a different sort of life history. Yeah. You know, so it's just it's just weird. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's very confusing and. Uh, it's the kind of thing where I feel like we won't really know until we see the last two, and I think maybe the final dossier will also provide some clarification. Mm-hmm. Um, when all that's over, you know, then I'll feel comfortable standing back and saying, well, here's here's what they did, apparently. But, uh, yeah, for now, I guess it is up in the air. Um, uh, so, yeah, I hope, I, I hope there's some they find some way to address it i i i actually do kind of feel like that something like something like annie's atulpa is coming that seems logical at this point especially since her whole function on the show was very specific Mm -hmm. uh and very truncated you know i could and again it's the same with maddie the way maddie had a very kind of specific role to play um yeah, I mean, geez, this is maybe maybe that's why there was a um, uh, the discrepancy on the the sort of population list uh, on the Twin Peaks sign. You know, welcome to Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, how it says like fifty thousand and one or whatever. 
in the show, but it's supposed to say five hundred thousand. Oh my god! Maybe maybe the other four hundred and fifty thousand people in the town are tulpas. Nothing but tulpas. Oh my god! You can't throw a rock without hitting a tulpa in this town. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's a tulpa. Oh my god! I'm not ready for that. That's that's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> it's just tulpa town. It's tulpa town. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, they opened the door to I mean, that, look, you know? Look, I thought we twin, just had one, but... Twin Peaks, Tulpa. I mean, yep. it's right there. It's right there. TP. You're right. TP, yeah. T- uh, uh, Tammy Preston. Tammy Preston. Saying. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Gotta throw that in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Throw it in there. Oh, God. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, oh, it's a bit much. Um... So, uh, did you know, I assume you knew, when he said, uh, I need to play to Spokane, that meant they were going to Twin Peaks? Yeah, yeah, I figured that was the, uh... Ultimate destination. The biggest, well, yeah, but, like, the sort of airport you fly into to get to Twin Peaks. Right, right. I was like, yeah, yeah, going to Twin Peaks. Yeah, 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 that was, uh, I was surprised how quickly that, that happened, like, all this kind of, um... (laughs) unfolds in, in kind of a rush mm-hmm. um uh it's great for the story and it's and it's it's what the audience wants but it's yeah. great for the story uh you know to have a a proactive you know character in general so like it's great that he's like raring to go yeah uh, especially at this point in the story you know just the opposite of dougie mm-hmm uh yeah it's like it's it is that extreme delayed gratification that you had to wait for so long that you know it's like uh (laughs) it's like tantric storytelling yes yes exactly (laughs) exactly oh man leave it to david lynch to infuse the eastern uh, eastern orient uh uh ideas into his storytelling it's i know what i'll do i'll make them wait i'll leave them on the edge of climax for 16 parts (laughs) oh man yeah wow yeah yeah that's a great yeah i love that tantric tantric storytelling Get your chakras involved. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But I. I. Yeah. That this is great. I mean. Um. You know the idea that he's he's starving, uh, which is interesting because he has been eating his Dougie, mm-hmm. but uh, you know he's maybe since he's been in a coma since he had that cake last night. I guess right. he hasn't eaten anything. Yeah. Um. And it, yeah, it was nice to see. So, uh, so back to the thing about this, um, the the female doctor. Uh, so it's the idea that she is it is like she. I guess that's the thing they didn't credit her as the original character. Like, did the character ever get a name from the? Yeah, yeah, Louis Bell. Uh, Louis, I just saw it. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like she's not actually named in the um, in the, the episode, series. but I think I think the credits. Uh, give her it's sort of like what happens with the with the new series uh louis mm-hmm. louis budway okay that was her name in the original yeah like why didn't they call her dr budway in this episode you know i guess then, they could have done that I and mean, then why and not? then like make it make it 
make the story be that yeah, when she was younger, she worked at the Great Northern, and yeah. she went on to medical school, and became yeah. a doctor. Yeah, yeah, that kind of would have been a nice, uh, nice callback. Yeah. I mean, I feel like having her there is clearly meant to be like a reference mm-hmm. in a way, but yeah, what go all the way with it? There's no yeah, reason why not, not just to give her the name. That it's you gave not her possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, like we said before, like the credits and how they work are their own mystery for this show. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I've never paid this much attention to credits on mm-hmm. any other show. Um, still confounding. Um, Speaking of characters and credits, I heard a thing. Can you confirm? Uh, I heard that the the person who played. Bosomy Woman, the scary character at, at the Dutchman's Motel, mm-hmm. was was played by a man. Yeah, I can confirm that. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. That's, that's really hilarious that Bosomy Woman was played yeah. by a man. I don't. That's a strange casting choice, but yeah, I guess you know. I love the look. It's perfect. <laughs> the only, the only woman who can play this part is a man. Just strap on your bosom. um well i find it interesting because you know we we were talking about uh, a long time ago we were talking about um um fire walk with me and there's that scene um at the at the frat trout the old fat Mm -hmm. trout uh where agent desmond uh, is talking to Carl, and then like this crazy woman walks mm-hmm. in, you know, hunched over, and she's got like a ice pack over her eye or something. Yeah, yeah. Or, and you know, for the longest time, we thought that was like David Lynch in drag because yeah. the the person looks exactly like David Lynch. The face is really similar. Yeah, just it, and it's like, oh look, David Lynch. <laughs> like Weird character. cameo. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. She just comes in and looks weird and walks out. And Carl's like, I've been places. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, no, Carl. Oh, no. Yeah. What happened to you? <laughs> um, so then, you know, it comes to find out, you know, that that was a woman who played that part. Yeah. And that woman is not David Lynch. Yeah. Uh, so I find this 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 idea to be hilarious uh, twist on that. Yes. Uh, where this, this character who looks like a woman to me yeah. uh, actually played by a man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I looked up the actor um, uh, just to see who it was, and uh, yeah, I think he's even Irish or something. It's it's a bit weird, um, but uh, but yeah, uh, you can see uh, he's got like a whole actually a lot of I, I've noticed uh, I've looked up a lot of the you know the lesser known actors from this series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll have uh, maybe this is just a common thing now, but they'll have like uh, web pages that are like promoting themselves. You know, um, that with like, uh, you know, a place to call for casting information and like headshots, you know, Uh their, their credits and stuff like that. Anyway, he's got a page like that. Um, so I, uh, so I looked through it because it was like, I, so you booked him for a role? Yeah, I, yeah, of course. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I needed, I was like, that's where that's is going, right? Uh, Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's, he's perfect when you need a, Bosomy woman. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Maybe maybe David Lynch is you know w- within the context of um, you know all of these ideas about um, not just sexuality but like um, you know um, gender gender issues and stuff like that on the show with you know uh, there's the you know sort of what how Gordon is treating women and what mm-hmm. the, um, 
uh, Denise said to him, you yeah. know, about Tammy and the, sort of all, all of that whole thing we've been talking about this season. And um, uh, is David Lynch throwing in like, like, you know, gender fluidity in here too? <laughs> He's like, like this, like yeah. trans casting, you know, um, because if they would have credited the character as motel attendant, Mm-hmm. You know, then then you wouldn't. I, I feel like it, you you would just you'd have a different impression of what's going oh, yeah. on there. But like, yeah, the fact that it's bosomy woman. <laughs> I know. Um, it was such yeah, a weird I mean, credit, and then yeah, of all of all people, um, mm-hmm. that's that's who they cast. They get him in a in a wig and and a, well, and imagine the the woman who was bosomy who didn't get the part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> what like, did I what? do wrong? I thought this was perfect for me. I was, I was born to play this role. If I can't get this job, <laughs> I'm going to go back to medical school. <laughs> That's not possible! <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I find that I find that very interesting. I would love to hear the backstory behind that, the production, uh, how that yeah. all worked out. Yeah, yeah, I wonder how that casting worked. I mean, he... Uh... Uh, you know, I mean, he definitely has a, uh, like, a casting, what do they call it? The one who does the casting for, uh... Casting director? Casting director, yeah, he definitely has a casting director, um, who I think he's worked with for, like, forever. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but he's certainly involved in that process, and, you know, I know he, like, looks at headshots and stuff like that, and so, um... I, I, he definitely approved that, but, I, yeah, I wonder whose idea was, why they decided to do that, um it's it's strange i don't know but yeah i i maybe there is some weird idea they're trying to convey there um i don't know what to make of that character i mean it's, and, and you know it's, having her in the credits at the end you know mm-hmm. was um i don't know an interesting thing that i i still don't know what that means if, if we're actually going to see her again if there's any i don't know mm-hmm. if there's anything more we're supposed to think about that character than like you said just you know motel attendant or something yeah yeah i don't know i don't know yeah it's tricky uh yeah i would i want to say we'd see the person again because of how prominent she was in the credits but um it's it was also a very small thing and that's and you know also with the idea of like whatever they're trying to communicate with this casting choice and naming choice of the character it's like it's such a small point they're making if they're making a point because you have right. to dig a little bit deeper to even understand this idea. Right. You know, on the surface, it's just it. You know, the the, the character who the character seems to be. You know. Right. Uh, so yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird character. It's living in this, you know, kind of supernatural world and talking backwards and stuff. But yeah, for for David well, Lynch, <laughs> it's like not particularly notable. <laughs> Well, you know, Lynch likes extremes and opposites, so I wonder True. if maybe this actor will play a character called, like, Crotchety Man, um, <laughs> or, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think what the synonymous male version of Bosomy Woman is, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll see it, another version of this character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> There's not a good word for big crotch. <laughs> we should uh, we should fix that English. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Get on that. 
<laughs> All right, you want to, uh, uh, anything else with this little part here? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I have more to say about this storyline, but I think we can get to it as we uh, get <clears throat> to the later bits here. All right. Um, so, yeah, the, ten, uh, the Twin Peaks theme plays. Uh, Brad says he wonders what Dougie's up to now. Rod shrugs. Uh, back at the hospital, Cooper tells Bush now he has a feeling that a man named Gordon Cole will call, and when he does, read him this message, and he hands him a piece of paper. Cooper shakes his hand and tells him he's a fine man, and he will not forget his kindness and decency. Uh, as Cooper walks out, Bush now says, what about the FBI? And Cooper turns and says, I am the FBI. <laughs> Mic drop. Um, yeah. Outside, uh, Cooper walks to the car and tells Janie E to move over. Uh, she protests, but he says it's okay. She asks what's going on. He tells her to fasten her seatbelt, and they drive off. Um, uh, and uh, as the theme keeps playing, and then at the same time, the FBI pulls up to the hospital. Yeah. So I, I think that uh, message to Gordon Cole, like, I think he probably will actually get that message. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's probably, I don't know exactly what it's going to say, but I think it's probably going to indicate to them that he's going to Twin Peaks. And yeah. I think that's probably <laughs> why they'll end up going there. I think it's Gordon. It's Cooper. I'm back. Meet me in Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. That sounds, that sounds, about, sounds about right. <laughs> and I feel like it's going to be the um, uh, the the, uh, the head of FBI in Las Vegas. He's going to get to the hospital. They're going to see Cooper's gone. Bushnell's yeah. going to go. He left me this message for Gordon Cole. And then, yeah, the guy will call Gordon Wilson. Cole and say, hey, hey, yeah. Hey, Wilson, get Gordon on the phone. <laughs> Why haven't you called him already? Uh, yeah, and then he'll he'll just relay that information to uh, Gordon. Um, yeah, yeah. Then Gordon will head to Twin Peaks, and then we'll be done with them, probably. And then we're done with you guys. I think that's it for Vegas. I mean, yeah. except for you know the other Cooper um, manufacturing coming to to, to right. Lancelot Court for the family. You know. Yeah, I guess we might see that. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that'll be. I don't th- they, I don't think that'll take up too much time. Uh, they'll just kind of establish that that's happened. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, might be the last shot or something. Yeah, I, I feel like Cooper proper is gonna get some sort of bittersweet, tragic ending, and yeah. then I think it'll be a more positive ending if we end on like Cooper in quotes. Oh sort yeah, of coming, it's gonna be like coming a, home. Ugh, yeah, it's gonna be like uh, it's gonna be like spoiler alert. Um, it's gonna be like in. Um, the next generation movies when um when data dies but then there's this like copy of data this like previous model mm. that's sort of like doesn't really work that well but it looks like him <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's exactly the same and it's thing. like it's like uh i guess it's like data's still around sort of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh yeah you know you 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 mentioned it a while ago that um you know, you thought that maybe this was leading up to uh, Cooper's death, and I, I think if they, uh, or at least exit from the from the the normal world, and and I think mm-hmm. if they, um, uh, they basically has to deal with the doppelganger and or whatever the doppelganger's getting into, um, before that uh, he can kind of move on. But um, uh, you know, now the, uh, a lot of this story, you know, depending on how final they want this to be. 
you know, um, if they really are thinking of this as kind of the final thing, then, mm-hmm. uh, then, then I think that's, that's definitely a, a, a strong possibility. And, and, and that part of the story could easily provide this weird sort of way to not have Cooper die while having him die. Yeah, time. and I and I do wonder on top of that idea, could they do a switcheroo and somehow we think that the Cooper who walks through the door with Janie and Sunny Jim might actually be the real Cooper? Like like leave it on a sort of yeah an ambiguous note of like okay, there was a double. Maybe he got maybe the other person we saw that we thought was Cooper was actually the double. Yeah. And not Cooper, and that this is the real Cooper, and he does get to get it. Yeah, I wonder if they'll even go that far of like twisting it. Because I was thinking, like, one thing Cooper could maybe do to sort of have a sacrificing ending, you know, is like if he somehow, like, you know, if he takes the Bob orb or whatever, or or um, mm-hmm. experiment and somehow like yeah contains it within within himself or something. Yeah, you know, he realizes like if if he can like contain it, and then maybe he like you know goes off into non-existent space or something and he just is you know he sort of is like has bob in a containment field basically but he's just sort of stuck with bob for eternity flying through space or something yeah you know but bob is like away from earth and you know that kind of idea yeah um because it's like i don't you know these 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 big entities i feel like you know maybe can't be just outright destroyed but there's, you know, there's ways you can sort of, um, you know, limit their effect on, right. on, uh, on, you know, your loved ones or Earth or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, sort of trap them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like on an island. <laughs> For example. <laughs> hey, Bob, you're going to be trapped on Cooper Island. <laughs> Destination space. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm expecting some kind of, some kind of bittersweet, tragic ending for, for old Dale. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would make sense. It's, uh, it's a tough story. It's a tough story. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I thought about this scene, uh, was this whole little recent sequence was interesting was, um, how Mike was fading in and out. Um... Mm-hmm. I don't remember if he was doing that when we saw him like this before. I always thought he was more like constantly there. Do you remember if he was fading in and out like when he appeared to Dougie those those times before? I don't specifically remember that. Ha- I remember like he he fades in and fades out, you know, at the yeah. beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't remember him fading in and out in the in the middle of of talking. But I eh, maybe I'm forgetting it. But I definitely don't remember that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then as I mentioned before, you know, Mike shows up right before Cooper wakes up. So it's like, well, how did he know that he was about to wake up? And that ties into the noise. You know, did he make the noise um, that Bushnell hears, you know, as right. he wanders out of the room? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and if he made that noise, then what's going on in the Great Northern? Mm-hmm. What's the connection? Yeah, I was... I was kind of thinking that if, and this is this would be super weird, but if Audrey was sort of stuck in that boiler room, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be really like, weird. Like, like it's some sort of facility down there that Ben doesn't know of or something. Like, like is could it be Audrey making the noise like psychically or something, mm-hmm. and she's like crying out for help, so she first like 
sort of reaches out to her dad mm-hmm. and then you know uh then she reaches out i sort of to james i guess because mm-hmm. he's close and he's sort of security or something mm-hmm. uh and then the third time would be like her sort of reaching out to cooper in this yeah. scene or something that's interesting. Uh, and, I, and, 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 like, maybe that's what woke him up was, like, Audrey calling out to him. Right. And maybe that's that's part of why he's heading to Twin Peaks. Because, like, like, he doesn't know that – we don't think he should know that Mr. C is near Twin Peaks. So, it's, so yeah. that shouldn't be the reason. So maybe the reason is, like, Audrey called out to him through some psychic force, mm-hmm. you know, because they were both, you know, perhaps unconscious or in a coma or in some sort of other – state and and so that's what the noise was signifying and then that and that sort of was the trigger was these like sort of call to action to go save her you know there is precedent for that um in the original series when she is trapped at one-eyed jacks Mm -hmm. uh, there's this moment where she sort of prays uh for him to to come and then they have the um they have the giant like go see him one more time uh, go see Cooper one more time and say um, you forgot something, and of course yep. he doesn't actually realize what it was until a few episodes later when he sees her mm-hmm. the note she left under the under the bed. I guess it dropped yeah. down there when he got shot or something. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know that would be you know that that would also give it a um, that would also give it a sort of um, you know potential like supernatural Black Lodge ish connection. Mm-hmm. Um, that she can harness that somehow or she's tapped into it somehow. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. That's surprisingly <laughs> sounded ridiculous <laughs> when you're like, Audrey's in the boiler room and she's like making a sound like what? And it could be like, it could be that the boiler room is another special location. Like there's a portal, there's yeah. some other sort of like gateway to a, you know, an opening to a gateway or something yeah. where it's not like literally her in that room, but right. that, that'll lead to where she is. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's the best idea I have right now of what, of how to tie all those elements together. And, yeah. and, and it gives a good reason why we heard it before Cooper wakes up. And it gives us a reason why he decided to wake up in that moment. Yeah. And um, and, it, and it can also help explain why Mike sort of knew he was about to wake up because he could, like, understand that know, that sound or right. sort of know it was happening if it's some kind of Black Lodge connection. Yeah. Uh, he can go, oh, he's calling out to Cooper. Cooper's going to wake up, you know? Right. Yeah. And I like the idea that he's about to go rescue Audrey. <laughs> I like, like... Mm-hmm. Like it helps the story this that he, that this is why he has such a a, a call to action uh, here and like a plan mm-hmm. ready to go. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not some vague like th- idea of like, well, I just mm-hmm. gotta go there because 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 things. I because I sense that like that's where the danger is or something. Yeah, but like he, yeah, she, um, you know, because even in the last um, part where we saw Audrey, you know. And she was like asking Charlie, you know, to help me or whatever, or get me out of here. Get me out of here yeah. You know, I kind of felt like maybe that's when that kind of sound would ring out to somebody in mm-hmm. the real world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I that could work. That could definitely work. And it, it yeah, it would it would help to to tie that story into the the other stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, surely Cooper's going to get involved in that stuff as well. And then, you know, 
what are they going to say is the connection there? Yeah. You know, because I think that, you know, the door's open for that if they if they want to try to tie it in, mm-hmm. I think. And I, I almost feel like the Audrey thing needs to tie into Mr. C's plot, too. Yeah. Um, you know, that, you know, maybe she's where the coordinates lead to, you know, or, Mary, mm-hmm. you know, the third coordinate that he he's going to go try. Like, maybe that is where Audrey is or is a similar place or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, and I do wonder if or if the third coordinate he has is supposed to be Jackrabbit's Palace. Like, you know, I, I really hope he like <laughs> when we see him next, he's like, I'm headed to the third coordinate, you know, mm-hmm. so we know for sure, like where he's going and why and how it relates to like what he said before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I was glad that uh, at the very least he did clarify or like state a hundred percent that uh, the place where he was with Richard was the two that match. Yes. Um, oh, that was great. Because uh, I was worried he was going to be like he was just going to be like, what, "What would you do? Oh, you're mm-hmm. a very bright young man," and then leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, and not tell us which one. Yeah, which and one then it's that. like, oh, is he? Is he? is he being sarcastic is he you know i mean is that really where they are or is the point that that's that's not the best idea because it ends up being a trap you know um mm-hmm. like but since he says no the two the match lead there then it, it makes it easier if he's if he's talking about coordinates later it's got to be the third ones yeah um we have enough to worry about <laughs> <laughs> we have enough. <laughs> Too many mysteries. Um, all right. Anything else with this part? I think that's it. You know, this is fairly, uh, fairly functional stuff. I still have more to say about this, but I, I feel like we got to get to the end of it before I can really. Yeah. Talk well, I about guess. It. I guess in a way, you have to say R.I.P. Dougie. Um, oh yeah, sure. You know, uh, he's he. We we hardly knew him. Uh, <laughs> Um, he was quiet to be around and, um, was fond of repeating. He accomplished a lot for, you know, doing so little. Yeah. Well, he had help from mystical agents. That was a huge factor. Yeah, that's true. It's true. I guess that's the difference between the story, uh, here and, uh, you know, Forrest Gump or being there or something like that, Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, it is by their own actions. It's just sort of like not exactly what they intended every time, but yeah. But um, but they are like trying to do something that has this consequence. And in his case, it's sort of like he's really not ever trying to do anything, but he's sort of led into things mm-hmm. by supernatural forces. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I you know, I'm I'm fine uh, being done with that uh, part of it, you know, ready to move on. But uh, it was clearly a big part of Twin Peaks The Return, and it just can't be denied that they clearly thought it was important or they wouldn't have spent that much time on it. <laughs> so, Yeah, well, that's very diplomatic. Um, I think that's a true statement. Uh, I want to say we still don't know what the ladders and stairs and the case files meant. Um... <laughs> Just what oh yeah, up. yeah, yeah! Don't forget the ladders and Fraud, stairs. Blah blah blah. Ladders and stairs. Uh, yeah, it mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. And the 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 
the little photons of light that he saw, you know, yeah. never never did that again. No, no, <laughs> no. It's a one-time deal. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, the story of Dougie's interesting. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting. He's like a children's book character. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like a like an infant in the world, and. Um, sort of has to survive by like the kindness of strangers and yeah. supernatural beings and yeah. you know uh, it's like a fairy tale or something remember when he was when he was at the casino i guess this is in part three or something or four yeah uh, and he meets uh the guy with the guy's wife who like knows him you know and he's oh, like yeah. hey dougie yeah. you know they never came back nah that was it. <laughs> it was just to, to say that. who he was, I guess. But yeah, because yeah, I feel like at name. a certain point we thought we were going to see those people again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nope. It's like, oh no, no. They're clearly not like close friends or anything. Yeah, like this yeah. show has a cast of five thousand people. There's no time <laughs> for repeats, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially those those random ones. Um, uh. Yeah, I, I thought a lot of those characters would would end up doing more like Phil and Rhonda and you know some of those office people. Um, yeah, tell it to your wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gotta love it. Yeah, I. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, R.I.P. Dougie. Yeah. It's, um, it's so nice to have Cooper back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, I will say that um, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where it's not like Nikki and Paolo uh, on Lost, where you know they had this idea and the idea didn't work, so they abandoned it earlier than they had planned. You know, um, they did you know a lot with Dougie. They spent all the time on it and tried to make it worth it. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be, you know, <laughs> it'll be up to it'll be up to the viewer to decide if if uh, if that was actually worth it or um, if there, you know, if there was really uh, enough there to to spend all that time on it. But um, they didn't they didn't just abandon it or you know if it had been super truncated, it might have seemed like even more of a waste of time in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm so glad it's, it was really great to see him actually. And it, it really makes it stand out. Like he's done a very good job of distinguishing the, the characters. Yeah. It's a hundred percent clear who he's playing. Yeah. Like when he's Mr. C, he's a completely different person and his face is different. And, um, yeah, the three characters are really distinct. I, I, it, I mean, there's no way that uh, Kyle MacLachlan doesn't win an Emmy for this yeah. role. I mean, you just yeah. few actors get to get to have this kind of showcase, um, not only on a in a season, but like on a whole series, and not only on a whole series, but like um, you know, a seminal show yeah. that really stands out. Um, you know, I was thinking about the. An interesting thing with Twin Peaks, you know, it has this sort of soap opera uh, component to it, the sort of legacy uh, with the storytelling. And, you know, uh, a lot of that was with, we talked a little bit before, you know, with the mill and Ghostwood and the sale and the buying and the double crossing yeah. and Catherine and all yeah, the people yeah. and Ben and 
all that stuff was very soap opery, you know, and it's, um, and I'm just thinking, you know, an interesting sort of byproduct of the, this sort of built-in prophecy of Laura saying, I'll see you again in 25 years, and then the, the, the show, you know, creator sort of making that happen is that, you know, one of the big sort of qualities of a soap opera is, is you know, storytelling over a very, very long period of time. And, uh, you know, by having the show come back, you know, season three come back, you know, 25 years later, it really sort of, you know, uh, brings to fruition, you know, uh, or ca- sort of cashes in on that idea, you know, because now the, st- the story has been living with the audience for, you know, two decades you know, so it sort of just reinforces that that kind of soap opera idea of like living with these characters over a long period of time yeah. and and dealing with these like intricate plot lines and stuff. And you know, I was thinking like the 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 sort of one thing you know, regardless if it was good or bad or whatever, the one thing season three needed to do in order to be successful, in my opinion, was um, give us enough to think about for another twenty five years. Um, and I right. think it's succeeding on that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, definitely. And so, you know, even though the Dougie stuff was not my favorite, um, you know, overall the, the, the show so far, like it, it's sort of, um, it's sort of meeting that, that mark for me, like that there's, it's, it's enough craziness that, you know, there's, there's 25 more years we can talk about this stuff and, and try to figure it out. And, um, and yeah, I, I I don't think this will happen, but it's funny to think about it. By the end of the show, you know, Laura is like, "I'll see you again in another twenty five <laughs> years." Oh no! Oh no! And you know, and, and Cooper's like, "Really, Laura? Really? Please, no! Can't isn't we just that be a little? Done? Yeah, isn't that a little much?" <laughs> but you know, uh, you do this these- forever. A good number of these actors will be around by then, you know, and David Lynch could eke that out. It, it, it'd be a tough, but he could do it. <laughs> He's going to be, like, pushing 100. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, crazy, like, the senior Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twin Peaks, the golden years. <laughs> Ed and Norma still years. together. <laughs> Already in their golden years, yeah. It should be the platinum years. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's uh, Yeah, that would be hilarious, though. <laughs> yeah, I just love that. Even if it's like, there's, you know, he doesn't plan on making through with it. It'd be just like, it, it would just be... Yeah. An, it, you, you would not see that line coming. You would just be like, yeah. what? Really? Another prophecy? Yeah. Damn, yeah. Laura. Yeah. You, you're, are you even Laura? You said you're not her, but then you said you are her. Then you said you're dead, yeah. but you're alive. Then you took your yep. face off. So I don't <laughs> know what summary. to think. I don't know what. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to think about you now. Pretty um, much what happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's the only. Uh, you know, we had uh, we had Lorb, we had um, Gordon's uh, vision. You know, um, but in terms of, you know, Laura in the in the story, that's all we had. And, you know, I I knew um, I knew going in, like, because I had seen the cast list that, she, you know, that Cheryl Lee would be in, in the show. And, um, 
you know, I was kind of worried. Uh, I was kind of worried that they would somehow, like, retcon. I don't know, that they would do something weird. Bring in a third cousin, you know, um, like a redhead or, I don't know, some kind of mm-hmm. bizarre new Laura Palmer character. Um, I, I, I was worried that they would kind of just, like... The main thing I was worried about is that they would they would really try to do like a, a true reboot and mm-hmm. and it would just be like you know some some girl gets murdered and yeah uh, another investigation you know yeah then they have to call the FBI and then Cooper has to come back and he gets to reunite with his old friends and they would have just you know that it would just kind of proceed as more or less the original series mm-hmm. um, so uh, yeah I'm I. Not to say I wouldn't have wanted to see a bit more of that uh, character, but for the logic, I mean, she's she's dead and and she it, she exists in this crazy world, and we're not gonna like spend a ton of time there. So, uh, you know, I think I think the way that turned out was um, definitely better than what I was imagining or what I was worried about. My worst fear yeah. for for the series coming back, and I think I will take I will take Dougie over that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even though yeah i'm not yeah. a big fan of it but um i i really didn't want it to be uh just 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 trying to retread the original series and it's definitely not that definitely not that <laughs> you know and yet uh it makes enough uh you know there's enough connection with the original series that it doesn't feel like just random other stuff with twin peaks plugged in Mm-hmm. You know, it, it does feel like they're trying to continue the story in a legitimate way. For sure. And and really, like, deepen everything yeah. the show was doing before. Yeah. And, and really expand on... I, I mean, like, yeah, we... As crazy as the show, the first two seasons in The Empire Walk With Me were, in depicting the, the, the world that the show was taking place in, I mean, they just really pushed on the boundaries here uh with with series three um you know uh speaking of laura i was thinking about you know when laura took her face off and we see all the (laughs) white light and then how you know how could that you know maybe that's signifying you know as other people have said before that um you know maybe that's the laura orb right um and so it makes me think you know we saw the bob orb and sarah palmer took her face off and there right. was darkness inside, and yeah. so I'm like, "Well, is that the Bob Orb? Like, yeah. is is Bob in Sarah, or he's appearing as Sarah well, now? You know, that would, you know, it goes back to the ceiling, ceiling thing fan. being on in her house and everything, yeah. and uh, and it could be like, you know, the the uh, the bag boy did deliver the groceries, and then he got killed. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that was him like dying in the, yeah. in the kitchen uh, that we heard. Yeah. And um and it, you know and uh, when she took her face off we saw that smile which is a very bob thing. Definitely. And uh and I want to bring that up when we talk about Diane scene when she said that you know Cooper smiled at her and I'm like I think she saw the bob smile. That's what I thought you, too. Yeah. yeah, that that we saw in the mirror when he was in the yeah. prison and um and so uh so yeah I'm thinking maybe the woodsman took Bob out of Mr. C when when Ray shot Mr. C and like you know for for like safekeeping or something and then like put him into Sarah or or something like mm-hmm. that either either he's in Sarah or he's just appearing as Sarah I'm not sure yeah. which it is um but as much as I think experiment 
you know, is likely to come into play in some sense. Um, and it would sort of make sense if Sarah was experiment or something. I, I feel like, you know, connecting it to how we saw Laura in the orb uh, mm-hmm. would make sense too. Yeah. And that, and that that's supposed to be Bob in there. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, Bob is connected to And the spiritual finger. So. Yeah, the spiritual finger, too. Oh, yeah. Know, which yeah. was shown in there. Definitely. Um, uh, so, I mean, I feel like that could still tie in, even if she isn't uh, mm-hmm. inhabited mm-hmm. by experiments. So, um, yeah, I think that could work. That's why I was saying uh, earlier, like, I, I kind of want to check in on, like, I want Mr. C to verify. Is is Bob there mm-hmm. or not? Like, could mm-hmm. you just, like, say, oh, you're not there anymore? <clears throat> you know, he hasn't looked in the mirror since that one time, you know, when he was in prison. It makes me think he knows he's not there. Yeah, I, that's, that's, it's <clears throat> uh, a good point. Uh, and I guess, um, you know, when, when, uh, that was the thing. Uh, I think that was the, uh, when Ray, when he has the competition with Ray at the, at the farm, um, you know, and he's saying, you know, they, uh, there's something inside you that they want, you know. I, since he's going to kill Ray anyway, like, I kind of thought, like, that was the moment to say, well, you know, it's mm-hmm, not inside mm-hmm. me anymore. You know, um, if if he really uh, believed that or knew that to be true. I mean, he didn't have to say that to Ray, but just for the audience, that would be a good moment to clarify that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they chose not to, so I, it, that made me think he was still there, but um, <laughs> it's definitely... Uh, it's definitely possible that he's not. It's 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 weird uh, that they didn't him. make that clear because it just feels like that should be. I don't know. It just feels like that should have been. Um, you know, they should have mm-hmm. been able to convey that one way or the other. Or they could have had Ray suggest that it wasn't inside. They could they could basically have us have Ray say that his interpretation of what he saw right. was that they were taking Bob out of him. Yeah, and he could say they want that thing that was inside of you. Right. And then he could say, you know, confirm that or say, you know, it's the, no, it's, it's still inside me, you know, but right. they, didn't even, they didn't go that way either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be confirmed true, but just having just having Ray have that interpretation makes it seem like, oh, well, it was a valid way to, to look at that, you know. But mm-hmm. if he doesn't think that, then, of course, he was, you know, surrounded by woodsmen and obviously distract. I mean, I don't know. He saw the Bob thing, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I uh, yeah, the fact also the fact that he didn't say it makes me think um, that's that's a good point. It makes me think that it, he is still there. Um, uh, I don't know where that leaves Sarah Palmer exactly. I know but... it doesn't help. <laughs> it doesn't help. I, I I yeah, it's like he. It's like um, maybe Bob. Maybe when Bob is in orb form, it's like uh, quantum mechanics, so he can like be in two places at once. You know, right? Uh, it, it, but it's only when you sort of err uh, like two states at once. You know, literally yeah. two states. <laughs> yeah. Washington and South Dakota. Um, uh, And so, you know, so like, uh, that's really hilarious. (laughs) Because it's a pun. Um, And, uh, but like the idea that like, it's only when you check one of the locations that he has to be in one of those places. So he's sort of in Sarah and in Mr. C at the same time. But, you know. It's, so once you know Sarah took her face off and we see Bob, it's like okay, now he's really in, in her. But mm-hmm. but later he could be in Mr. C. You know? 
Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, don't discount quantum mechanics, okay? <laughs> I never discount quantum mechanics. <laughs> it's a good bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's uh, yeah, that's hilarious, and I I would love it if somehow that tied in. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it makes sense in a weird way. Uh, it's sort of like if it's not that, like, what are they gonna say that makes more sense? <laughs> <laughs> right touche yeah you guys do better then <laughs> yeah i really i'm really not i'm really not sure what they're gonna tell us there or really how any of that's gonna play out it's 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 strange going in like so i was gonna say that you know coming off the original series um uh you know i do feel like the the pattern uh going into uh season two like you know season one starts with this murder and uh there's this investigation and you know eventually like they come upon this idea of bob and you know then they come to discover that bob isn't actually a normal person he's some kind of inhabiting spirit you know and then sort of the next step from that is well not only that but he comes from a place where there's other things like that and you know other stuff going on there's this whole like other world um Mm -hmm. that he comes you know so like expanding expanding from this one murder to that and i I do feel like the you know the new series is kind of a natural progression from that which is like that that world is a part of a larger um you know kind of cosmos or universe or whatever Mm -hmm. um of of strange worlds with strange beings that uh interact with our world in various ways Mm -hmm. um there are various like portals and connections and so on and they intervene for various reasons and some of them can maybe possess some of them can make fake people um Mm -hmm. and you know there's these vortexes and stuff these connections um so I, i i think there's there's kind of a natural progression there from from the direction they were going um in uh in the original series it's just like really taking it to not just the next level but you know kind of several levels beyond that Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 like a huge uh advancement of that um yeah you know because it's like it's like it's a cable series i mean clearly you know they don't have a lot of the considerations that that they had back when it was you know a prime time drama on on ABC, um, where it had to be at least somewhat grounded. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like this this show has been way crazier than the original series was. Yep. So uh, yeah, so that's that's definitely been you know that's given a lot of room to put in these these kind of crazy baffling reveals and you know like part eight i I still don't understand part eight um i don't know if i'm gonna understand part eight after we watch the final thing um yeah it seems like it could go either way could they could they could just that could be all they have to say about it yeah and that's it and they don't ever go back to it or you know and we're supposed to understand what that meant you know or 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 yeah, I feel like it's equally likely they'll go back to it because we don't yeah. understand what they meant. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I do feel like we'll get more experiments and, you know, um, Bob will come into play and, and I think Laurel will come into play and stuff. And, and so maybe it'll fit. But yeah, specifically, I mean, the, the girl and the 50 uh, with the mm-hmm. bug thing, it's just like, how does that? Ah. 
I, I there's still a lot of weirdness it. there. Yeah, I was rewatching the first two parts, uh, and and um, you know, I was waiting with bated breath uh, for when we see the the woodsman for the first time. You know, in the jail cell with Hastings. And I gotta say, you know, having having you know seen the rest of the show up until this point, it's strange how they depicted the woodsman. You know, yeah. like he vanishes and then his head flies off, and and is sort of half there, half not. And we haven't seen any woodsman do that since. Yeah, yeah, that was one. Out time, of all yeah. the dozens we've seen, we've seen them do similar things, and it's like this weird mashup between. What we've seen the woodsman do, which is phase in and out, you know, of reality or whatever is going on there, sort of be there and disappear, sort of in this sort of constant, you know, um, way, um, or and and it's a combination of that with um, uh, Major Briggs' head flying off, um, right. and I, and so I thought that was interesting, like. Is that supposed to, you know, give us any information about what happened there? Because that's the only other time somebody's head flew off. And then there's this Ruth thing with Ruth's head being off. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, I don't even understand what was supposed to have happened this night. So you're telling me that, like, Hastings and Ruth or wherever the major is, uh, they give him the coordinates that they got from the military base. And he says Cooper and then his head flies off and disappears and then somehow Ruth is dead, and there's all these men around. Okay, Hastings, then what? Then you're left with 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 um with Briggs's body, his headless body, and then you're left apparently with just Ruth's head. And then you go and take them to her apartment and lay them in bed, and then you go home and go to sleep. Is that what is that what was supposed to have happened there? And then he thinks he had a dream, but he actually like did all that stuff, like. Because it seems like Mr. C is not the one who put Ruth's head and Briggs' body in in her apartment. You know, like, there's no fingerprints of his there that they found. They found Hastings' fingerprints. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Why did you have to bring you know, that and up? Why w- and why would Mr. C want... Because the real question that got me down this path was, like, why would Mr. C want the police to find those bodies like that? Yeah. And I don't know the answer to that. Now, we do know later, you know, we find out later, of course, that Briggs' body has the, has the ring in there. So maybe that's right. a Mr. C thing. Yeah. But, um, but we talked before about how that didn't really help the, the FBI lead them to Vegas or anything. Right. You know, uh, they didn't really need the ring to sort of, to sort of do that. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's all kinds of weird. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, I guess Hastings... So yeah, I don't know. It's and then I'm thinking, how did he carry Briggs's body and like her head all the way home? <laughs> it just I just couldn't imagine. Like, what are we supposed to? Or did a portal open up and they and he just wound? They just him the body and the head wound up back at her place, and then he put it in the bed and left. You know, I don't know. I just got really bogged down with that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, uh, I agree, uh, that it's very easy to get by. I, I guess I didn't think he did it, but then, um, I, I guess I thought his fingerprints were there just because he was there, you know, from before. That he had been there before. Sure, sure, sure. But then who did it? Well, <laughs> see, 
You had to you had to go there. <laughs> See, I thought we could just drop it. I didn't think he did it. Can we move on now? <laughs> Can we move on? No, we have to identify who actually did it. Yeah, I, the why. woodsman. It, I you know I I don't know. Uh, okay, hey hey, I'll take the woodsman. They can do stuff. <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean I think you know it, it's possible. Um, it's I guess that's well, kind of what I imagined. If Mister C didn't do it, then I would assume it was the woodsman. So did the wizard put the ring in in what? in? Uh, uh, God, because you know they can reach into stomachs and pull things out. So maybe they can put things in stomachs. You know they pulled out Mister C. I mean, uh, Bob oh yeah, stomach. So that's a fair maybe point. They could, maybe they could put things in stomachs. That's a fair point. Now, why would they do that? You know, did did Mister C ask them to do it? Again, why wasn't he there? I just, uh, it's it's just weird that he wasn't involved in that, if he wasn't involved in mm-hmm. that. Um, I, like, I just, it's like he's hovering around, he's involved, you know, there's the Phyllis thing. He's with thing. Phyllis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's, you know. He's having a, like, yeah, Hastings even says he, you know, when, mm-hmm. when, when, when Phyllis says, you know, I know you've been having an affair with Ruth, and Hastings, you know, he was, like, sobbing, and then he gets all angry, and he's like, yeah. he's like, I know you're having an affair with George, the lawyer, and possibly someone, someone else. else, and now we know the someone else is Mr. Yeah. C, you yeah. know, but it's, um, and, it's, and then why? It seems like Mr. C was just trying to get the coordinates from Phyllis. Surely that's what it, it was. It was almost like he knew there was coordinates, but he knew also that he couldn't trust any one person to give him the right coordinates and that right. he needed as many different coordinates as possible right, right. from different people to sort of cross because he needed them from the secretary through yeah. Ray and he needed Phyllis. Maybe that's you know? the idea. Yeah, but, but also he didn't seem to just want to get it directly from Hastings, which is right. the thing I don't really get. The obvious thing, yeah. 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 It's always these, like, extra levels of mm-hmm. how he's going to get it going through other people. And, yeah, hiring Ray and Daria to get it from the secretary. Um, and it, it like the mean- two people who have it, he's trying to get it from other people who he thinks have it. Right. Instead of going two people he knows mm-hmm. have it which which would mean like maybe he okay ruth is dead at some point right but like why is he ever targeting hastings for the coordinates right. you know yeah, and then, yeah, yeah you know then you have the woodsman at the jail cell i mean was he was you know the way the woodsman was looking to i feel like they haven't really done since like he it yeah. just he comes off very strangely for a woodsman which is a lot I agree. Um, it was, and I'm, I'm yeah. like, well, maybe I'm, maybe you know, that was right after Phyllis was in the, was talking to Hastings. So I'm like, maybe the woodsman was eavesdropping for Mister C and thinking mm-hmm. Hastings is gonna give the coordinates to Phyllis or something. Mm-hmm. Although Phyllis already gave the coordinates to Mister C, I think, because uh, Mister C references that Phyllis did a good job or something. Mm-hmm. So it's. <laughs> Like I said, twenty five more years of trying to figure this plot out. <laughs> that just getting is, started. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that plot is definitely the biggest mess. Uh, it's really hard, uh, you know. Not to mention, like, I guess, I guess we're never just gonna never gonna go back to it because it's like, how could we? But what about the guy at the uh, apartment complex, Ruth's apartment complex? Uh, Hank Fillmore. Yeah, yeah. Talking yeah. about uh, what Chip or Hank and Harvey and Chip. Harvey. And, yeah, like he gets uh, on the phone. There's he's like, oh no, no, there. no, 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 no. Chip ain't got no phone. I love. That's one of my favorite lines. I, oh no, 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 no. Chip ain't got no phone. <laughs> you know anything about Chip? You know he ain't got no phone. Um, 
<laughs> I thought that was going to come back because they right? spent time on it. So it it's just... such a Mulholland Drive like scene. You yeah, know, the cops totally. coming and doing something, and then behind the scenes, like this guy's got is in his own world and, yeah. and, and his own little crime thing. And, and he's totally misunderstanding the situation. You know, he thinks that Harvey called the cops on him because right. of what he whatever he's got going with Chip, but then there's this extra level of weirdness that, like, Harvey, Harvey, you know, bowed out of it. Like, he opted out, and so there's this weird thing where he's like, no, nah, man, it's just for me and Chip, because, you know... But And then there's, like, you know, again, you know, with the names, you know, that whole thing with the Audrey storyline with the 20 names involved. Yeah. Like, they start that here, yeah. where, like, the... Um, you know, the lady who's Ruth's neighbor who has her key to water her plants mm-hmm. when she's away... She's like, oh, oh, the building manager. Oh, he's, uh, what was he sick or he's away or something? But when he, and this was great. It was like, yeah, when he leaves, he leaves the keys with, 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 uh, with Chip. But, but, oh man, I forgot exactly how she phrased it. But like Chip, but like I think Harvey is the is the brother, right? It was this weird thing where he doesn't leave the keys with the brother. He leaves it with Chip. It was this mm-hmm. weird, this extra weird level there. Um, uh, but yeah, this this seems weird. I agree. I thought that that would come to something and that would that would matter. Yeah. Uh, and is it does it have something to do with? Oh, maybe. Oh, well, maybe this is how it could tie in. I was just like, how could this tie into the Ruth being dead stuff? Um, maybe. Since since these guys kind of get the keys, I forgot how it goes, but one of these guys has the keys sometimes. Um, maybe they let the person in to Ruth's place who put the bodies in oh. there, okay. and like they were they were paid off or something, and sure. that's what he's talking about. And 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 somehow Harvey opted out, but he and Chip did it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe that's what it was. Maybe the person needed help carrying the body up there. Because it's heavy, right? And it was, you know, maybe it was concealed, so they didn't know exactly what they were doing. Sure, but maybe it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> it works. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's better than nothing. Um, yeah, and it's supposed to be some hint of of, of how that plot line got started. Yeah, the larger conspiracy involved. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, wouldn't mind. Wouldn't have minded a slight follow up to clarify <laughs> that. But hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's more than I can ask sometimes. Apparently. Um. So yeah, that's a uh, that's a good point. Um. Can you can you solve like one one nine lady and? <laughs> oh no! Not one one nine. Oh you no! Got anything for that? about that oh i forgot about that because <laughs> that's I something forgot. where i was like they went back to her repeatedly like what what is this about and it's really not clear is she experiment oh god <laughs> oh man i did have this crackpot theory about experiment though of like the, the different times we saw it. like maybe like i thought like okay because now i'm contradicting myself like Within the idea that experiment is Sarah Palmer now instead mm-hmm. of Bob, like I said two seconds ago, right, right. Um, uh, maybe the idea is like when we first see experiment in space or whatever, shooting out Bob. Like I think I think it had like a sort of formless face, like there was no real features on the yeah. face. I think, 
right? And then the next time we see its experiment model, and it has a sort of malformed face, like yeah. there's some features, but they're sort of not really there. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, well, maybe the third incarnation is her as Sarah Palmer. So the idea was she was like transforming herself into Sarah Palmer. Mm-hmm. And like, and you know, and, and the idea that like, you know, her face is kind of like, like it was clay or something, you know? So like this idea of it molding. And then when Sarah takes her face off, you know, it's very, it's, it's like a, it's like a shell, you know, it's very, uh, it kind of goes along with that pottery sort of idea, yeah. you know, um, so I was like, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's what Experiment was doing over time or something, was morphing into Sarah or whatever, mm-hmm. or a human form or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting. Got all that New York stuff with the boxes, <laughs> I'm so confused about, I just... yeah. Like here's the question, and I think I, I think we asked this before when we were on that episode. But the question I feel like the only question to ask about the box is, did it do what it was supposed to do or not? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know. I don't. Either. I don't know yeah. because what's interesting is, and I did. I I only caught this when I went back on the rewatch because I for, I forgot this the sequence of events. But I'm thinking what happened was, you know, Cooper is told. I know we're on a long tangent here, but. This is the end of the series, so we're going to be on a lot of tangents. Uh, Cooper is told by Mike, you know, you can go out now. Cooper asks Laura, you know, when uh, when can I go out? And then she whispers and she kisses him and whispers in the ear that she flies away somewhere. Not unlike a tulpa, I want to say. She kind of flies out of screen like the tulpas do. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. It's true. Uh, and so uh, then, uh, let's see, she, she flies away. Oh, and then then Mike is like, you know, then Mike does is a future, is a past, you know, so that I thought that, that was interesting again to see that like come up because uh, I think that's something like that's happening with uh, the, the the second scene of the series, which is Cooper talking to the firemen right. uh, in the in the black and white world. Um, so, OK, yeah. So then Cooper gets up, you know, to follow Mike. Mike takes him through a room in the in the Black Lodge, the red curtain stuff. And then he finally gets to the room with the evolution of the arm, you know, the sycamore tree with the brain on top. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, he tells him a bunch of stuff, you know, two, five, three, time and time again and all that right. stuff. And then, and then uh, Cooper goes out of the room. I think he leaves with Mike, then he goes out. And then like, then we see Cooper like on his own in like the hallway portion. And he tries to go through, uh, you know, out, out of the hallway curtains, and then it's like a, a a sound happens, and he can't go through that way. So then he reverses course and goes back, and then when he goes back into the room, the evolution of the arm isn't there. And then I think I think he either crosses that room or goes back. I forget which way he goes, but he goes out of that room, and then we get the weirdness happens where he sees the, like the shot of the big uh, red room. And then it starts doubling. We see it overlay on top of itself. Mm-hmm. And then we see Mike say something's wrong. And then the evolution of the arm says, my doppelganger. Yeah. And then we get a shot of the, the statue in the hallway. And then, yeah. then we see Cooper going down the hallway. Then he opens the curtains and he sees Mr. C driving. And I think, you know, oh, and this also goes back to um, Hawk. And him in the woods at Glassbury Grove, you know, the famous phone call, right. uh, the anachronistic phone call where he's like with, with um, uh, the log lady where he's yeah. like, hey, you know, something's happening here tonight. 
I think that was supposed to be Cooper coming out from the black from like the normal way you go through the Glastonbury yeah. portal. I think Cooper was supposed to come out then, mm-hmm. um, and he did. And I think it's because the evolution of the armed doppelganger put Cooper on this other course. Yeah, and I and I think what he might have done was somehow like duplicate the Black Lodge. Like I I kind of think that's what we're supposed to get from those two Black Lodge shots overlaying on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Like, he sort of brings Cooper into, like, an alternate version of it or something, one that he can maybe control. Yeah. And so Cooper's sort of all, already sort of off course. And then he does the non-existent thing and then drops Cooper into the void. And then the part I forgot, I thought he flew through space a lot longer, but he, he very quickly flies through space, and then he's immediately at the box in New York. Yeah. So, yeah, so that to me is like, okay, the evolution of the arm specifically sent him to the box in New York. Yeah. You know, uh, before I always thought, oh, it was like an accident. It, you know, it was just like he just threw him out and didn't care where he went. Right. But it's like, okay, no, he, he did go there. Um, he did send him there on purpose. Now, the question is, what's the point of the box, right? I was watching this, this again, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> what's up with this box? How, why would you have cameras trained on its box 24-7 and you, the main goal to have somebody there watching is to make, is to see if something appears in the box and also keep this, you know, technology going and recording. And I thought, I'm thinking the only reason, you know, unless the box was supposed to, you know, capture something, the only reason you would want to record all the time is so you don't miss if something is in the box and the reason i think you wouldn't want to miss it is because you want to be alerted to when the thing appears in the box so i'm like does that so does that mean that this box was just a way for you know for mr c to know that you know cooper is has left the black lodge you know so if if like he, if somehow Mister C communicated with Doppelganger Evolution of the Arm, and was like send Cooper out, you know the other way, the back door, mm-hmm. and then and then the 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 box Mister C ostensibly could be alerted. Okay, now Cooper's out of the Black Lodge now. Right. And and then like maybe that would help align some plans of his because otherwise he he just, he doesn't know when Cooper's going to come out. Right. I mean, it seemed like there was some, to some degree, like a predetermined thing there. Um, well, there's a predetermined. When, it's predetermined when Mister C is going to get pulled back into the Black Lodge. Yeah. But I don't think we can really say if that is exactly the same thing as when Cooper's going to leave. Well, if it's supposed to be true that you have to go, he has to. Go out? No, you have to go out yeah, before but, he can come in. Then it should be the same time. Well, but but you know, Mike also said one of you has to die, and it's been a while, and neither of them is dead. You know, uh, so maybe, uh, yeah, maybe it's fuzzy what exactly that means. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I agree that that you know that that's a thing, but um, yeah, but it but but I feel like why would why would Cooper know when? I'm sorry, why would Mister C know when Cooper is going to leave? You know, or is it the idea that because that was the other question is, why can Cooper leave now? And is it like the doorway opens up every 25 years mm-hmm. and you can you can exit it now? Yeah. 
And it's sort of it's not it's not that Mr. C is going to get pulled back because Cooper's coming out. It's just that the doorway is going to open, and when the doorway opens, Cooper can leave. And when the doorway opens, Mr. C just gets pulled in because he he shouldn't be out anyway. Right. And like the only reason he's out this whole time is because the doorway has been closed. Yeah. Twenty five years. Yeah, that's that makes sense, but it just models everything. <laughs> of course. Because because the part that models it is yeah, here's the the thing that models it is because later what we actually see is that Dale's entrance into the world is a, a catalyst for yeah. a Cooper returning. Right. And I feel like those are really supposed to be two separate things because the first part is like the normal plan, right? That every twenty five years the doors opens and if there's a doppelganger that's out on the land, it gets pulled back in, right? Yeah. Which is just a normal thing. But with his I guess maybe his plan was, you know, send Dale to you know, don't let Dale exit the Black Lodge. Make Dale go to the purple place or something, if that's a prison world, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, like send him off the track somewhere else. But then once we get to that point when he goes to the machine, the electrical socket that does trigger. Yeah, see, I don't know. I'm, I just get myself wrapped in knots with that storyline. <laughs> yeah, it's confusing because it it's yeah, there's there are parts of it that seem like uh, pl- part of the plan, and then there are parts of it that <laughs> seem like you know seemingly uh, quasi random occurrences. Yeah, um, and it's not really clear um, where that line is. Uh, I do like the idea that the box was supposed to inform him something about cooper um but yeah it's it seemed like that plan was in place but then how much of that did he actually have control over um that's not clear uh yeah the box might help uh you know at least you know get some information about about like you're saying cooper exiting the black lodge if not the you know the wider like zone type place Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. So. Yeah. You know, because it it does that weird tesseract type thing where the box folds in on itself, and I don't, and, and it's like, is that is that due to the machinery underneath? Is that what that machinery is for? Because they spend some time focusing on that. Um, right. And you know, maybe that machinery is some sort of you know reality warping thing, and it can like, and you know, does it is it is 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 its job to send him to the purple place mm-hmm. and, and like okay great cooper will be stuck in the purple place right. and they don't know that nido is there and and mm-hmm. it's gonna do some stuff and and um get out anyway yeah yeah but 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 again we go back to the idea that mr c did see dougie go back to the black lodge yeah. and he does seem to know that cooper is in the real world yeah so if the plan was to was to you know um you know, shipwreck Cooper, him on yeah. the on the in the purple place. That somehow he knows that that didn't end up working. Right, right, yeah. I I guess it could be a backup <laughs> plan, but yeah. But anyway, there seems to be some collusion or possible collusion between um, uh, the evolution of the arm and doppelganger. Doppelganger, and, uh, yeah. Which would make sense, you know, the idea that the doppelgangers are. Uh, sort of natural allies. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I could see that. Um, 
Oh, another thing, uh, going back to what we were talking about with Ruth real quick. Um, remember when we saw her dead body, her dead head, her eye was shot out? Yeah. I just wanted to bring up, like, still don't understand what that's about. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That makes it seem like Mr. C killed her. I know. I, that's what I was going to say, like, because that's, you know, Phyllis seemed to have her eye shot out, although mm-hmm. I don't think we ever get it confirmed. But yeah. from how... The, the the blood splatter effect looked it sort of looked like he shot her in the face yeah um but yet it seems like from Hastings' story you know Ruth died some other way like yeah, her head that's being not what happened. severed yeah yeah Ugh. yeah that's weird oh what a mm-hmm. mess oh my god that plot <laughs> <laughs> that's so ridiculous so ridiculous um yeah that's a good uh, uh... It doesn't help, though. Mm-mm. Um, all right. Well, we're not going to solve it here. You want to go to the Obviously next Obviously not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, we'll solve it soon when we see the last one, maybe. But, oh, yeah. we're going to solve it all by the end. There'll <laughs> be no questions left. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. All right. Um... Let's see. So we're back with uh, Cooper uh, on the road. He's driving. He asked Jenny E how to get to the Silver Mustang Casino, which I thought was a weird question because I'm like, I thought you were aware of things as Dougie. Yeah, yeah. But somehow you weren't aware of driving directions. Yeah, that's yeah, that's weird. You're right. Good point. Um, uh, she asks if he's going to start gambling again. He says they're going to go see the Mitchum brothers. Sonny Jim remarks that Dad can, Dad can drive really good. Janie E gets a look on her face of a satisfied woman. <laughs> um, we go to oh shit, the next scene is important. You want to say anything before we move? Yeah, on? I mean this is this is pretty much purely functional. I I have more, a bit more to say about them, but we got another thing with them, so yeah, we can go to the next thing. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh no, I don't even. Why do I have to describe this? It's. Oh, sorry, you know, it's uh, one of the pains of <laughs> oh, being no. in charge of the scenes. Um, all right, here we go, everybody. Strap yourselves in. Oh, wow. Oof. Sorry, let me get let me get ready for this. This is, this is such a <laughs> some deep breathing exercise. This is such or... a scene. It's such a sequence yeah, here. All right, definitely. okay. So here we go. We're at a bar. We're at the Diane drinking bar where she's been drinking recently. Uh, but right now she's having a cigarette. Uh, she picks up her phone and she sees a text message from unknown that says "smiley face all," and she's completely taken aback and afraid and has some huge emotional response. Uh, she unlocks her phone and sort of reads the message again. It is not good news. She puts the phone in her purse and takes the last sip of her drink uh, as fear wells up inside her. Um, she says, I remember. Oh, Coop, I remember. Ooh, man. Um, <laughs> next, she texts uh, what appears to be coordinates back to the unknown sender and says, I hope this works. Oh, man. <sighs> We Thanks, <laughs> Diane. Way to fucking make it worse. It's the very last moment she makes it worse. She pulled up, yeah, it's like that lost, like the linen thing or something. Like the last mm-hmm. thing, like actually like makes it even worse mm-hmm. than it already was. 
Because it's yeah. like, don't say that, because that's not you should have you should have sent them before you got that message. Don't don't mm-hmm. say like, oh Coop, I remember. I hope this works. Then it's like, what the fuck are you doing? What do you I, remember? I don't Cause... I don't know what she remembers either. Does it does that just mean like up until now she didn't really remember what happened? <laughs> She just pretended what, like she well, did. Like what uh, Coop is she talking? Is she talking about the good Cooper or Mr. C? Is she saying like, oh, good Cooper, I remember that you have been taken over by this evil doppelganger, you know, like, yeah. or is she saying, oh, Mr. C, I remember that you raped me. Like right. the way she says it in this scene, in this part here makes it seem like a, like she's doing something for the good Dale. Good Dale. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, that's you know. I hope this works. Meaning, like, I hope I can trick him, trick yeah. the bad Cooper. Yeah. That's how it comes off. But then, what is she remembering then? Right. You know, or or I remember the difference between you two. I remember what right. the good Cooper was like. And, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It's. Hundred percent unclear. We've barely gotten started, and we don't know what's happening. I know. I know. It's already uh, a mess. And I guess someone. I guess you could look at these coordinates i didn't do the work homework but i guess you can look at these coordinates that she texts and see if they're the same ones from ruth's arm yeah uh, and see if she's texting she's most likely texting the wrong coordinates but um it'd be you could you could verify that right but then it's weird because the timeline is off um since he sends we see smiley face all we see Mr. C send it, um, you know, after Richard's already exploded. So, you know, she's sending fake coordinates. It's not to that place, presumably. Um, well, I mean, but they... she's responding to his all text. Mm-hmm. So how could it not be to him? What? No, no, no. I mean, I think it's to him, but I just mean uh, it doesn't lead to that same trap, you know, that uh, that Richard ends up in. Well, that's the thing. So you're saying she's texting a fourth coordinate. Yeah, I guess that's what it would have to mean. <laughs> yeah. See, I I think he's. I think it's the third coordinate that leads to, or or it's either the second one that confirms the one that maybe Jeffrey sent. If Jeffrey was trying to kill him too, um, tea kettle Jeffries. Um, what about Ray though? <laughs> Ray's well, the that's real the ones? same. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know which three he has. I don't. I, I'm not sure what. I know that. Uh, why is that hard? I mean, should that really? <laughs> why? I don't get it. I don't get why that's hard. That should be easy. Yeah, that should be really easy. We really don't need. We got enough problems. We don't need like suddenly like I have three coordinates and two of them match and I won't tell where they came from mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like it's like, it's like uh, I have three coordinates two of them match and five of them don't yeah exactly like, what? <laughs> exactly yeah and then and then we see him send a message and then we see Diane send him coordinates but then it's it's like that has to be after he said that so then it's like now now there's four of them like is it really is that really what's happening or is is something wrong with the continuity or are we supposed to think that she sent him some coordinates earlier off screen it's just like oh what is happening why why is this a mess Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't get it yeah, I, I don't get it either. Uh, I was trying to just go back and double check if if then that scene when Mr. C kills Phyllis, um, it, 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 if he does say 
or intimate that she gave him coordinates. I'm trying to find uh, this real quick. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, she says, what are you doing here? And he goes, you did good. <laughs> so that's what made me think she gave him coordinates, too. But right. I, I don't know what you did good was. I mean, the circumstance here is that Hastings is in prison uh, or in jail for potentially murdering Ruth. Uh was that what Phyllis was supposed to have happen? Uh, yeah, maybe um, she's just helping. I mean, that just that seems like a, such a petty thing to worry about, but just the cover up of the Ruth murder. I mean, but why would? Yeah, why would Mister C have a romance with Phyllis? <laughs> just to what? Like, uh, I don't to, know. What to have her? I mean, she's like, you're gonna go away for a long time. Blah blah blah. And listen, listen. This thing with Hastings and Phyllis, I'm sorry, Hastings and Ruth and 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 Briggs, that happened like last night, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> how long could Mister C has really been dealing with Phyllis if well, like this thing just happened? You know, like that's why I was saying like there's every indication that he was hanging around there for some time before that event happened. Mm-hmm. And that really makes me wonder why, again, why he wasn't there if he was there, and if he was there, why doesn't he know the coordinates? <laughs> oh man! I mean, so it's anyway, just, it's I know, I know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> hopeless. Anyway, we don't know how many coordinates he has, who they okay. came from, who, who gave him from. the wrong ones, and who gave him the right ones. Because I agree, Diane's line seems like it implies she's sending him the wrong coordinates, and that fucking kills me because it's just like. I, I then I'm then I'm just totally stuck. Or she's saying I'm sending him what he wants from me. This is the only thing he wants from me, and and he'll be done with me. I like I hope Maybe. this works. That this will get him off my back. Like, yeah, that's Maybe. the other interpretation that could work here. Okay, it yeah. does. The way she comes off, it seems like it's like the good Diane. You know, yeah, like, definitely. Definitely. The closest um, we right, have so... gotten to the true Diane at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no bangles. No bangles. <laughs> no eye bangle. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah. Um, so she texts what appears to be the coordinates back to the unknown sender. She says, I hope this works. We see Diane has a gun in her purse. Uh, she gets up from the bar and begins to walk as some ominous foreboding music plays. And fast back, this is the same music Mm -hmm. that played uh, in part one when we got introduced to Mr. C. uh, When he goes, when he's driving in uh, at night, and he goes to pick up Grand Aria. Yeah, the original intro. The original intro. Mr. C. Yeah. Maybe Mr. Mr. C's theme. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Which there's (laughs) a clear connection there. So maybe he'll get a dance at the Roadhouse. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so, okay, she goes to an elevator. She presses the up button. You know, up. You yeah. know, things go up on this show. Um, <laughs> up. Let's say it again. She True. gets off the elevator, and she walks down a hallway. Uh, in the room, Gordon Cole turns his head towards the door. Uh, Diane arrives at the door. Gordon tells her to come in before she even knocks. Yeah. Diane enters to find Gordon, Albert, and Tammy. Um, Diane sits down across from them. She says they asked about the night Cooper came to visit, and she's going to tell them. Albert offers her a drink, and she accepts. 
Uh, we see Diane fidget with her purse. She takes some sips from the drink and she pulls out cigarettes from her purse. And then she gives a speech. I'm just going to read. Um, okay. <clears throat> stop me if I get too much information that we need to talk about. Okay. Um, her speech uh, goes like this. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it was three, maybe four years after, uh, after I stopped hearing from Cooper. I was still working at the bureau. One night, no knock, nor do- nor do- uh, no doorbell. Sorry, he just walked in. I was standing in my living room. Oh, I was so happy to see him. I held him so close, and we sat on my sofa. We started talking. I just wanted to hear everything about where he'd been and what he had been doing. Uh, he only wanted to know about what had been going on at the bureau. It felt like he was grilling me, but I told myself he was he was just. Uh, he was just excited to hear about Bureau News. Oh, poor you know, as, as one is wont to do. Uh, and then he leaned really in. He leaned in to kiss me. Uh, it only happened once before. Uh-oh. Uh, but mm-hmm. as soon as uh, his lips touched mine, something went wrong. And I felt afraid. Uh, and he said, and he saw the fear in me. And he smiled. She starts crying here. He smiled. Um... And his face, she trails off, and that's when it started. He raped me. He raped me. Afterward, he took me somewhere. He took me somewhere like an old gas station, uh, an old gas station. And then she starts gasping and and sort of really loses it here. And she says, I'm in the sheriff's station. I'm in the sheriff's station. I sent him the coordinates. I'm in the sheriff's station because, because I'm not me. I'm not me. And she sort of says that a lot. And then she pulls out her gun to shoot, but Albert and Tammy fire first. Uh, and then uh, they, they sort of kill her, and she sort of flutters out off screen to the sky. And Tammy says, wow, they're real. That was a real Talpa. Thanks, Tammy. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Gordon asks about, quote, sheriff station. And then they all sort of look at the chair she was sitting in. Yeah. Oof, Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely a lot there. I I think, uh, as I was following along there, he smiled and his face. I definitely think you're right. It's, he's, she's seeing Bob. She saw Bob. It's definitely what that sounds like. 100%. Um, so, I mean, like, part of this is a little bit, uh, seems like it's a little bit tied in with the, uh, Phil Jeffries thing that Albert was talking about. Um, this idea that he, he went to visit Diane and he's, like, trying to get information about the FBI, what's going on Mm -hmm. at the FBI. It Mm -hmm. seems like that's, uh, I mean, I, again, I have no specific connection to make there, but it seems like that should be somehow related to whatever was going on when so-called Philip Jeffries called Albert and asked for their man in Rio uh, and uh, they, um, or Columbia or whatever, and they uh, gave it, uh, he, Albert gave him that information and then uh, the guy ended up being killed. Um, You know, this seems like it's roughly from that era. I think he said five years, so maybe it's a Mm -hmm. little after that, but it's some indication of like something he was doing during that period. Um, And it seems like uh, in addition to getting information from the FBI, you know, part, a big part of the purpose was to, I guess, take her to the convenience store and, you know, uh, turn her into, or at least not turn her into, but like make a Tulpa version of her. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I guess uh, another thing uh, here that I'll point out is, um, what was it? It only happened once before. I think you paused yeah. on that. Um, so what I'll say about that is that uh, this is just something I know from what I've, I've seen people say. I have never read uh, Cooper's uh, autobiography, My Life, My Tapes. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe somewhere in there it is uh, implied that, uh, you know, that he and Diane had like had like a thing once and yeah. it does seem like that's what they're referencing here i'm so i'm surprised they made my life my tapes i mean i guess there's a logic there for where the scene's going but i'm surprised that uh that book something from that book like actually came up um mm -hmm. yeah, specifically here uh but yeah the idea that they generally didn't um do anything but uh but yeah it, it did happen once uh but obviously not like this um yeah uh so uh yeah so that's uh that's one thing and then um the uh i sent him i sent him those coordinates like i i wonder why she says that uh is she is she regretting sending him the coordinates yeah is and that's she... actually a good point that she she mentions that because she doesn't say i sent him fake coordinates yeah yeah. So that makes me think it's the it's and it's the coordinates from Ruth's arm. Yeah, and Albert saw her looking at them, so in context it makes it seem like she's saying I sent him the real coordinates. Yeah, and that would mean that of the three he has, the third one that it's not the trap is what she sent him. Yeah, exactly. She sent him the real ones, even though the timeline doesn't make sense. Right, right. Uh and yeah. um and that would mean that the first two should be Ray and Philip Jeffries. Yeah. yeah. But that would mean that Philip Jeffries tried to kill him. Yep. yep. Uh, the tea kettle Philip Jeffries, yep. which is which 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 calls into question everything he said. He wasn't as helpful as he seemed, apparently. And maybe In, Judy was a red herring. He was just trying to lead him into a trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I well, never why guessed. would he say why would he say you've already met her? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Like, is that more enticing? Like, if, if, if you think somebody's threatening you and you don't know who it is, it, it, it's being told that you've already met them. Like, mm -hmm. is that is that good? Like, oh, great. Well, now I really need to go find who they are because yeah. I already know them. Like, that's weird. It is weird. I agree. I agree. It's, uh, yeah, that's a strange detail. Um, and then, uh, I mean, the sheriff station, obviously, I mean, we talked about that some, but... Uh, you know, to me, all I got on that is that she's Nido. Well, it, it really, really, really ups the ante. I mean, the scene's already crazy. I mean, everything with the end has been really crazy. Uh, but this idea that at the end, and it's not, it's not unlike like Leland's confession uh, when he dies. Yeah. Um, you know, where he just throws in like extra information in there that makes it worse. You're like, yeah. oh no, don't tell me you knew, you know, Bob, all this like stuff with Bob. And um, so, yeah, it's interesting. But, but this whole idea of she's like, I'm at the sheriff, I'm in the sheriff station. Man, that really makes this worse. Yeah. Um, because not only is it that Diane's a Talpa, and then this sentence means. That there's some other idea or version of her out there somewhere at the sheriff station that she says. So that's that's the second level of weirdness. But then the third level of weirdness is is that she can tap into that other person. That there's actually right. some kind of connection, connection there that she yeah. can understand. Like, um, yeah, yeah, and and yeah, the I'm not me. Does that I mean? 
is she just is she really just saying like I'm not real, like mm-hmm. I'm not a real person, or is she saying, hey, I have the consciousness of Diane Evans, the real Diane Evans. I'm in a tulpa body, but like this is not my body. You know, this I'm not I'm not who I'm supposed to be. I'm in a fake body. Yeah, and like you know what I mean. Like, and she needs to go. Her consciousness needs to go into the Nido body or something. Mm-hmm. And then she'll be, she can talk again or something, right. you know? Like, Maybe. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I, that just seems like the the most, like, reasonable, which is a weird thing to say, like, the most reasonable connection, like, of something mm-hmm. we know about to Diane at the sheriff's station. I mean, we had no reason to think Nido was connected to Diane, but, uh, you know, it's really just that she says, I'm in the sheriff's station, and Nido and Diane, you know, those those sounds have some, have some, uh, a lot of things in common. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, since she just showed up and she can't speak and stuff, it's sort of like, yeah, it does seem like, maybe it's what you're saying. I agree, I'm not me is confusing. Is, is she just saying she's a tulpa? Um, like I'm a copy of a real thing and, and Mm -hmm. like you're saying, like I'm not real or yeah. Is there some extra level to that? Um, it's not clear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To say the least, but it's definitely an interesting thing to throw in at the end. And it, it does make me think that, you know, maybe there's a chance that we'll actually get to meet the real Diane Mm -hmm. before this thing's over. Yeah, yeah. Well, the question is, how many women is Cooper going to save before the end of this show? I mean, mm-hmm. he's got Laura, he's got Diane, yeah, he's got yeah. Nido. Yeah, Audrey, uh, potentially. Audrey, yeah, there's four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least four. I don't know, is he going to be able to help Sarah Palmer somehow? Yeah, Sarah Palmer. <laughs> yeah, I also wanted to mention, back back to the conversation about the, the orbs and the lorbs and the borbs. Um <laughs> When we saw the top, when we saw the Dougie Talpa and the and Diane Talpa, I do hate that word for some reason. I don't like the way it sounds. I guess <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, Tibetan. Give them a break. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame Tibet, but it's <laughs> blame um, Tibet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> their fault. Their word. Better sounding words. Um, but uh, you know, when when their head flies off, there's like this black smoke inside of their head. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just want to contrast that with the with the white light inside of Laura. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Do you yeah. want to talk about that next part too? What we're at? What's the next part? Just uh. uh oh di- yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can mention that real quick. So we go to the Black Lodge. Uh, we see uh, Diane sitting in the chair where the real Dougie was uh, sitting in when he went to the Black Lodge. Mike tells her, someone manufactured you. She says, I know. Fuck you. Um, Diane then begins to dissemble. Uh, uh, disassemble. Her shoulders rattle like a snake. Her face cracks open like an egg. Black smoke comes out. As Such does a similes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, black smoke comes out like a chimney. Uh, and uh, <laughs> There we go. Nice. As does a gold bead, um, her head then flies off and black smoke billows out from her neck. The rest of her body flaps like a flag in the wind. (laughs) Uh, And then crumples to the chair like a piece of paper. And (laughs) 
uh, with the gold bead. Um, yep. Mike covers his eyes as yep. what is left of Diane transforms to the sound of electricity into just the bead sitting in the chair. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is super interesting. It's so cool to get another sequence of, of somebody um, disassembling into their constituent parts. Yeah, um, I, and I definitely liked... Uh, I like the fact that she... She was like, yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. uh, like, that. that's just not the reaction I expected. Um, it, it begs... What does the fuck you attitude come from? You know, like her last, her last words as a conscious entity is fucking you. Yeah, is that programmed in or is that like an emergent property of the programming? Yeah, I mean, is it is it because of her situation that she hates everything because she somehow deep down knows that she's not mm -hmm. real? Yeah. And so that's why she's so hostile? Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, there's also the, the mythological issue here of the, you know, she doesn't have the ring. Nope. Uh, and yet uh, she is transported to the Black Lodge, just like uh, Dougie was. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, even even Ray. Um, mm -hmm. Not exactly. I guess Ray was dead, but, you know, he, he was transported there in some sense. Um, so sort of like, how does that, I don't know, how does that work? Is that, is that just kind of a, uh, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a plot error? Just a bit Well, here's a, the difference. Quite here's the difference. Or... I think the difference is that you can maybe surmise that if Dougie was killed, he would go back to the Black Lodge. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, you know, and maybe... I don't know. It's weird because Mr. C has people trying to kill him. And if he does die, he should go to the Black Lodge. But I don't know if that helps him with... Ah, that makes it worse now. Because his plan is to not go to the Black Lodge. And when Cooper comes out, his plan is to have Dougie go back in. Yet, he's got people trying to kill Dougie. And if they do succeed... Then he should go back in before. Well, Cooper now I'm assuming they out. were waiting for Cooper, not for Dougie. That's what I always assumed. Well, yeah, that's fair, but then that's then then that means that Coop, that Mister C knows, like where. Ah, that means he knows exactly when Cooper's going to come through. Then yeah, which he shouldn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he knows that. Um, yeah, it's weird. Um, I mean, okay. maybe yeah. I don't know. <laughs> You're right. Uh, maybe the box helps with that somehow. But if Dougie, but if Dougie walks out of the door, yeah, they're, they're gonna shoot him. You would think so. Yeah, uh, but it. Yeah. Seems, yeah. I mean, once the thing happens, then he knows. You know. Um, and since the thing happens at that moment, and that's when we see them stationed there, I don't know, it just makes me think he knew it was going to happen at that moment. I don't know why. I don't know why he was driving when it happened if he knew it was going to happen at that moment. Um, mm -hmm. Seems weird. Of course, again, uh, going to the prison seems like it was all part of the plan, uh, but, uh, you like, know. When, when Cooper is in the Black Lodge right before the, the doppelganger evolution of the arm appears, he's looking at Mr. C driving, and Mr. C yeah. seems completely unawares that Cooper is watching him from yeah, the beyond. Yeah. 
I agree. You know, and it just seems like he's he's headed to Yankton apparently or something. Yeah. To go to go get the information from Ray, and it, it just doesn't. Heading on the one hand, somehow. it seems like he he knows exactly what's going to happen down to the nanosecond, and on the other hand, it doesn't. Yeah. 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 I agree. That's the problem. <laughs> Good. Much. I just want to identify the problem. Good summary of why it's it doesn't quite add up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of similar to what you were saying about Cooper's exit. Um, uh, and, and I would throw in even the coordinates, the buckhorn stuff. I mean, there's a lot of plots that are along these lines where there's like, uh, you know, there's, there's sort of like, uh, an interpretation that should be the right one. And then there's like this conflicting information mm-hmm. that kind of suggests that maybe that's not true. Yeah. Uh, and so then it's like, well, then what the fuck's going on then? I don't, I don't get it. Um, so yeah, uh, driving on the road, Cooper watching. I don't think he was aware of that. Um, but you know, <laughs> he had all these plans. I don't know. So many plans. I don't know. He said, Duncan Todd, hey, you know, tell her she got the job. You know, that's probably Lorraine. And so he had this, like, he had this set up for that day, you know, mm-hmm. um, so just, it seems like, it is, it is true that it, it looks like there's potential for, for that to go wrong if they just shoot Dougie and then it's like, oh, fuck, uh, you know, he would have to leave some, you know, and they, they, they seem kind of bumbling too, so it's like, it's, do you really want to trust such an important thing to these people? Like, not to kill someone who kind of looks exactly like the, the, uh, the person they are supposed to kill? <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, how are they gonna know you know like make sure he's got a short haircut and lost weight some like it's just uh... yeah <laughs> yeah i get your point and i can't fix it and, and the and the idea that like they are staking out this house that, that that dougie's you know having sex with jade at which is not his his real house means yep. that like i would think that means that they follow him there yeah so they they know what Dougie looks like, yeah. You know, yet they're supposed to kill someone who looks like him but has a different haircut, yeah. Like, supposedly, yeah. It's weird. It's very weird. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. This whole Talpa thing is very strange. I do wonder if somehow Tammy's not quite right. You know, like I said before, I don't know if we're just supposed to take her at her word and this is exactly what the idea is here, or if like they'll tell us there's there's more to it than than just oh she's a Talpa and that's all these these things are. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I assumed it was just a way to give a name to um, the manufactured things that are, um, uh, you know, that that are, that are like rooted in some kind of like you know mystical tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that he liked that idea um, because you know the original reference there was tied to the blue rose stuff, um, and so. Uh, uh, yeah, I feel like they're trying to like build that into, you know, build that into the mythology. So I, I think we are supposed to take her to word, but um, well, you know what's interesting is that if like the Twin Peaks wiki is is basically conflating the doppelgangers and tulpas and saying they're the same thing. Oh well, that's well that yeah, yeah I don't know about that. Well, I was gonna say what's interesting about that idea though is it it, it does kind of go along with. A sort of idea I had about um, Cooper's doppelganger being created by Bob, 
you know, yeah. like, in that it oh. does, you know, it does make it, <laughs> yeah, see, it kind of is nice. Oh, like, maybe they are and, like a version of Tulpas. Yeah, it makes it seem like, you know, Bob manufactured the doppelganger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so it's a Tulpa in the sense that it was sort of created. You know, there was always the question, yeah. like, was it created in that moment or was the doppelganger always existing in that world somehow? Right. And the problem with Cooper is that he's not dead when he goes to the Black Lodge. Yeah. You might think, you know, right. according to what Hawk says, you know, you, you meet your doppelganger and have to do battle when you when you die and go to the Black yeah. Lodge. But, yeah. like, Cooper didn't die. Right, right. So he shouldn't have a doppelganger in that traditional sense. Yeah. Uh, so maybe the idea is Bob did actually manufacture the doppelganger. And th that goes back to the Bob loophole we talked about. Yeah. Like, Bob wanted a vehicle that he escape. could lead to escape the Black Lodge so he could be out of the Black Lodge, yeah. you know, while the doors were closed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that does seem pretty logical. And and maybe the stuff that Hawk said is, is maybe we're getting into something like Damon Lindelof territory of just a kind of misinterpretation um, mm -hmm. of some things that maybe they saw or experienced. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. Uh, now there are some doppelgangers that that I would maybe say don't seem manufactured, like the man uh, from another place doppelganger and the evolution of the arm doppelganger. But yeah. but you know the other doppelgangers we saw in the season two finale had to do with Wyndham Earl, and when he was trying to basically play games with Cooper, you well, know, it's also Leland Annie. and uh, Maddie. But yeah, 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 yeah. We did see Leland and Maddie, but with Annie and uh, Caroline, you yeah. know, there's that idea too that maybe Wyndham Earl like made them. Yeah, uh, it also somehow. seemed like he was taking the form of the Laura one. Yeah, exactly. Like somehow he was, he was, he was like using magic or something to to sort of do all that stuff. So yeah, yeah that's an interesting idea. Like they're all all the doppelgangers are manufactured in some sense. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting, because I was thinking that they're a different thing, but I guess from a different point of view, you could say that they're just like a specific kind of version of that, the, mm -hmm. the kind of inverted, you know, copy, which like, you know, yeah, which wasn't is, really that. And that's, you're right, that's that's supposed to be the idea, is the, the doppelganger is like, you, you know, uh all of the bad parts of you or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, that's why they're all kind of scary usually. Right. Uh, but like the Caroline one wasn't scary and um, sort of really, but um, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Yep. Um, all right. Well, you know, RIP Diane Talpa, I guess. Um, yeah. 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 Now, now, I also, you know, I mentioned it before, but like we didn't see the gross vomiting face that we saw with the bee with Ducky. So what is what does that mean? Was that supposed to be like like maybe Ducky was was manufactured for Mr. C and that was his you know, his evil presence or something being right, depicted, right. you know, like his corruption or something being depicted and so and like Diane was made from the original Diane, so she doesn't have that. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's the best I got. <laughs> that's interesting. I yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what we're supposed to think about that. That's strange. But yeah, I I, I guess that I guess that Dougie was made starting from Mister C. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. And not from Cooper. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I that seems pretty plausible to me. I don't think I can do better. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I'm willing we'll to take that. that until we hear that it's not true. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> um. All right. You want to go to the next scene here? Sure. Uh, okay. Uh, let me see. Was there anything else? Um. Yeah, it did. It did make me wonder if Briggs was a Talpa. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. It helps and doesn't help. Nope. Um. <laughs> oh, I, was, uh, I also wrote a note here. You know. Diane said something went wrong when when Mr. C kissed her, and I was wondering if if does you know her seeing Bob's face, whatever does did that happen to Audrey? You know, maybe like Audrey saw oh. Bob's face, and maybe is that why she's in a weird coma or something? Mm-hmm. Or uh, do other has that happened before with Chantal or somebody? You know, like yeah. it's it's interesting these different cases here. Yeah. Um. Okay, sorry. Here we go. Uh, next scene, we're at the casino. The Mitchum brothers greet Cooper and say uh, that he looks great, and the plane is standing by. Janie E. asks where they're going. Uh, Cooper takes her and Sunny Jim off to the side. Uh, Brad asks Dougie... Uh, I'm sorry, Brad says Dougie's talking with a lot of assurance. Rod supposes it has something to do with the coma. Brad suggests side effects. Uh, Cooper tells Janie E. and Sunny Jim he has to go away for a while. But he's enjoyed spending time uh, with both of them. They made his heart so full. Oh, Cooper says they are uh, they are a family. Uh, that Dougie, and then he corrects himself that he will be back. Janie E says you're not Dougie. Uh, Sonny Jim exclaims that he is his dad. Cooper confirms that he is his dad and loves them both. They all embrace. Cooper says uh, they will see him soon. He will walk through that red door and he will be home for good. Uh, Cooper walks away. Janie E uh, runs after him and tells him not to go. He says he has to. She caresses his face and kisses him. She tells him, whoever you are, thank you. Um, uh, yeah, that's the end of that scene there. And then Cooper walks over to the Mitchums, uh, and then they all leave, and Janie, M, Janie E and Sonny Jim watch. <laughs> so, uh um, yeah. Yeah, it's totally like an episode of Quantum Leap, I swear. Like, I said a long time ago. Like, he, he just leaped into Dougie's life, fixed some problems, and now he's leaping home. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I feel like this is trying to justify some of that stuff um, uh, in terms of what it meant for him. You know, uh, the crying scene, I feel like, is, is some kind of mm-hmm. reflection of this. Um, and yeah, you're my daddy. Like, yeah, that's, I feel like honestly, there's a, there's a possibly unintentional, like critique of what a, what a good husband and father is. (laughs) Like if you just, if you just kind of sit there and repeat the last thing that people say and make money appear, um, well, yeah. Like if you can get me a new car and a new gym set. Yeah, and, and you don't tell us what to do too much. And you look like you work out. Like it's sort of like that's how much you know. <laughs> that's like the yep. best. <laughs> yep. That's I don't know. I don't know if they intended to come off that way, but there is something a bit there is something a bit disturbing about the idea that like they're de- deeply attached to Dougie, <laughs> the way mm-hmm. he used to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's strange. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. You know, this whole thing with Dougie making people's lives better, you know, I was thinking, like, of all the people he kind of came in contact with, a lot of them he sort of made their lives better. Like, I'm surprised Bushnell, like, the last thing Bushnell was like, you know what, Dougie? Your return from a coma makes me think I re- I should return to boxing. You know, I think there's another <laughs> fight left at old Bushnell. <laughs> oh I don't God. need this gun anymore. I, I'm going to go. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the yeah. only thing that was missing for his character. I mean, they kind of had that thing where, like, his company was sort of better off right. by paying out the claim because they had right. insurance against it or whatever. But, right. you know, but I was Bushnell just surprised they didn't, like, yeah, Bushnell double down. <laughs> But that, that's exactly what I was going to mention, uh, is Jade gives two rides. You know, right. her life did not get any better dealing not with Not really. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of interesting that she she doesn't get any of that, that goodness that uh, rubbed off. You know, she even, you know, dropped the key back mm-hmm. off and uh, did some good for the story. And yeah, yeah didn't, it wasn't like, oh, Jade, you know, has a bunch of money now. Yeah. Or, yeah, no, uh, thanks for her. Or, I mean, yeah, Lady Slot Addict came out better, mm-hmm, seemingly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was that was a lot of couples. It was, it was, it was the Mitchum. It was a lot of pairs. I mean, like the mm-hmm. Mitchum brothers. It was you know Lady Slot Addict and her son right, you know, right. back together. Little, uh, little Sunny Slot Addict, Sunny Jim, you know, little Sunny Slot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's the slot attic family. <laughs> it's a it's a Eastern European survey. <laughs> it's Pol it's from the Polish. Of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um all right. Anything else with this part here? Uh no, I think that's good for this. Alright, so we're in the Mentions limo. Uh, candy hands, Dougie a drink. I couldn't tell what it was. It looked alcoholic, but it also looked like coffee. I thought but it was, was coffee. Also, yeah, it was just in a glass. Yeah, a glass of coffee. It's a little weird. <laughs> it's a but... weird. <laughs> That's um, what I thought it was. Maybe they wanted us to see what it was or something. Yeah. Uh, so Rod, uh, uh, Rod uh, wants to get something straight, but Brad says he wants to hear it too uh, and asks for his Bloody Mary. Um... Rod goes through what Cooper has apparently already explained, which is that he doesn't sell insurance. He's an FBI agent who's missing for 25 years, and they need to get him to a town called Twin Peaks to the sheriff station. Uh, Bradley says they love him, but they aren't welcome in such places uh, by people like law enforcement. Cooper says that's about to change. He is a witness that they both have hearts of, wait for it, gold. <laughs> and then Candy says they really do. Oh they boy. really do. Oh, boy. Oh, Candy. You're still such a candy. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what this line is supposed to mean. Like, like, like Cooper's going to get the Mitchum brothers, like, their their records exonerated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is it that specific? Or is it just like... I don't know. It's it's like, sort of like if you walk into a sheriff's station, if you don't commit crimes while you're there, I don't think they're just gonna like arrest you immediately. I mean, well, I, that's what it makes it seem like their reputation precedes them. Like, if, yeah. if anybody knows they're the Mitchum brothers and they know that they're right. like bad guys somehow, right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna maybe. Oh God, yeah. That's I guess yeah. <laughs> that's weird. I mean, I don't think it'll go that far. They'll he'll just be like, hey, I'll vouch for these guys. They're yeah. good. Yeah. Now, I, I just have to say at this point, like, um, I, 
you know, I acknowledge that, uh, you know, the Mitchum brothers are, you know, to some extent, like, fun characters. They're certainly, like, portrayed as, as fairly nice and, um, you know, compared to the other people on the show, I mean, yeah, they're, you know, they're great. I, I get that. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I just have to acknowledge that because I'm not saying they're the worst people ever. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, you know, there is something that kind of rubs me the wrong way about, about Cooper putting his stamp of approval on, mm. on, and even Candy jumping in on, on like people who have these like servant women who dress up in these outfits mm-hmm. and like, what else are they going to do? They don't have any other skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. It's fine. I know. It could be worse. Um, it Clearly. But there's just, I don't know. Just like, mm-hmm. yeah, you guys it's are. A, it's like, oh, it's old school, right? It's an old school yeah. idea that there's nothing really wrong with, like, men hiring women to be, like, sexual objects. Exactly. For, for, for to serving dress up them. for like, them and to serve them things. And, yeah. And, like, the fact I mean, that Candy's even like, yeah. It's just like, all right. But, but, the, but what's interesting about that idea is it's, it, the context is that they are really nice to these girls. Yeah. That, like, like in a way, you know, they, they even... That, that's the thing. Are they like, allowed they to not wear dresses, those dresses? <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, if they did... Maybe they like wearing those dresses, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Every fucking but, but, like, day? I, I just, it's just... The, it makes them feel like pretty princesses. I don't know. <laughs> but I just like that, that the idea... That they actually did address that idea, though. That, like, oh, we should fire her. She's not actually good at this job. Mm-hmm. But what is she, you know, she'll be homeless or whatever. Like, right. it actually is worse for her if they don't give her this job. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I and presumably they're staying in the mansion, you know. So they, yeah. it, so it's this, it's this weird thing where, on the one hand, it's kind of sexist and sort of classist or something. But on the other hand, it's actually nice and wholesome right. <laughs> because they haven't, they haven't made any sort of, Outside of the fact that the girls wear somewhat skimpy outfits, like they haven't intimated at all that there's any sex involved with right. their job, right? That's and true. so, like, give daddy some sugar, yeah. you know, or like, hey, I'm gonna pinch you on your butt when you mm-hmm. walk by, or they haven't done any of that. So it's, yeah. it's this weird mix of stuff where it seems like, oh, this is a bad, you know, depiction. And other, but the other hand, like, they're doing a like I've been saying on this podcast. They've been doing a lot of work to show that the Mitchum brothers are really wholesome and really yeah. like selfless and really like giving. Um, you yeah. know, as long as you don't double cross them, right, right. Because <laughs> if you do that, they'll try to kill you in the <laughs> desert. But if yeah. you don't do that, then then like they're your best friends for life. And it's yeah. it's such an interesting and really um, you know unwarranted depiction. Like I, I don't. There's no reason to show these characters like that, but it's an interesting choice. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I was trying to, you know, indicate something along those lines with the caveat at the beginning. It's just, it's there is something a little bit, but whatever. It goes along with the whole series, and like, the, you know, this is far from the worst thing. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like Cooper giving his stamp of approval is basically saying that whole thing. Like, okay, audience, everything you witnessed from the Mitchum brothers, like it's yeah. on the level. Like yeah, I am yeah. verified. I am Mister Wholesome. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know good moral character when I see it. Yeah. And I'm saying these guys have it. Like yeah. that's huge. I know, I know, uh, and I guess that's why I guess that's why it bothered me a little bit because it yeah because it, it's 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 over the top. 
they're really hammering it home exactly yeah yeah just it just seems like a bit too much i'm willing to accept that they're likable i'm willing to accept you know what i mean but hearts of gold listen listen, i'm 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 about to suggest that you know they might get the twin peaks and get involved in the you know in the plot and and end up becoming bookhouse boys (laughs) oh god they're the new bookhouse boys. Oh, we need God. some new members. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that goes along with my idea that they're gonna like buy some land in in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Maybe Ghostwood. Maybe Ghostwood is still for sale. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that say, actually sounds plausible. Oh, that'd be great because it'd be like, oh man, this this is a great. Oh, I wish I could. We should we should look into buying property here. Well, you know, Ghostwood is for sale. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole bunch of land. <laughs> Oh, nobody's man. been interested in it since those norwegians here's a question what's up with the mill i know it burned down, it burned but, down. um is it's just done like the property done. that the mill was on is just no well the idea was that it, it was going to be developed for uh condos or something i mean that yeah. was the whole plot originally so i don't i think there is some talk of that in the book but i don't remember what they said because i didn't really care that much um mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I would assume there's been development there, but yeah, I, I don't I don't actually know that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah, I think I think the mill's over. That that was one of the things I you know really noticed about the credit sequence, you know, because the original credit sequence featured the mill really heavily. Yeah. Um, and the new one just doesn't have anything about the mill. Oh. Um... Wiki, the, the, the Twin Peaks Wikia is saying that we saw the remnants of the mill in Part 9, uh, which placed it across from the sheriff station. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Um, next scene? Let's do it. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so the next scene, oh man, we're at the Roadhouse. Oh boy. <laughs> the MC introduces Edward Lewis Steve, uh, Severinsen, uh, a man who looks and sounds exactly like Eddie Vedder. <laughs> TV's uh, Eddie Vedder. Plays a song called Out of Sand. Um, and yep. th- that goes on for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a little fast fact this is a song that, um, this is a, you know. Edward Lewis Severinsen is Eddie Vedder's birth name, um, and uh, which is interesting. He was credited as himself in a weird way. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, this song that he's playing is is one of his songs that he's played a couple times live or something. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Um, next thing. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. So as the song continues to play, in walks in Charlie and Audrey of all people. Wow! Oh like my nothing God. even happened. I know. Just they finally they put the coats. They put the fucking coats on and they yep. drove to the fucking. They're just suddenly there. Uh, it's like wow. Yep. After all that time. Yep. Yep. Um, Audrey's good at convincing him at least because he was really tired like several so times. So sleepy. And it's even later now. <laughs> Um, okay, so Audrey looks around as Charlie waves for two martinis at the bar. Uh, Eddie Vedder, I mean, Edward Lewis Severinsen, uh, sings the last little lines of the songs, Running Out of Sand, uh, which might tie into Audrey. Is she running out of sand? You know, sand being mm-hmm. time, I guess, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Time, you know, sand in an hourglass. Yeah. Um, the crowd cheers. Uh, Audrey and Charlie sit at a bar. 
Um, and um, uh, I don't know what I wrote here. Uh, oh, so was, okay, I'm sorry. They sit at a bar and they cheers. Audrey, I'm sorry, Charlie cheers to us and Audrey cheers to Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, the MC introduces the next song, Audrey's Dance. Wow. Uh, the crowd, <laughs> yeah, just in case you thought it couldn't get worse, uh, the crowd clears the floor and the drummer makes an ominous sound on the cymbals. Uh, the track Audrey's Dance plays and Audrey becomes entranced. She saunters to the middle of the dance floor. The crowd sways in unison as Audrey dances sensuously. Charlie is a bit confused. Yeah. Uh, a man interrupts the mood, uh, shouting, Monique, Monique, that's my wife, you asshole. And the man smashes a bottle over a guy's head uh, and starts attacking him. Uh, that man would be man hit with bottle, and the man who threw the bottle would be throwing man. Thanks, credit. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> Audrey, Audrey runs over to Charlie and whispers for him to get her out of there. Suddenly, Audrey sees herself in front of a mirror in an all-white room. She's scared and confused, and the sound of electricity pulses in the background. Uh, then we cut back to the band playing Audrey's theme seemingly backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. That's the end of wow. the episode. Wow. Uh, yeah, so the Roadhouse got really crazy here this time. Um, <sighs> the Roadhouse has been one of the most interesting characters on the show. <laughs> so much play. So yeah. Much play. So, I mean, one thing to say is this is clearly a callback, you know, because she has that, uh, uh, they show her kind of swaying to this music a couple times, but there's, there's one, like, notable moment in the, uh, double R when she just kind of steps back from the, um, uh, from the counter and, uh, mm-hmm. and starts kind of swaying to to this this music and I, I guess that does prove that the the song exists in the world, um, you know like she mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's coming it's it's diegetic I guess is the word, yeah. um, uh, but you know the idea that it's called Audrey's Dance doesn't <laughs> you know that can't be true right I mean come on. Uh, so that was the first thing where I was like, what? Like, is that, mm-hmm. how does that work? Uh, and it, it should have, I don't know. I feel like that should have tipped me off somehow. Um, but I was, I was ready to accept this whole thing. It tipped me off, but I still bought it because I thought that it was somewhat possible that this was just a strange thing with the town, that, that, yeah. that this was just a strange custom, even though it was super weird, I thought. Because my brain was like, oh, this isn't real reality. It can't be if they're doing this. But I was like, no, this could just be a weird thing. Um, You know, it goes by fast enough, you know, before you're like, oh, okay, this is not, this isn't real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, so it's an interesting moment. Um, You know, we get one final Billy thing. Obviously, I didn't learn a whole lot about Billy coming there. Um, it seems like going to the roadhouse was like a catalyst for uh, pushing her into, um, you know, a different awareness of, of reality or something. Um, mm-hmm. It's not clear what that room was, you know, so it's, it's like this white room. It's like opposite Charlie Rose or something. And there's this mirror there. <laughs> and, you know. Well, and she's like right in front of the mirror. Yeah. And, and her, you know, her face looks different. Her makeup yeah. and hair looks kind of different. And it's. 
yeah what what was what was the catalyst that woke her up it's so it's so weird um, so i mean we kind of talked about it before but i think um i do feel like the the most reasonable uh, explanation at this point is that she she is in a coma has been in a coma and uh you know she's going to i guess wake up uh now uh, mm-hmm. right at the end here and i don't know find out about what's happening get involved uh, maybe cooper gets involved um you know i don't know how this is all going to play out but um that's kind of what i'm expecting now from this plot which is something that I, I didn't really think was possible before and it really just raises the issue of um that story its connections to reality how much of that how much of that is reality how much of that is I don't know, someone visiting her and just telling her things and how much of it is she's like picking it up like supernaturally. It does mm-hmm. seem like there's an implied Black Lodge connection at the end with the backward stuff and the red curtains. So so what role is the Black Lodge played in this in this coma? Mm-hmm. Are they sending her things? Information? And like even even the MC, like why does she know the MC if yeah. this is a coma and Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, so- good point. Yeah. Because yeah, the MC you know. was there in, in the quote-unquote real roadhouse. Yeah, uh, and the MC is a very, you know, Club Silencio type character. Yeah. We also saw a version of the MC um, when we go to the Black Lodge at the end of season two. Oh, yeah. Singing under the sycamore trees, you right. know, that, that person singing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's very interesting character. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's supposed to tip us off, but... Um, to, to something yeah i don't know yeah uh, beyond the coma thing like i can't i can't really you know we I'm, don't get enough here uh i'm thinking that mr c raped audrey while she was in a coma yeah and his electricity powers connection like put her mind in a in an alternate zone or place yeah so she's not in like a traditional coma right uh that sounds... she's in some some weird black lodge induced coma yeah yeah, and it just it makes me think that that all those characters like represent something that they there's got to be some meaning to this Billy storyline, and I, I'm not I'm just not I really haven't figured out what that is. Um, like, who are they supposed to be? Like, what does it mean that she's concerned about this this Billy and his mm-hmm. truck and you know Tina and like what what's the deal there? Yeah, maybe Audrey's coma maybe she can inhabit other real places or something and so she can get some of this information from real places yeah um that would not be unprecedented for the show you know Um, so and even though she kind of wakes up at the end of this thing it's still you know could it be that she really was at the roadhouse but in the roadhouse that that actually all really happened but um, she also is in a coma (laughs) you know Maybe I mean it seemed like the the quick cut implied that you know that that was some kind of illusion, but uh, you know, it, yeah, it's possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's a good answer. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I don't have any better ideas. Uh, it's a great cliffhanger for the next two hours that are left i mean and it's you know we were wondering this whole time when audrey was gonna get on the show and then and then like when we finally get to her she's got this strange plot line that that, that's that's mostly just about 
whatever's really going on with her, but all the dialogue was all, you know, was all about this the sort of stuff that doesn't seem like it's going to matter, which is right. she wants to get to the roadhouse and she's trying to find Billy and Billy's yeah. missing and um yeah, I mean, are they really going to are they really just going to find the farmer Billy somewhere like mm-hmm. um and then what? Right. Yeah. Yeah, or is it just Mr. Strawberry type filler where that was just the way they represented her um, struggle uh, to, you know, somehow escape this this state she was in. Um, It was like some kind of coping mechanism or something like like there isn't necessarily a bigger point to all that. I I don't. And it's just a weird coincidence that it has something to do with Richard seemingly. What's weird about Audrey's waking up in the white room is is that doesn't seem like a coma to me. You know, that seems like... Um, delusion? Yeah, delusion or some sort of technology or something, like a holodeck or something, yeah. you know. Because um, if she's in a coma, then, then why is she having separate realities within her coma? Seems like <laughs> she should just be in a base delusional reality of, of this dream world, not... Not I'm 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 in this other reality and I'm gonna wake up to a second reality right. within my coma reality. Yeah, like, that's yeah, weird. yeah. It is weird. It is weird, but somehow that seems to make the most sense to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but yeah, uh, maybe there's some other. Uh, maybe there's some. You know, I guess back to the the kind of mental institution uh, interpretation. I mean, that would be, that would be a, a kind of a variation on it where she's not actually in a coma, but she's just imagining all of this stuff. Um, yeah, I, I do wonder too, the, you know, when the, the, the guy throwing the bottle, um, walks in, excuse me, I had to sneeze. Um, the guy <laughs> the bottle walks in, um, uh, you know, he's yelling about this guy cheating on his with his wife. So right. does that have anything to do with Audrey? You know, her mm-hmm. whole thing here is about you know Billy versus right. Charlie, and right. and that. So it seems sort of thematically related. Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. I don't have anything other than that. Okay, just that it seems related. <laughs> I I have to agree, and I can't. Uh, yeah, add a whole lot to that either. Yeah. All right, well, um, this podcast is probably going to come out after the, um, <laughs> you know, you already know this if you're listening to it. Yep. It'll come out after You've probably the, already this, seen thing, it. this thing uh, wraps up, the end of the show. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening. We're going to roll into the, uh, the last two hours pretty soon here and um, see any, any, any final predictions before we sign off? Any... Um, big ideas any things you want to see anything you don't want to see um oh man god there's so many things there's I don't, so many things i don't know what to focus on here um, here's a question here's i'm a question. looking forward to the box reveal i want to hear something about the box the the box was a metaphor i think is the answer to that <laughs> no shut up ben um, <laughs> don't tell me that yeah i you know mr c <laughs> hasn't mentioned the box uh like ever yeah um and the we only know it was phil jeffries saying uh I, I missed you in new york i missed you in new york and then we saw the picture of mr c at the box yeah. room yeah and that's it so i as much as i would want to get something on the box i feel like the box was so long ago and yeah. 
it's so not about the box anymore. But yeah. uh, I, I want to know if experiment is a real thing, if it's going to be a character that we deal with on a, on a sort of person oh, level, yeah. Yeah. or if it's just oh. going to stay a space entity. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to know why it killed Sam and Tracy. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of don't even buy it was because they were having sex anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that was just a coincidence that yeah. if, if they weren't having sex, it would have showed up anyway. Right, right. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I want to I know about that. Now, do you think by the end, Mr. C is dead? Slash disassembled yes. from his constituent parts. Definitely. Or do you think he's just back in the Black Lodge? It could be that too, but I think he will be incapacitated even if he's back there. Like he won't be, he he'll be trapped or or yeah, in some way unable to continue doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm expecting him to to meet his demise. I think Bob, you know, could uh, could go on in some other form, but uh, but yeah, I think. I, I, that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting this to be the end for him. Um, yeah. Another thing I was going to say is um, fit the 50s stuff. Uh, I would like to get some follow-up on, uh, you know, girl and mm-hmm. the insect thing. And, you know, maybe uh, maybe the woodsman, maybe a little clarification on that. Uh, you know, I'm, and that ties in with the experiment as well. So... Yeah. Um I that that's definitely a huge element of the plot that um that I'm looking forward to. Like do you think by the end the woodsmen are gone, defeated, vanquished uh, from the from the planet or do you think that you know they're sort of more neutral and that once, you know, experiment or Bob mm-hmm. are out of the picture, then it, it doesn't matter if they're still around because they, yeah. they're sort of innocuous. Or... I'm kind of expecting them to still be around. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess I want to understand how neutral they are. I, I wonder how that's going to go. But, yeah, I'm not expecting them to, to go away mm-hmm. by the end. Um, I feel like Cooper needs to go to the convenience store. Oh, yeah, I agree. And do something. I don't know what, but yeah. Yeah, get in there. Come on. Get some gas. I don't know. <laughs> but it's very high-octane gas. Got to be something to do. Um. All right. Yeah, I know we could probably theorize for hours about yeah. the, 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 this in here. But um, all right. Well, thanks for uh, following along with the show with us, guys, yeah. as we roll into the end of Ooh. this 18-part journey. Um. All right. Until then, thanks. All right. See you next time.